Magos, we are receiving a transmission. It appears to contain vital intelligence from the Warfront. From whom is this transmission? The Loyalists or the forces of the Warmaster? Ascertain this, Adept. It is a vocal transmission. It appears to be three remembrances. I cannot tell you to whom they are loyal. Where is it coming from? It is from the Galactic Northeast, from the edge of the Empire. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Year 3 of Edge of Empire and tonight is our 25th show overall so yay 25. well done us who'd have thought it who does 25 25 so that's that's pretty good going we're only mm. you know what 80 behind uh, imperial truth We'll catch up. <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there okay so what have we got yeah, coming up this actually yeah, so, we won't will we Yes, I, I know. I was. I, yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. Just thought. You know. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a complete idiot, Graham. I do understand the concept of of monthly things. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. Unless we uh, went to a different schedule. Anyway, well, absolutely. And what did two shows a month for six months? Yes. We still uh, won't get anywhere close. Uh, yeah, no. We're uh, we're but, only a, a a four weekly show, so. Yes, yes no, absolutely. Okay. But tortoise in the hair and all that. Tortoise in yeah, the hair. Yeah, please, please yes. do uh, carry Yes, so uh, where are we? Okay, so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to take a uh, quick look at this month's new releases. Um, and that obviously includes the uh, fantastic uh, Malevolence. Uh, and we'll have a quick, brief talk about some of our initial thoughts on it. We haven't had a chance to really dig into the nitty gritty on that one yet, so... What you're going uh, to do is basically just allow me to unleash for about 10 minutes, to 25 so. minutes yeah. while yeah, a, a 33-year-old man has a breakdown about some plastic models. Pretty much. That's what yeah. I'm looking forward to anyway. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty much. That's what everyone's here for. Yep. Then we're going to have an update of what we've been up to this month. Um, a run-through of this month's news in State of the Union. Um, there's no Black Library releases this month, so we'll just be... Is it worth even mentioning the upcoming releases? We'll, we'll shove it on the end of the show. Um, we don't. Okay. Need, yeah, it's going to be tiny. We'll just shove it in the end. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, let, I, I let myself in there for it. There. Uh, okay. Just, just need some Benny Hill music here. Yes. Just need some Benny Hill music here. Yes. Sorry. Uh, I can, okay. I can do okay. Yeah. And because it's our 25th anniversary show, we didn't really have we weren't really sure what to do for this one. We sort of decided, why not talk a little bit about ourselves um, and what we're going to do? favorite hobby. Yes, well, that's, that's true. That's true. That's true. We're going to basically talk about a little bit about ourselves, how we got into the hobby, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because, uh, you know, why we play the armies we play. Um and yeah. a little bit about that because you thought you know might be interesting because i don't think we've ever really gone into that for for, for each of us you know so okay. uh, 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 that's interesting and for this month's list challenge we thought we'd do a, a little bit of a special one we're doing defenders of terror so because obviously the solar war has come out this month so uh, well the, the the limited edition of the solar war has come out this month so uh we thought we'd uh, touch on that a little and we invited three friends yes so three yeah, of our listeners did. Have come and discussed it with us. The entirety of our listener base, three people. I, I, I don't even think I don't even think half. <laughs> I don't think John listens, if I'm honest. You're probably right. 
All right. <laughs> he just says yeah. he does. He just, I know. He just, he just says he does. It's to make us feel better. I think so. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, and actually, I say that we do actually get pretty decent figures. So. Okay. Well, yeah. it's because I've I've paid some friends in Russia to continuously download yes. over and over. <laughs> it, it is costing me a lot. It's why I can't buy models yeah. anymore. But you know, it's it, it's it's good for the show. I think. Is Just that why we have fragile up, ego? Uh, yeah. you know, going I, I don't want to upset my brother. That's what it is. No, is that it's why we ended things. up having to do uh, Sons of Horus? Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, you know that's why we you know how we got good cheap hotels in in London because yes. I use the same. Kind. <laughs> it's a special <laughs> Russian content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Awesome. And um, uh, okay. And finally, uh, we'll be looking at what events are coming up uh, in the UK. Um, for, you know gaming events and uh, conventions and such so um and got a big shout out we we as we yeah. mentioned last month we we launched a patreon um and a big shout out to scottish graham aka graham campbell um for becoming our first patreon um supporter um graham yeah. is asking uh does he co- do you guys up there in scotland refer to uh graham uh who yes yeah as english graham well, it only seems fair. I mean, a man shouldn't be defined by his country, surely. But uh, yeah, Scottish Graham, who we have talked about, is just to uh, differentiate him from me, I guess. But um, yeah, a massive thanks, actually, to Graham Campbell there, because he's kind of uh, supported us um, in all of our endeavours. I think he was at the first um, Company of Legends, and he's always given feedback for the show. So thank you very much, Graham. We really appreciate that, mate. Yes, we do very much so. Absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, that's that's it so shall we uh, run into our new releases yes um, yeah okay new releases so uh, this is a section I usually run through, so I will uh, mm, carry on. Con- you'll continue. You'll continue hearing from me. So the first release that we got this month was the uh, rather amazing um, Sanguinius, Primarch mm. of the Blood Angels. I mean, long awaited. I think everyone's been. I think probably since the, the heresy was announced, uh, a lot of people have been waiting for this model. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. And, <clears throat> I don't know what else we can really say about this because we've actually spoken about this. In we the have episode. talked yeah. about it. He's, yeah. Quite a bit, yeah. He's awesome. He's yeah. just brilliant. Yeah. I don't know, um, although I am something of a fanboy of uh, uh, Little Legend Studio, I don't know if you saw his uh, take on Sanguinus with uh, non-metallic metals. It was something to behold. I've got to oh, say. yeah. Miles, Miles posts. Miles yes. posts everywhere. He does. Yeah, you <laughs> can't. We we do appreciate it because it looks it looks awesome. Uh, I think it's, it looks a, it's a really great take on it. Um, uh, I've one. seen a couple of couple of attempts at this. Uh, one of the ones I, I I thought was actually rather interesting was doing him in the Blood Angels red armor. Yes, yes, with black bold hair. move. Yeah, that's a bit. Uh, yeah, what's that's the, a bit who's the who's the um forty k sang? I want to say sanguinated, but I think that's. The uh, no, no, no. The space, the, the space vampire Jesus. Oh, what's horrendous. his name? Um, oh, I hated playing against him. Not, not, not Mephiston. The, Lamar, uh, oh, that's Lamar. what I'm thinking of. Is it no. Lamartis? Oh, no. There's another dude. 
I'm gonna have to look it up. He's now. got a big axe, and he's yeah, I know the, the the guy you mean. He's like the he's like the um the, the guy who goes and executes people who've like completely fallen to the, like the uh, red yeah. first and that. Um, I, I Lamartis is the only name that that's coming up as there was a book about there was a short story about him in the um uh, in the 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 Black Library Celebration Week. Um, feverishly trying to type in Blood Angels into the Games oh, Workshop yes. Prime's uh, website. I, I've I've done it. I've got I've got the characters up. Oh, he was there. Where is he? he was there. Where is he? Sanguinor. Uh Astoroth the Grim. That's it, yeah. Who's the okay. Martis then? He was wasn't he the com car, the comic character they did? Uh, Remember they did that uh, What like he was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was he, he was the, the clown based space marine. His boots were oversized and every time they got punched in the face he squeaked. <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, anyway yeah yeah astaroth the grim yeah, yeah. It, but okay. yeah black hair red armor looks absolutely awesome um because some of the books do say you know sanguinius had black hair so is that right when he yes. I, was, I was thought he was a golden haired uh you know sort of angelic looking chap but there we go i think you it know, depends it, it, on his depends on his mood yeah uh, yeah maybe. If he's been listening to like early ninety, early two thousands, you know, stained the band, for instance, he might want to dye his hair black. Possibly go a bit pale. Like sort of going through this sort of goth. Uh, going through his, yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Anyway, long and short of this is, it, I think it is a good model. It did get a bit of um, stick when it first came out, but I think now that we've seen it painted and painted spectacularly well, um, people are uh, a, a bit more. Um, uh, accepting of it, I think. Giving, I, think yeah. it was, I think it was. Yeah, well, once, once, once I've seen it from other angles, mm. I think I think it looks better with the spear than it does the. I would agree with that. Yeah. The, the oh, sword, uh, but that, the 360 view on on the Forge Rod website where you can just spin it and just look at all the bits in there, it, it just looks great, even without the fancy base. I'd hate to paint it personally. Oh, I know. I'd, yeah, those uh, wings, uh, those wings would do my head in. It's a I model would, that would need to have massive. Ma- you know you'd have to really be i think you it'd be one of those ones that um you take a long time over i mean i'm a quick ish painter um i don't even think i would attempt sanguinius because unlike the other prime uh, uh, some of the other primarchs i think you could get away with some of the primarchs not taking as much time um say for example mortarian because yeah. he is supposed to be dirty rough around yeah. the edges but Perturabo. Perturabo, yeah, 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 looks good, looks good slightly, um, you know, uh, but yeah, no, he needs, he needs uh, a lot yeah, of think, work. Yeah, there's a lot of detail in that when, armor as well, yeah. isn't there? That's the thing. I think where you've got those kind of angelic figures, you know, in terms of their, the way they're portrayed, I think they need to look, you know, super pristine because you just think that that's how they would be, yeah. you know, yeah. perfect in every possible way. And um, so I think that that's a, uh, that's something to you, that would be always playing on the back of your mind when you know when you were painting it, or at least it would be for me. I mean, I'd have what, that paint fear would be, you know, I would probably oh, yeah. take me months to even get the courage to actually paint the thing. I, yeah, I say yeah. Sigismund is still unpainted because I have paint fear. Yes, yes. and that's only Sigismund. I think if I oh, when, when the when the big guy turns up, uh, <laughs> then I'll be like, oh, hang on. Yeah, I mean, it might be a good job for Mister Mister Smith, yeah, your, it, your tame it, professional it's, painter. It's it's all it's all agreed. Yeah, so, okay. so you, you'll you'll have a painting gimp involved. 
I, luckily doesn't listen luckily doesn't listen to the show so he, he won't hear that and re- retract the kind offer that he made me so i suppose it's a generic <clears throat> i suppose it's a generic term that we use for for uh, our friend aiden um he, ah, he i see he has two children and he's um a uh, reasonably high up uh level guy at a um i'm not going to say the company's name because i don't want anyone to to go looking for him but uh you know reasonably high up at a at a, at a, at a reasonably important northeast company um so uh yeah he, ne- he well, there ne- can't be many of them left can there so that lowers it down oh, well silly. brexit's it's taking its northern... toll let's not go there oh. social economic comments are left for other podcasts <coughs> so, anyway yeah, yes but here's yeah he 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 has a he just goes through commission painters like you would not i think he's i think at one point he had four commission painters working wow. on stuff for him um <laughs> Uh, yeah. We just assumed that they're sitting dead in a corner when he's when he's finished because <laughs> the the amount of stuff he has them do, and then he never ruddy plays. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a thing, yeah. Isn't it? So so as well as Sanguinius, you also can get him with the he's eighty pounds. You could also get him with his diorama base, um, mm-hmm. which is one hundred and twenty five pounds. That's only available into online until the 9th of May. After right. that, Warhammer World and event exclusive. Gotcha. That's which is good so at least you can still get it because a yeah, lot of people were concerned that once it went it went yeah but at least you'll be able I mean, to go the... to warhammer world and, and pick it up the good thing would be if you can just buy the base on its own and not and, and not sanguine <laughs> but... yeah because yeah, i think base. people would would want the brutes because i have seen mm. some people take that monster off the well, demon off off the base and mount him you know up and it looks it, it looks kind of cool yeah Okay. He's a cool looking thing. You can't really get a good. Like the photos don't really give you a good enough look of what he is. Unfortunately, he looks like a corn creature of some variety, but yeah. he's all a bit confused. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, the other thing that was available with the uh, with the crimson was where's malevolence gone? Malevolence is not on the list. It is. It's down. It's yes, it is. It's it's down here. Oh, it's disappeared. Oh, there it is. There it is. It's 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 moved uh, strangely. Uh, yeah, so malevolence, eighty pounds. <clears throat> we'll give some a little bit of thoughts on that um, uh, and do a more in depth mm. uh, uh, sort of uh, look at it next next yeah, month. Fine. So that's yeah, eighty pounds, long awaited. Obviously, brilliant that people got it who pre ordered it got it. You know, up to two weeks beforehand. So awesome. Uh, right. So Blood Angels Crimson Paladins, eighty pounds uh, for 60 those. Pounds. For, Sorry, sixty pounds for those bad boys. 60, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apologies, sir. Yeah, uh, sixty nice. pounds for those bad boys. Um, what do you think of those guys then? I like them personally. Yeah, They're pretty good. The, the guy with the shield. Yes. Um, and the sword. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty. I like. I just. I like their blood angel swords. I just they look really cool with the the eagle hat um hilt. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. No, they they look. He would, he, he would make a good character, wouldn't he? That, that, <coughs> I think the, they would the, all make good characters. Just with the um, uh, with that. I mean, I, I suppose the problem is the um, shield has got sort of Blood Angels iconography on it, but yeah, it does look pretty damn cool. I, I can definitely see these being used to make some Blood Angels characters. Yeah, I mean, you can get the. I mean, for for loyalist players, the Imperial Fists Storm Shields. Yeah, I don't think they have any imperial okay. fist heraldry on them i think they're just aquilas a gotcha uh so if you wanted to make someone using his body or this guy's mm-hmm. body 
but a generic loyalist character with a shield. Mind you, not many can have shields, but anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's, not, not, <clears throat> it's only, it's only um, three chapters that can, sorry, three legions that can have shields, isn't it, by default? I think it's... I think it's only this unit that can have them for these guys. Oh, is it? Oh, oh sorry. I don't I think think it's it's storm shields in general. Um, it's only the salamanders and the fists, unless yeah. it's in malevolence, and I haven't checked that. Yeah, okay. I know. I don't think it is. <clears throat> uh, okay. okay. So yeah. So they're a really nice looking unit. Then we had our. Um, yeah, this has all been reorganised. I can't remember doing that. <laughs> uh, you wrote it, mate. We didn't. Yeah. No. 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 It's cool. It's just in a different order to what. I remember okay. typing it out as. Um, okay, so we got the White Scars uh, uh, Praetor. I really like this guy. Terminator armor. Yeah, really impressive. Uh, love him. Uh, yeah. I mean, that is just such a lovely model. I mean, the White Scars models that we've seen so far, they've all really just knocked it out of the park. You know, they look so distinctive. You know, They do. I really like that, that particular model. I mean, you can make a nice cyber familiar out of the eagle. Yeah, um, if you want to uh, as well. But um, yeah, I think that is a cracking looking model. Uh, the eagle is the only part I don't like. Really, I quite like that eagle. Yeah, he does look a little bit like um, the Sam from the Muppet Show. <laughs> you, you could paint him up in his colours, <laughs> bright blue. And... Yeah, it's a hard yeah. thing to model as an eagle, I guess. So, um, but I think generally speaking, that is a, you know, that's a that's a model that that, that looks like it, you know, means business. So I really like that one. Yeah, like that, that gun to the side pose is really good. Mm, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Is, is the helmet a different? Because I really like the look of that helmet. I don't know if it's just the way it's painted. Was that just a standard yeah, it looks cataphracti? Yeah, a little bit different. Uh, yes, a little bit Hell. different to uh, a cataphracti. It's, yeah. it's a bit, you know, it's stylized. It's a bit more Battlestar yeah. Galactica, isn't it? It is. It's yes, really cool. I like very much. Well. So, yeah, <clears throat> all in all, good good set of releases there for those those so far. What about this? Yeah. Dread? What do you reckon make of that one? White Scars Dreadnought. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. Um, I love that bit of gold um, work on the uh, knee. Uh, I think that looks really, really good. Um, very, you know, oh, yeah. very Mongolian. Um, yeah. It's it's just a really nice. It's a really nice kit. I mean, obviously, a lot of people, uh, you know, have complained and like, oh, the White Scars don't like Dreadnoughts, but. Again, you have to remember the White Scars had a lot of Terran Terrans in the uh, Legion. They would not necessarily have been afraid. And as the book says, there's there's a little bit of fluff, and it, you know it says that basically yes, they do have Dreadnoughts, but the Dreadnoughts only really come out when it when the brown stuff hits the fan. Gotcha. So, yeah. This they, this this is the my favourite Legion Dreadnought I think, other than the Word Bearers possessed one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think it's a, it's a good looking model. I look, quite like the so on the sort of um, uh, centre part, it's got like a shield with a um, banner coming off it. You know, oh yeah, like yeah, that. that's, that's, nice that's, that's 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 really uh, nice. And the helm touch is very nice. Uh, misses the helm, um, the sort of detailing on the helm is very good as well. I think so. It's an interesting one, isn't it? You know, you get into this kind of thing about oh, certain legions wouldn't have had certain things, but I think all legions would have had at least some representation of all aspects of the war because you know you can never say oh we can only fight in this particular environment so they would have them i think uh, there are some legions that definitely wouldn't have certain stuff for example uh the death guard wouldn't have psychers 
yeah, I think that's yes. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. That is slightly different. But um, well, they wouldn't have know. a specific librarian. They yeah. they might necessarily have uh, you know during the heresy um, certain other consoles that can do psychic sure. shenanigans. And, um, and, and then we also know that um, night lords don't take artillery, according to Chris. So. Oh, they don't. They take some artillery. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, people say you know the Night Lords they're a Raptor Legion, but yes, they might favour assault troops and terror tactics, but they would have had access yeah, exactly. to. No, I, I was listening to um, Pharos again. I haven't listened to that again this week. Okay. So, and it says in there, you know, the Night Lords uh, assault the uh, the Pharos, and you know they've got assault uh, artillery. Uh, yep. units and things like that so you know they are yeah. there but that particular list that you had written was basically <laughs> uh if you chipped away the blue armor there would have been some yellow and uh, black yeah. warning stripes underneath that's yeah. that's that okay. was all okie dokie yeah so anyway. that, uh, yeah so that's that's the white scar stuff now we've got some stuff that's come out through um through through games workshop direct yes. um yeah. some <clears throat> So let's quickly run through that. Uh, we've these are, got... these are the, the new releases, aren't they, from their Demon range, which obviously was quite um, handy, being as the book's just out for Demons now. Yeah, so we've got um, Skulltaker, our okay. character, um, isn't in the um, the, the new book, uh, spoiler, uh, He, he but obviously, you know, we know in the new book, it's all about, you know, the Imperium not knowing that much about Chaos, so we'll do this, you know, about characters. So you can use him as a, uh, uh, I suppose, a demonic herald. Um, yeah. He would work as that. Yeah, definitely. Because um, of the generic nature of the demons now in, in Malevolence, you could, you know, he could be any number of things if you wanted yeah. him to be. Good. Yeah, but def- definitely, definitely used as a generic herald. Um, well, not a generic herald, but, you know, a slightly nicer, nicer looking herald there. Um, then you've got... Uh, a bloodmaster herald of corn so that's a, a specific herald model um oh sorry uh skull taker is 20 pounds or 17 pounds from our friends at element games um yep. yeah so bloodmaster herald of corn it's 15 pounds 1275 at element games so i mean that's a that's a really nice model much better than the old one um yeah it is much you know, it is a lot better than the old one the old one was a bit naff yeah, well i mean the old one's actually a nice model it's just now that they've done you know, this yep. guy, it, it's sort of like, oh, well, yeah, he, he does look naff in comparison. Uh, the old one's not too bad. It's just, as of a lot of things, the, the new stuff just knocks it out of the park so much. Yeah, yeah you're right. It certainly does. I mean, it makes stuff that looked great oh. just a few years ago. Because um, it's not yeah, that long I mean, since that stuff came out. No, true enough. I think they're right there. It's just um, one of those things where... Um, you know they don't have it, you can sort of as they sort of up, upgrade their model um, ranges you can sort of tell when things look old quite quickly can't you so yeah all good yeah so he's uh, yeah so 1275 <clears throat> at Element Games or £15 from Games Workshop then you've mm-hmm. got uh, Karanak the Hound of Vengeance so I'm not quite sure what you would use him as uh, in uh, in the Demons of the Ruined Storm list but uh, you know, preface this with I haven't gone through the list. I've, in I've, I've got it here in front of me. Massive amounts of details. So, I mean, I, I I'd probably just use him as a herald. So there aren't heralds anymore. 
Oh, uh, what are they called? No, uh, so the HQs are Demonic Chosen. Oh, it might be. So Demonic you have Chosen. the yeah, yeah. special HQs like Samus, uh, Callbacks, yeah. and then you get Ruinstorm Greater Demons, uh, Ruinstorm Demon Chosen. So you could use Skulltaker as a Demon Chosen. Okay, uh, right, this guy, you could, uh, Karanak, probably using the same thing, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, so Karanak, £20 <coughs> or £17 from Element Games. And then you've got the Flesh Hounds, which are obviously demonic beasts. Um, so he's tw- so they're, they're tw- £30 or £25.50 Element Games. They're actually a really, really nice kit. They're so much nicer than the uh, than the old one. The old ones were horrible. Oh, they? Were they yeah. metal as well? The old ones. The yeah. old ones were resin. They were expensive. Oh, they were and they expensive. Just they? Looked, they just looked horrible. Whereas I love this... I blind myself. I bought the Chaos Hounds. That's what I did. Which I think was quite a common thing because it was just a much more cost-effective way of getting uh, yeah. a, you know, a representation for these. But these look really good. They're really good. They're they're, they're not the cheapest, but. They're pretty good for what you get. Mm. Was it five um, for thirty pounds. Yeah, five yeah. for thirty pounds. So no, still quite. And they're reasonably big models. Yeah. And they look so much better on that new base. Yes, that's also true. And that's that, yeah, it's very much true uh, for me. Anyway, uh, and then we've got the Solar War uh, limited edition, uh, which was up for fifty pounds and is now completely sold out. This was a, it was a bit of a hoo ha release of this. Yeah, one. yeah, I, I put stuff about that in State of the Union, so maybe. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it then. Yeah, yeah. touch on it then, because there's because there is other stuff, but Solar War Limited Edition out there um, was gone very very quickly. Mm. Okay. Uh, then we've got the uh, Chaos uh, Space Marine dice, um, which I was sort of humming and hawing about putting on this list, but everyone loves dice. Uh, there's definitely some imagery there that I would associate with word bearers. So they uh, are sold out on GW's website. Yeah. Well, sold the Chaos out. Space Marine yeah. dice already. Yeah, I yeah. just tried to have a look at them. They're sold out. Oh, wow. That was quick. I'm glad I got a pair. Well, okay. a set, not a set. pair. Yeah, I just got one. I just got one set. Um, well, that's surprising. Well, I suppose not, because yeah. everyone's playing Chaos now. So yeah. Um, okay. Uh, then we've got um, book eight malevolence. Then we've got the next five books in the um, Horus Heresy series. So uh, Descent of Angels, uh, Legion, Battle for the Abyss, Mechanicum, Tales of Heresy. Uh, yeah, Mechanic, Battle for the Abyss, Tales of Heresy. Yeah. So that's the next five. Print on demand. By the time <coughs> this episode is out, they're no longer available to order. Um, so. Uh, if you wanted them, you've missed them. If you're depending on us for news, which is why we say don't depend on us for news. <laughs> um, it's not necessarily fake; it's just old. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so that ended 13th of April. So, yeah, they were quite you know getting them back in hard back for some some people who've missed out on them previously. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, uh, we've got the Black Library Live <clears throat> ticket which is uh, £15. And uh, again, we'll, we'll touch upon that in uh, State of the Union, I guess. Um, you know, why Michael is upset about it. Oh, okay. Mikey, yes, okay. Oh, no, they don't it's go for a, a rant. It's going to be action-packed. I just want to <clears throat> make uh, the listeners quite clear here. I'm actually perfectly happy with things, just that I pointed out. It's only a tiny rant. It's only a tiny rant. Okay, so other stuff that sort of mentioning it is we've got the Skull Altar um a, a chaos uh, demon uh, bit of scenery um the only reason we mention it is because if you want to make a cygnus prime board or to perhaps another demon world you might want to have that 
Um, bit of a stretch though to say it's 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 a heresy release. I think um, you could do it for like a if you're doing like a Davin, you know, some sort of yeah, that type, board. that type of thing. It's it's, it's 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 there's a place for it. Certainly, yeah, but I mean, it's, they've it's also, a very limited place. Yeah, there's also that Chaos Stargate, but I can't see where I would where I would use that. Um, uh, I think you could use that if you were playing a War in the Webway. Ah, uh, yeah, I suppose you could. I think that would yeah. be a a nifty little yeah, thing to use. Yeah, it would be a bit of scenery, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You know, just to give it a bit of theme. And I, mean, I have to... Yeah, sorry. I was going to say, well, if you were playing against a demon player, I mean, and you're on a perfectly normal board, it might be, you know, that that sort of Stargate would be, say, oh, I'll just, you know, this they've sort of invaded this area kind of thing via the Stargate, just to get a bit of theme, really, I suppose. Yeah, and there's been a few arguments I've seen on uh, Wordbearer's group uh, about whether you could use the new Chaos Space Marine releases, um, as le- you know, are they are they good for late heresy troops? Up to you, I suppose. If you want to do that, I'm not going to say otherwise, because the word just, ha- just having a look at that sort of the squad that you can get that basic. I mean, it's a, there's there's things you could use there certainly, but. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, yes, maybe you could, because um, it is Mark V armor, and the word bearers were going a certain way at the time. But there, there I think, cool I think you could. There are some cool bits. I think you could if you didn't have the big horned helms. And if you yeah, swap, swap those yeah. Horns, there there are definitely bit. As you say, there are definitely lots of bits there that you can use as a source of bits. This is awesome. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Just just put normal. You know, Mark, whatever helmets on there. I suppose the I mean, backpacks um, as well would be a bit of a giveaway, yeah, wouldn't they? Right, so helmets and backpacks. Yeah, yeah. Aware of those, but everything else, I think. Definitely stuff you can use, and they do say it is it is interchangeable with the Mark, the Mark um, four and three kit. So it's just that mm-hmm. guy with the with the bullet chain. Ah, oh, yeah, the, one the, hand. The Bolter. I'd love, yeah. I'd, I'd love oh, to yeah. see someone put that on a Mark Mark four or Mark five. It looked great. It would just look fantastic on a Mark V uh, Marine. The um, the sergeant looks pretty snazzy. He looks quite yeah cool. yeah. So yeah, he does. De- <clears throat> if oh, you're def- gonna do a unit of chosen or whatever. Yeah yeah, definitely stuff in there you could you could pull in. Um, sure, so would you would you guys be upset if somebody? I think I would be the only thing that would put me off is the horned helms. Everything else, if, I'm if kind of okay. Straight out of the box well. like this. Yeah. Then I probably would go uh, a little bit of you know. But nothing. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything. Stop but I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't just go take this off the board. But I might, yeah. you know, inwardly think, okay. But <clears> it know, depends it, on what they've done with it. It, 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 it depends what people's budgets are for heresy. You know, they're a good, it, reasonable thirty-five quid for ten. Yeah. For ten quite cool-looking models. If you had one unit of them as a special unit, I don't think it'd be an issue. But if you had like veterans or something, yeah. If you had a few of them as you know, like two or three squads of them as your main tactical troops. Then I think the thing is, I much. you can still buy you can still buy plastic Mark Three, can't you? Mark Three and Four, yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, for me, it depends how how much work they've done in. They've got how, what they've used them for. If they've if they've taken them, they spat them around their Marines. I mean, even though the the scale's going to be off, um, you know, if they it, it depends on the conversion work for me whether I'm 100% happy with it. But at the end of the day. I'm not going to turn around and go. Well, I'm not going to play them. They're not. They're not era appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Um, so these but, are compatible with Mark whatever. Are they a different scale? 
to our to these are a bit Paris bigger. Yeah. These are a bit bigger. Oh. So would it, would, it, would it look a bit odd with the weapons and things on Mark Four armor? No, apparently they apparently they're fine. Uh, it's just they've got bigger legs and a slightly taller torso. Oh, okay. But the shoulder pads, backpack, stuff like that, it's all the same. All right, cool. I mean, the guy, if you're in the first picture that you see when you go into the website, the guy on the far left without the chainsword, but the sort of first guy, I mean, he looks perfectly cool. You know, he's got a, hasn't got, all right, he's got a Cow Space Marine backpack, but the rest of him, you, you know, looks perfectly fine to me. You know, so yep. yeah, I think, like I say, maybe a veteran squad, maybe without the horns, but you know, the word bearers, like you say, they were already two thirds of the way along the journey, so maybe it's perfectly okay. I'm cool uh, with it. We're, we're not the police. We don't, you know. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> so while we're on the subject of people getting somewhat irate, are we going to unleash the hell that we have had to uh, <clears throat> discuss? about the book eight release and it's uh i don't even want to say it the impact let's say uh, on the custodies play on, player on, on chris's chris's mental chris well-being yes i mean, actually, I mean I, 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 i'm ready to, what's your main yes i'm ready to pull the trigger at any point mate so just keep, <laughs> we can do it now we can do it later it doesn't matter my hairs are only getting grayer by the day it's fine okay, so let's uh, let's pull the bandage off Sorry, let's pull the, the band-aid off the, the, the hand and, and get it out of the way. So allow me, if you will, to uh, set the scene here. So there we are. Uh, book eight came out and we knew that there was going to be some 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 shenanigans in and or around the custodies. We'd obviously been to the or we'd heard from sort of various uh, leaks and various um, conferences that you know, this was coming. So, when you first found out, Chris, mm. uh, what was your uh, initial I'm, reaction? I'm sure if we uh, if if we look through our messenger history at some point, I mean, I'm glad for those <laughs> for those messages to go up on the internet at some point. That's not a problem at all. I stand by every word. Okay. Um, so once so I yeah, once so I tell us what's your main what's your main my main my main issue is okay they've made. They've corrected the problems that people moaned about. And I say corrected because that's going to be what the general community's problem is. That's going to be the, the community assumption is they've corrected the problems that people moaned about and the units that people moaned about. Right. Okay. Based so on, back based on everyone else that's a, a Startees player, a mechanic and player, whinging their little faces <laughs> off on the internet. <laughs> You no, hold on, I'm just gonna have to go and turn the light on because it's getting a bit dark, <laughs> literally and physically. Um, and okay. yeah, so the, the, the units that have been affected, the ones that everyone goes, oh, this is too tough. Duh, duh, duh. Oh, my Praetor can't stand up against Valdor. Oh, my Praetor can't handle this dude. So he's not meant to handle this dude. This dude is nothing to him. But anyway, um, so they made stuff more expensive they made it harder to get models on the board because of those okay, costs so, okay so and just give us a, 80 quid for the the pleasure the of privilege. it so let's let's take those points one at a time so when you say the units that were affected particularly uh so the general consensus and i'm going to play devil's advocate here just in terms of giving a uh, giving you some you know 
some space, I suppose. Um, the the concept the concept was, and we'd seen this in action, um, is that the, the, for whatever reason, rightly or wrongly, there was a perception in the sort of heresy community that there was a there was a there was a problem with the custodies, and it was uh, obviously knowing you and knowing how you play the game and knowing your army and playing against it, you know, it, it didn't seem like a big deal to me, right? But I'm not the community. And it was it was self-evident by, you know, your own kind of feedback when you said, you know, when people when you were playing with Valdor, for example, people were sort of physically cheering on your opponent to get Valdor dead. Yeah. Even, you know, which, you know, so you think about it, it's like, well, I kind of got like that with Magnus and I can't deny it because I did. And there's evidence to prove that. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> that must have been wearing after a while for you. Yeah, it's yeah, it you know. It's all right. There are, there have certainly been times I've not enjoyed playing my army. Right. Um, I mean, but more often than not, that's not been the case. But that, you know, that average, you know, like, oh, you know, people really, you know, it's an army that I, I really like. It's an army that I really like because I like the background to them. You know, that kind of yeah. the last bastions of defense on terror, you know, going down into the webway, certain death awaited so many of them. And the, the stoic defense of the realm that probably nobody even, you know, in the 40k universes to come would ever know about because it was all hidden in this special secret project of the um emperor yeah so that kind of thing yeah totally get it but do you think that the the problem was that do you think that they fixed the problem which was that they considered a lot of people considered um the custodians to be unbalanced compared to other units do you think that this the things that they've changed would have would help change that perception no i don't i don't think they will because those models are still still rock hard right and if you i mean if i was gonna if i continue playing custodies i'll continue playing valdor yes but i've got to cut 50 points from somewhere else to do it so 50 points is a normal guy exactly and in an army without many units that's a that's a big hit, isn't it? I mean, yeah. fair enough. You know, we we have had this discussion, which is, you know, <clears throat> although you're not many units, you've got many wounds. Okay, that's you know fair enough. But even so, on on a small army, uh, adding those points up basically cuts down even more potential models. Yeah. So as I, I think I said last month, I think when I well I, I certainly said to you guys, if I, the list that I was playing for fun at Company of Legends on that Sunday, yes, yeah, that list is now ten percent more expensive. Right. I, I can't I couldn't play that list again in a three thousand point army. I'm with you. So you know, I think that's like that's three hundred points. That's that's you know. Okay. So I, in I'm terms hammered of, in one of those games. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> so, you know, and I think a lot of people have already countered the custodies by basically overwhelming them. You know, we've seen an up uptick in 20-man tactical squads, for example. Sorry, not 20-man tactical squads. We have seen those, but 20-man assault squads. They're, a, they're, they're very prevalent now. You know, 20-man assault squads with an apocryphy. Because yeah. people know that you can't, you know, if you've got a 10-man squad against the custodians, they're going to probably die because custodians are designed to slay space marines at that level. Unless they're you fearless. 20 guys. Then... Yeah, yeah. You put 20 guys at them, you know, on the charge, and, and they're going to probably crumble just by sheer weight of attacks. Um, yeah, that's, so, what's, that, that's what so does for me more often than not yeah. is it's and it's the same with shooting you know volume of attacks will not you know and i run you know five six man squads of custodies yeah. mm-hmm. because i know that if i'm getting from a to b 
I need to be able to absorb enough wounds to actually get to B with at least two, two or three guys. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's just not going to happen. So one of the other things you touched upon was um, getting your army to where it needs to be, which has always been a bit of a problem with the custodies because they don't have uh, access to assault vehicles in the same way that you know space marines do or yep. starties do. So what was this other? This was something around teleport transponders or something. Or so the teleportation transponders was that Valdor when you could when in book seven or Inferno, I can't remember what it is seven, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Came out Valdor could. Uh, take teleportation transponders and then other units could take them, you know, for free. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then the FAQ came out and he could get, he can take a teleportation transponder and then one other unit got them for free and everyone else had to pay for them. Right. Which, you know, okay, okay that's fine. I mean, the, the, the fact that the, the prefacing sentence for that particular rule is, you know, he's second only the emperor can get all the equipment he wants. But apparently he can only get six teleportation transponders on his in his hands at any one time. That's fine. That makes perfect sense. Uh, oh no, sorry, we're out. We yeah. used the last one. Oh, sorry, dude. Uh, the Imperial <laughs> Fists have got them all. Um, but yeah, so it's again that made the army more expensive because it they were a good way of getting you across the board in two in you know in two turns rather than having to walk across the board for two turns, if that makes sense. Or two or three turns. Yeah, exactly. Right on the back line. Or you take a Coronas and get across the board. And they were, it, was, it had the same effect as teleportation yep. transformers. Because you'd get there, you'd get out, you'd stand there. Yeah. And take the take the And take shooters. a beating, yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you... Th- so where did this come from? Do you think that this was the same... Because obviously there was some feedback somewhere along the line where people said custodies are broken. You know, for whatever reason, we consider custodies to be broken. I mean, I've seen, regrettably, you know, I've seen events where the people have said, and they may just be local, they may just be kind of friendly events, but they said no custodies. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, I've seen that more than once, or custodies take X less points. Uh, yeah, that's yeah 25, 25% less seem to be a... Uh... Yeah, but I... Okay, I'm not running crazy lists. No. I, you know, that's never been my thing. I lose more games than I ever did win. Correct. Um, I couldn't have done that. I would never have won the games that I've won if I was fighting with one hand tied behind my back. Yeah, I see what you mean. Do Do you think that? Um, so that's that's kind of why. So, where did this kind of go wrong? Do you think that? I mean, I think personally, the, this the, is just my personal view that. There was a lot of wrong in book seven, not just, you know, just generally, for whatever reason, the stuff that's come out of book seven was magnitudes more powerful than anything that had gone before. I mean, just look at the changes as, they've as made. As we discussed, you know, yeah, custodes have got, have now been nerf hammered. The thousand yes. sons have been nerf hammered. Correct. But yes. the dogs are still running around with their, you know, leashes off. Um, I suppose the only thing that Which changed them is... slightly was um, that rule with Lehman Russ, but you know he's had a minor knockback, which was you know the minus two to attack uh, in combat, so he could actually, you know, there was a way where basically it was impossible for him to be hit by normal Marines um, in combat. But yeah, he's had a minor tweak, but you're right, he hasn't had the same levels of um, uh, additional uh, nerfage, if you like, that 
the um, the other two armies in that book have. I mean, Magnus was ridiculously crazy powerful, I think. But and I'm glad, if I'm honest with you, in the FAQ that they did what they did because now he's in a, a, a sort of more balanced state. I'm. What's happened to the custodies? I think there's there's two ways of looking at it. People must have. I think there was an exploit in it when it first came out, and that that initial use of them, you know, with the shield captain kind of using him to look out stuff onto a sort of three plus re-rollable save, that they never kind of won won back people's hearts and minds after that point, you know, and that's the players exploiting it. I think it wasn't necessarily by design. I think the the problem is that there were players out there who went, oh, this is a super hard army. It's going to be super tough for someone to kill. I'm yes. going to abuse it to its to the to the most I can. To, to the max, right to up the, to the hill. Right up to the max. And then, you know, step by step, it's been knocked back. And it's it's just where people have gone. I'm going to throw all the toys in that, I, and I don't care. And there were, yeah, there are there are other things that I think, you know, when you've seen two Telemons armed with the blaze cannons. Mm. Uh, we've seen some hijinks with units being added to the units. Yes, we have. Um, things like that, just to make them even harder to kill. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think there have been when people have lost to them, when they've been like that, it's left a a, a scar. Yes. And yes, I think I now agree. we're sort of we're seeing that boomerang effect. Yeah. But not every custodes player is like that. Agreed. Um, and those the, those ones that are looking for super hard armies. What what will happen to them? I wonder. Well, they won't be playing that army anymore because it's gonna they're gonna be looking at it cost efficiently and go. Exactly. Oh, actually, Blood Angels. Yeah. Yeah. You, that's that's the thing. That's gonna be the that's gonna be the real proof of the pudding. I think is that people who played this list because it was powerful won't stop playing this list now because it, it was powerful and move on to something else. And we may be having this self-same conversation about one of the um, units in book eight or the demons or something. They will look for another exploit. And I think that that's, there's a, there's a certain heresy is a, is a pretty broad church. And, um, you know, we try certainly in the events that we run to, to make it as fair and as fun as possible. I don't, I don't think it's as broad as we think it is. Okay. I think unless you're, an Astartes player or a Mechanicum player, uh, anything other than that, it's not considered, it's not generally considered a heresy. I don't think, you don't see a lot of Militia players, really. You don't see a lot of Solar Rocks players. No, true. Because people don't, I don't think, unless you're in power armor or a robot, people don't think you're a, it's proper heresy. I mean, there is a certain amount. Of that. No, I mean, no, no, no. Custodies are proper heresy. I think they are in the, in the fluff. No, they're. they're I they're, don't think they are. I don't think people perceive them to be in the got, game. They've got an army list. They're proper heresy. And I want. I, and you know what? Some people have been love the militia, and that's cool. Some people love demons and want to play demons. That's cool. Some people, like yourself, really love the custodes. That's perfectly cool. It's proper heresy. Mm. I it's don't, not. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. It is proper heresy. Yes, Marines make up the vast bulk of your armies out there, uh, and they're all—they always are. They always will. Custodies um, have probably got a lot more players than I think for any of the other smaller. Uh, well, you know the the, the uh, elite armies. Well, not yeah. necessarily elite. The the more specialized armies. Yeah. The the the, the um 
the 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 slightly unconventional the, off the, off yeah, the, the non-legion armies basically non-legion armies yeah, yeah of all the non-legion armies custodies yeah. are probably a little bit overrepresented and i think part of that is because they are point you know pounds per point really cheap um mm. They're, they're cheap to get in they're cheap to get into because you don't need that many of them oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. i mean you can you can build a perfectly good plastic uh, i've seen perfectly good plastic yeah. uh, um custodies yeah, yeah. armies um you know with no vehicles or anything uh and, and and you know they might not necessarily do very well but uh and they've got some really really good tough units and, and people have exploited that um necess- not necessarily because you know they're whack players there are certainly some whack players out there who bring two telemon dreadnoughts um to 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 an event <laughs> only uh, to only did it once and he did and he did take them out because he, he was did. like oh right yeah, yeah this is this is really bad isn't it yeah, yeah. um but that's cool uh and we've all got to, and we've got to deal with that but as a on a personal note chris and i don't you will disagree with me on this this one i actually think that these changes are in the long term for the good but i think that the the custodies will at some point in the future need to go the other way and have uh, a, a, another rebalance hopefully this time in a red book as opposed to a uh, black book yeah. um because right now there are certain but yeah there are certain aspects of those uh, of those changes that i agree with uh for example the uh, the the extra wound um to terminators yeah um well overdue um the 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 rebalancing of the sagittarum i think that was that was great so the sagittarum okay (coughs) let's 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 discuss the sagittarum squad a unit that people didn't really bother with because they had a stupid rule (coughs) the rules have slightly been changed now you see them more often uh now they can take solarite power gauntlets so they can have something in combat yeah. Uh, they can't take a race strikes, so if you've got any strength ten barrage weapons, feel free to delete that unit. They're the only unit that can't take a race strikes. Just right. point okay. that out. Put that out there. Uh, yeah. And you've got uh, to pay for a race strikes now, haven't you? Well, they're more yeah, expensive. 15, 15 points a model. Uh, but you only so, need one, don't you? Or is it? No, it's, you have one per. You, you, you can see what I mean, one doesn't. It's on the model. Uh, right, so it's not on the unit. Or it's not on the unit. Okay. Wow, that is expensive. Uh, Solarite Power Gauntlet for the Sagittarums are 15 points each. That's the only close combat weapon they can take. Gotcha. So they're still not going to be effective in combat. No. They've got the Bolter thing with the Adrastus Bolt Cavalier. Yes. Which is alright, but they're 185 points. I suspect that the reason the Caladius has been put up in price is to make those more of an affordable HQ, uh, heavy support choice. Right. Because people didn't bother with them. Yeah, it did seem an odd, an odd things that they kind of put the points up on weren't. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one that the one that threw me was the one for the gunship. Yeah, um, the extra ten points on. Yeah, was, I mean, I don't know was, why they did it. It's really obvious why they did it. They did it to stop uh, people uh, taking it in certain point games. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like they put <clears throat> the cost of the tormentor up so that you have to be over three thousand points to take it in a, you know, in a normal size game. I kind of get that. But it seems an odd thing because I mean that you don't. I mean yours are in two, and one of them's yours. Yeah, and I don't ever uh, use it really. No, so because it's, it's, not, it's, it's not exactly a game, game winner, is it? It was six hundred and five points. I mean, you can't fit that in no. a. You're not going to take that in a custodies list anyway, unless you're no. feeling extravagant. 
because yeah, they should have got a massive it's game on 600 it. points. Yeah. 20% <clears> of your arm. Mind you, mind you, though, the Ares gunship. Oh, what a load of old cobblers that's going to be. I think that looks pretty <laughs> decent. Oh. Think, but... Yeah, but who's going to buy it? It's going to be, what, 300 quid? It's a 640-point model. You don't see the blooming Orion at 300 no, quid don't. for 615 points. And that's not a bad um, aircraft. No, true It's enough. got the blaze cannons. It's got the Lastrum bolters. It's got the bolt launchers. You know, it's got that cool array strike thing. You know, yeah. who's going who's gonna to spend the money on the Ares assault ship? Well, we shall see. I can't imagine there's going to be... I won't be. No, and you are basically propping up the entire custodies. <coughs> and I've bought pretty much everything. <laughs> so I think so that aside, so we know that they put the price up, the, the points so, cost of the army up, but they put them up right. for reasons that we're not entirely convinced yeah. were there. But the Coronas is the one that, I mean, yeah. they all hurt slightly. The fact sure. that the Heterons have got a 40-point tax on them now, when everything else you pay by the model, but not the Heterons or the Aquilians, you now have to pay basically a premium to have those. Right. Uh, you have to pay an extra 40 points for Heterons for magic reasons. Magic. <clears throat> yeah. Rather than putting the cost of the model up, they thought they'd just put the just chuck it extra everything. tax on. But the Coronas, they made it 40 points more expensive and gave it a searchlight. World's most expensive searchlight. Yeah. What's the Coronas? That's the tank, isn't it? That's cool the transport. Tank. That's the transport. Oh, the transport. One. Yeah. The absolutely, the fairly, is that a little useless one? Was that the, no, the, no, it's the, the, the big, big one. Useless one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so 40 points more expensive. Not an assault vehicle. Not an assault vehicle. 175 points. Can take six models. You know, it can have an arm, armored satellite for 20 models. I mean, yeah. No, just, just what's the. I mean, how know? much is, how many points is the old uh, uh, armored conveyor for the Mechanicum? 135? Yeah. Yep. Don't want to compare points to points, but. The Caladius, yeah. So the, the, the Caladius is a, is a great one. So that's the shooty tank that I've got a couple yeah. of. Two, yeah, it's, it's, now, it's now more expensive. Its armor's not as good as it was, but it got a searchlight. It's, got a searchlight. It's, its weapon is now, its second weapon choice <laughs> is 10 points more expensive. Goodness. You know, it's just like, where's... And yeah, again, I mean, to, just... to get this, the, the thing that annoys me, other than the points cost, and some of the other things that I'll I'll get onto about this in a second, yeah, is the fact that you'd have to pay eighty quid for the pleasure of reading this. Well, I think that's a second point, right? So we'll come on to that because it's a separate entity because I think it's got a different spin. But if we can sort of wrap this particular yeah. section up, so what we're saying here is that <clears throat> you, as a custodian player, feel that you've been dealt a poor hand here. Um, because this is the first um, army that's come under this kind of scrutiny, not only just in terms of having to have uh, the book, the FAQ, right. and then another book. I'm fully um, aware that everyone listening to this you, is going to have no sympathy for me whatsoever. None whatsoever. Not whatsoever. even the slightest bit. And that's fine. I'm accepting do you, that. Do you think, though, so Michael's point, which I do think <coughs> is, is that let's fast forward a year's time, right? And no changes are made to this army in that interim period. And you're going to still, we assume you may not, but you may play the the army because you you like the there's you know a, the, there's a reason the army. I'm buying Regal Dawn. Uh, <laughs> but, so, do you think that that will make people less likely to be a bit, you know, snippy about you playing Custodes in the future, or do you think that it 
it's it's gone too far and that the changes they've made have made the army almost unplayable with the, the current sort of meta that we have i think i mean i've you know if i sit down and work out a list for an event yes at the, the you know of what i would normally take as a, as a collection mm-hmm. that i have and what i would normally take to an event yeah i mean that model count is even smaller now it is it is <sighs> it's so it's gonna be so much easier for people just to you know Mobile. All you all you have to do is baseline shooting against the mm. custodies, and you know all you all you'll find is that they get pushed to being an allied unit. I would right. find it. I would be very surprised to see any like mass talons list going forwards. Right. I might be wrong. I'd like to be wrong, but well, I, just think, yeah, I think I, I think pound. I think pound. Uh, you know, points for effectiveness on the battlefield. Mm, not so much. I just don't. I just don't see it quite so much. I mean, there are still some very good units. Yeah. But the, the the cost for those units, in a in a and three thousand points is kind of the established. Yeah. Seems uh, points for this for heresy. That's you know that's where we are. Well, I mean, personally, I'll just, <clears throat> I'm still building my custodies army because I like the army. Oh. I think it's a nice. I think they're nice looking models, um, and I want to play. Cust- I don't want to have a. I want to have a small custodies army. Fair enough. I mean, I, I, it'd be interesting to see what happens in a year's time because when we go to um, Blood and Glory in November twenty twenty, yeah, twenty twenty, um, it'd be interesting to see if there are these a a lot of custodies armies and b it, there weren't many last time, but there were a few, and b whether the um, people who were playing them who were quite powerful players if you excuse the expression whether they're still playing whether they moved on to something else because i think that would be the key i guess from you know i'm trying to think what would happen you know how i would feel if they did this to something like iron havocs and um tyrant siege terminators which is you know the sort of meat and potatoes of an iron warriors infantry army you know i would be like mm, you know it's it, it's a big it's a big deal you know particularly when you invest so much time and effort and you sort of part of you into your army to have it kind of track this way is weird it's it's already a difficult army to get any sort of number of units on the board true you know it's it's harder now to get units on the board and it's yeah ultimately what it'll do is is you know mike's saying he wants to have a small custodies force that's all it's going to be yeah um maybe maybe that was the design plan all along if you see what I mean, it's, it's it's bad now because they should have that should have been its goal as a you know at the very beginning. They're always they're always meant to be an elite unit, you know. Then yeah, you're not meant to have you know two hundred custodies of you know kicking. That's that's not the way that the models the 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 point ratio works for them. True. You know, 165 points buys you three normal custodies. <laughs> that's true. You know. That's but I, I suppose if you think about it, without buttoning devil's cover, that's still three custodies, but each one of those has got three wounds and they've got two, two wounds. pluses. Two, two wounds, okay, two so plus, yeah. Six six wounds. And so yeah, okay, fair play. Yeah, yep. I know. Okay. But I think you lose I think but if you lose one guy. Yes, you've lost thirty three percent of the <clears> army, basically, in that regard. Yeah, I yeah. get it. That is true. But I think um okay, so that's the first thing. I mean so I think it's safe to say that are not a fan of these changes and you're right most people will have zero sympathy and that's part of the problem um i think is that you know 
sort of try and sort of I suppose think about what the effect is of this because like most people are going yeah it's about time and i'm glad they got nerfed well you know you, you're going to lose another potentially lose another army from you know the sort of smorgasbord of different armies that you get to play against rather than just fighting the same old set of marines all the time so, so the thing is we shall see that like the problem that the custodes had at the start was that why would you take valdor when the shield captain was so good correct okay that was always the thing because he had all this cool stuff and he could do all this stuff but we're we're, we're there again with Valdor. Right. Like, why would you take him? When you okay, so take... the, the shield captain is now better than Valdor, or at least cheaper points-wise. He's it's, it's cheaper points. He's it's, it's still the same points. He's 190 points. To make him a Tribune's 25 points more expensive right. than it was. So you okay. can have Eternal Warrior shield captain for 240 points. Okay. It's still pricey. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Let's, let's have that conversation. You know, you give him a, para- <laughs> you give him a Paragon Spear... Or you give him a Solarite Power Gauntlet. So a Solarite Power Gauntlet, Strength 10, AP 1, yes. Master Crafted thing. It's 15 points. Nice. Okay. So what are we now? Yep. 250? Yeah, roundabout. Uh, give him digital lasers. Give him extra attack. Extra attack, yeah. Yeah. It's 15 points. You know, that's just as good as Valdor. Right. Okay. You know, I know Fair he's got play. them. I know... You know, Valdor's got the Apollonian Spear, which is instant death on yes. a four plus. But if you're doing strength ten, yeah, uh, you know, with five attacks in combat, mm. you're going to be chucking out instant death more times than not anyway. True you're going to be doing penetrating wounds, uh, penetrating hits against vehicles like molecular severance uh, more times yeah. than that does. Yeah, you know, it's. Why would you then spend an additional sort of seventy or points to take Valdor just for the sake yep. of having ten points of teleportation transponders? Yes, that's a good point. Well, we shall see. So I think that's that's the first section here. And I think the second point, which is slightly more puzzling from my point of view, is what you know, if you've bought book seven, right? This is a I think this is a perfectly reasonable, you know, question. If you bought book seven, however long ago, two years ago, I guess, and it would have cost you 70, 80 quid two years ago, right? Yep. You're now buying, you now have to buy book eight if you want to play that army. Yeah. Custodes, right? Which or, has less than, hang on, let me, let me take exactly how many, how many pages of Custodes it has in it. Just so we, for the fairness of, of balance and all that. So Talons of the Emperor, Ah, uh, that 20, what's that, about 24 pages right? in a 315-odd page book. And why some of the units are split over two pages, I don't know, because it just seems to add page count. Like the Telemon, for instance, is split over two pages when there's enough space on one page, but that's okay. That's by the by. There's, no, there's nothing else about them in it. They're not involved in any of the fluff or okay. any of the other elements in it. They're just, right, just that's 25 pages. It's just those. And you get some Very snaggy weird. pictures of some really ugly coloured custodies in black right. and purple armour. Okay. So here's the deal, I suppose, is that that, that, that grates a bit. I've got to be honest with you, I would be quite nonplussed about that. And I know people are saying, yeah, but you've got the whole of Book 8 and it's lovely. And if you want to play Belangers and Demons and whatever, you can read all about that. And you can read all about this stuff. Uh, do you know what I mean? 
and I'll be completely honest with everybody out there, I have one black book only. You know, I, <clears> the, the thing the, is, the rest though, of my stuff is just red books. If I want to read about Cygnus Prime, yes, I go and spend, I don't know, what's a paperback? Eight quid, nine quid? Yes. And yeah. I read Fear to Tread because right. that's the book about Cygnus Prime. Gotcha. You know, Got you. if so I want to read that, that Trondax, I read the Scars book. Got you. See, that feels to me like there should be. Now, there was rumour that they would release it as a PDF, separate PDF for people, so that we would, you wouldn't yeah. have to buy book eight. Yeah, people were coming Never back. Gonna from the week, people were coming back from the weekend to saying, "Yeah, this is what's happening." Because that is, you know, that's a kick in the nuts. I think, if I'm honest, if having to shell out another seventy, eighty quid or whatever for a book right. that really doesn't have any, like you say, there's no fluff, there's nothing specific about that army as such. It's just got the army list and the new cost in it. As, and, as I said to you guys at the time, it didn't make sense for them to release it as a PDF. Because, well, why not? Because well, no, because they put it in the book. It didn't make sense for them to release it as a PDF as well. That but I mean, you, I suppose you could argue that you know, if you want to start custodians, right? Buy book, don't buy book seven, buy book eight. Um, but if you wanted to, if you already had custodians, then you have to buy two books fundamentally, and that yeah. seems a bit. That seems a lot. It's just the 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 word I had written down in my, earlier was ex- exploitative right yes i guess there is a certain amount of that i would like to know Which, what the explanation there because i think that feels that feels like half that, of the stuff they released in pdf form with the custodians faq anyway the Valdor, uh, rule changes for his digital lasers the telemon changes for his things all they do is do the same and change the numbers at the top again that gotcha. can't have taken them four hours to do yeah and even then so, this they've still got Oh, I can feel your the, your eye so there, uh, there was a chance here. So Ixion Hale is the mm. full world custodian's character. He yes. I'm at Warhammer World, I think, only now. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Still hasn't got any rules. Could have chucked some rules in, couldn't they? Just a, a, a sheet in for him in this. Yeah. He's got a, uh, he's modelled with an axe. Well, mm. we don't have any rules for an axe. So. <laughs> a spear that is in no way shape or form a spear but why do that because all they did was copy and paste what they did from seven and change a few numbers in it oh, they've yeah. even got the adrathic weapon in it that doesn't have a unit <laughs> but they have to that line they and, cleared up that other thing that other useless thing they all had that didn't do oh, anything anyway recordia yeah i know that's fine but yeah, why Cordia. but they've got the stupid adrathic executioner thing that was in the first book that no unit could take. Mm. Everyone, thought, everyone thought, oh, it's the palace. The palace can take it. Well, this is the new book, and guess what? Is it still nothing. in there? It's the Adrathic Exterminator. is still in there, and nothing can take it. Oh. <clears throat> now, okay. yeah, that is... That takes some justifying, doesn't it? That is just ri- oh, ridiculous. I'm kind of with you on this one. Like, that, this does... that just strikes us just going, so that's all, all they did basically. It was just go, yeah, we're going to change the numbers. Yeah. And it wasn't as if you actually got anything in there that helped your army in any way, shape, or form. didn't change anything to make anything better. They didn't say, okay, we're going to put 20 points on that, but we're going to give you assault vehicle or something. No, they gave nothing. It, they was, gave all, it was all stick, no carrot. 
Oh, no, they, they get the, the, the Terminator's got an extra oh, wound. Oh, that's they got one wound each because everyone was desperate for a Quillian Terminator to have an extra wound. How many do they have to start with? Two? Two. Right. In their two plus four plus Terminator armor. Right. That they can't make run moves. They didn't, no. you know, it's it's a small thing. Yes. The amount, the amount of... Everyone goes, it should be balanced. But it, when changes are made to armies, those changes should be balanced. It, it shouldn't all be one thing. You know, when Space Marine changes happen... There are good things and there are bad things that happen to that army. True. You know, yeah. this is just, no one likes this, so let's just deal with this. Okay. Well, I think we be, we've covered this quite succinctly. We've been talking about it for about 40 minutes. Have so, we? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. So Fair enough. Probably time to move on, Chris. Suck it up, I'll start the conversation. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> uh, I I think that it's. I think so. In terms of kind of to sum up this conversation, the the points cost. Okay, for whatever reason, people thought they needed to be made. There's an argument as to why they were made, and there's an argument that they should happen in the first place. That's one thing. I think the second thing is that it would be good to get some kind of explanation as to why custodians players have to buy two books or have had to buy two books when nobody else has ever had to do that. Because I think that is a perfectly valid question. Well, I know we said last time that our space green players had to when the game first started, but that's a different situation to this. So what do they have to do? So book one came yeah. out, let's buy the red book. Yeah. But at least you, you, when book one came out, you had a, enough to start an army with. This is an entire army list change. Totally. Okay. So that's basically where we're at. I would cut, it would be nice to get some kind of answers at some point. Yeah, well, maybe well, they might well, talk about it. Well. It would be good to get some answers, I think, because it does feel um, slightly sharp practice to do that to cost out of these players. But like you say, Chris, you may be um, sort of uh, preaching into the into the wilderness with this one. But I'm with you, mate. I'm I'm with you, brother. Thanks. I mean, I look forward to seeing what they do on Battle of the Four Warlords, or it is with the custodies player on that. Oh yeah, that's true. See what he does. <laughs> well, as, long as, as long as you don't do a dirty protest at Warhammer World when we go there, oh, I'm fine. As long as no one talks to me, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> right. Okay, so shall we move on to what Let's we've been up to? Go on to more happy things. Yes, 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 what we've been up to. Next up, uh, we talk through our uh, various projects and bits and bobs that we've been up to over the past month. So, um, Michael, what things have you been up to, my squid-handed chum? It's never going away, is it? It isn't ever. You're, you're done now. I feel about the phrase squid-handed. That sounds weird. Like just calling Squidward's fine. I think squid-handed is is a bit. I don't know. It sounds weird. It's a bit kind of tentacle, isn't it? Um, okay. Well, well, as we're discussing your 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 moniker, uh, I believe. <laughs> is um, I remember at Comedy of Legends, uh, I think it was Gary said to me, uh, "How do you, how do I feel when I'm taking the mic out of Michael?" And I said to him, "It's only love." And you know that it's only love, don't you? I know, I know, I know. I know. I just want to make that perfectly clear to everyone that listens. Yes. I am a little bit aware of what the Squidward character is now. So, okay. Okay. Look, we've enlightened you. That's that's knowledge yeah. is power, as they say. 
Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what have I been up to? Uh, right, well, I said last month I was going to get my Warlord Titan painted. And what, you the, guys... The, the, big, the big thing. No, no, the, no, no. The, 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 the little one. The, for uh, the Titanicus. Okay. And you guys said I would have this painted uh, before the, 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 the publication of the last episode. <clears throat> yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, I did, I did. We know how um, you Yeah, I also said I would... Uh, what did I also say? I said I'd do something. Um, get uh, the Prevayan uh, yes. Vigilator and yes. some STC Ruins painted. And... Yes, yes so I did. I got those painted. <laughs> uh, the Prevayan belongs to the Death Guard. Yes. Uh, the Moritat also belongs to the Death Guard. I also did a Predator for the Death Guard. My first ever Predator. I've had Space Marines for years, but I've never... Never gotten a predator for them. And Never this... underestimate the beauty of the predator. Uh, it was a nice tank. It was just a Mars pattern, and um, yeah, I was quite pleased to have. Uh, yeah, it was first ever predator. I just thought it was a bit. Uh, I was building it, and I was like, "Have I really, honestly, never had a predator before?" Wow. And um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was like that, and uh, I also uh, did a Leviathan Dreadnought for the Death Guard as well. Um. Okay. The Vigilator got painted up. He, he He's joined the Death Guard. Not the Death Guard, the Ultramarines. Mm. Um, and I also did get those STC uh, Rise of Pattern Ruins um, done. Um, yep. So they've joined uh, the, the Killzone uh, Frontierus uh, box. Um, mm. So uh, that's, that's a nice little set of, uh, set of uh, ruins there. Yeah, the, uh, the models look very good as well, mate. Oh, thank you. And I did something i i had a bit of sad news i won't talk about it here because i don't want to i don't want to say oh boy is me you need some sympathy but um i sort of uh have been work had been working off and on on a, a fort world great unclean one um mm. who is an arch demon of the ruined storm in the uh the list that that's just been released and um yeah so uh it was the the great unclean one and i just sort of cracked on and got him knocked out um in about a week um well i got him about half done in a week and then finished the other half in a few hours um yesterday i had a good look at this it's a great you i think that's a superb looking model though. I like that. the real vibrant green yeah uh, i think I it's think. absolutely excellent it's one of the best ones i've seen in terms oh, of the, that particular model you need absolutely you've absolutely nailed that one yeah yeah it was a it was a fun model to paint uh, definitely one I would highly highly recommend for anyone who's uh, who's on the fence about Nurgle, uh, go for it because it's a really really nice nice model, um, lots of detail to it. Um, uh, you know, I mean, looking at this and then having looked at the plastic Great Unclean One kit, it's sort of like, yeah, I think I might want to do the plastic one as well because they're they're quite different in their own ways. Okay. Yeah. But so the, the plastic you... one is just a is just a. Um, it's just a HQ though, whereas this one is an actual full-on Lord of War. Right, got you. So I think he looks awesome. Will he um be accompanied by um Sloppity Bagpipe or whatever his name is? Well, he doesn't have a specific entry in the right. uh, Demons of the Ruins one list, but yes, he could yes, be a, be a chosen or, or something. yeah, I'd like to see. Dogs. Yeah, he, he's probably going to be. Yeah, he will. He will be making an appearance. Oh, at some I got his bale piper. I want to say, but I think it's sloppity bale piper. There we go. Piper. Sloppity bale piper. Yes, your favourite uh, favourite chap. Piper. Um, 
Yeah, and Corbacks up up right as well. Up, of course, yeah. well we know your you know love affair with Corbacks. So um, so what are you going to do with these? Are you going to you going to run a ruin storm army? Or I mean, I suppose it's probably uh, a question yes. for next month. Is or will they ally with your with with your space rings? Is that possible? Well, probably what I'm going to do at the minute is ally them with word bearers initially. Oh, okay, right. Um, right. Obviously, I can't take the the great unclean the big great unclean one. Well, I suppose I could run them as just a a normal unclean one you know as a normal greater demon yeah. um but yeah no they'll they'll initially just ally with the word bearers uh and then we'll build them up from there because i mean i've got some corn uh you know blood first is done right uh, so 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 with the death guard I'm, I'm just a question of fluff really i suppose would late heresy so sort of siege of terror era would the Death Guard still be because I mean they were very anti-psycho, weren't they? I mean, yeah. um, what's his face was absolutely no way will he have psychos in his um, facility. After the kind of fall to the proper chaos gods, do you, do you think that they would be summoning demons, sort of demons of Nurgle, or well, is it too too soon for that? In the fluff, Mortarian did do some limited uh, during the during the Open Heresy. He did do some limited work with demonology. Um, more out of I'm not sure how to describe it um, almost curiosity and he he had in his you know stuck in his private yacht uh, as it were um, his own uh, his own Nurgle demon uh, prince okay um, who was sort of uh, uh, um, what's the word to to, to bound right uh, demon prince and but he was a terrible house guest yeah, yeah, definitely. You know what? I mean, would you? Oh, I've got. You know what? He's coming round to stay. Oh, that Nurgle demon prince. Oh, bloody hell! The place is going to be a right but tip when he's finished. The thing is, though, would you be more concerned about having a Nurgle demon prince or a Slanesh demon prince? Because well, at least the, the, the Slanesh demon prince might run off with your missus. Well, it, it'll probably do a lot of things with your missus, I would imagine. But um, at, you know, at least you know where you stood, and you'd probably get the washing up done. Never mind your missus. I'd be worried <laughs> about your dogs. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Um, but you know the, the Nurgle demon what's he going to do he gets into the kitchen he's going to make all sorts of mess he's going to leave the tops of everything you know it's going to be a right old job it'd be like a student flat after he'd finished with it so um, anyway house guests and who not to invite around Nurgle demon prince is probably top of the list Slanesh probably second but it depends on your own proclamities in that regard Yeah, and if I you're a swinger I think uh, <laughs> zinch or corn also tricky, but uh, you know at least you know where you stand with. Well, with, that's true. Well, yeah. I mean, look, don't make him angry with the the corn guy. You know, if he's watching telly, I'd, I wouldn't change channel. You know, I would just be like, you watch what you want. You know, don't let them make, just keep calm. Um, to zinch, what could you do with a zinch house guest? I mean, what we're doing today. What are you doing today? Well, what we, what we are going to be doing today is we're going to be doing this because I was in the future. No, no, no. What would happen is you'd go out, you'd go, I was going to go to the shop, just going to get a loaf of bread. You'd come back. Your house would be entirely different to how it was when you when you left. The stairs on the other side. The yeah. floor, the ceiling. Be in a different street. <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, so that's what I've been up to this month. So, whatever. There's, there's a sitting on here. There is. And yeah. RS again. Look at that. What a spectacularly good tangent that was. All Michael had to do was mention Sloppity Bile Piper and off we went. <laughs> There's a sentence. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so, Michael, sorry. Well, what have you been up to this month then, Graham? 
Um, what about, actually, do you know what? I put you to shame, sir. To shame. <clears throat> I've had my own sort of mini Squidward moment. Uh, more of a Davy Jones from um, Pirates of the Caribbean. <clears throat> Are we calling you the cuttlefish? Is that what we're calling cuttlefish. you? Yes, that's right. Uh, although Chris did say that I actually smelled like the cuttlefish that had been washed up on the beach. Or similar words, which I'm not going to go into in a family show. But anyway, I absolutely went large this this month. So I actually painted not three, but four Lehman Russes in a in a sort of a, a, a bulk painting, batch painting tank frenzy. Um, I painted three discipline masters for me, cults and militia as well. Uh, so that was one of those was the one that you gave me, which is the commissar kit um, that you had spare. Um, I had one anyway, and the other one was the model that you gave me, Chris, from London Heresy. You know, the kind of guy, the sort of beefy-to-looking guy. So he, perfect. He's got, like, the gas mask like the rest of my um, guys have. So that was cool. Um, I then uh, painted <coughs> a, a Death Corps of Cree command squad, which I don't think I mentioned last month. I was looking back through the stuff. So that's all painted now. So that's got I've got a little command squad, platoon command squad to add. I am um, actually currently painting a Death Corps of Cree squad. As we yeah, they really, uh, yeah, for Nikki's 40k Nikki's, armor. Yeah. They because really are fantastic models. I like them to bits. They've stood the test of time. Yeah, they, how long they, they've, those particular models have been around. Yeah, they really do look the business. So I really liked painting them. Um, and then I did, so I did two. I painted her twice, rather unfortunately. So I bought the Severina Rain figure, and I thought because I saw her, I thought, hey, she would look spectacularly good as a um force commander from the cults and militia yeah. um yeah and i like the model a lot i don't think they've overly you know they they haven't done they haven't fallen into the stereotypical women in kind of fantasy-esque mode you know, she looks like a commissar would look i think i think that's really good um and she's got a bit of if you look at her if you I don't know if you ever watched battlestar galactica um but she looks she's got the same face i think as um starbuck had oh uh, oh the new battlestar galactica yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously not 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 the bloke who was in the A team. Um, that would be a bit unfortunate, although he's a fine looking man, of course. Hey, he's um, great looking for a man. <laughs> not so great. He's not on a female commissar, to be fair. But um, anyway, she looks she looks like I so said I painted her, but what I did is I put her together wrong, which was really annoying because I made a really good job of painting her, and then realised I put her together wrong. She had a big gap in her tummy. So I tried to kind of fill the gap in her tummy up with some green stuff um, and then realised she looked pregnant, which was not a good look, really. Uh, so nobody's going to want a pregnant commissar. There's all sorts of questions that would arise from that. And secondly, it's probably massively um, dangerous to go into battle in that kind of fashion, though, you know, I'm sure people did. I, so, I with a pregnant woman, I wouldn't mess with her. No, but anyway, she looked, unfortunately, she looked very wrong. And, but anyway, I really kind of liked the figure, so I had to go and buy another one and paint another one that didn't look quite so freakish. But um, in so what I did was I actually then ended up with sort of two of these and decided, well, what can I do here? So what I did was uh, I managed to basically cut her in half in like a magician, um, and I was going to use the top part of her, which is perfectly fine, um, as a tank commander for my big super heavy. Oh, nice. So cool. she will be sticking out of the top cupola of the tank i thought that looked quite cool so not not a complete loss it was a bit gutting because it was actually one of the best models i painted and i had to cut it in half but just goes to show always kind of don't 
look at the instructions. Basically, if you do it, if we do assemble this figure, there's a bit where you, there's like a step, and it's not completely obvious how where you should put her cloak, and I put it in the wrong place and paid the price. So not only did I do that, right? We're already up to crazy territory. Um, I did five more grenadiers in my batch painting for them as well. So now I've got 30 grenadiers, which is as many as I want. Well, I've got another 10 to put together. And um, I also finished off my termite, which I finished off just the other day. Um, so that is that. And also my Thunderbolt, Thunder, Thunderbolt, yeah, Thunderbolt um, fighter. So an absolute crazy month of painting this month. I kind of got the Mimojo on and, and got to it. So um, that is my I've now got enough models painted to field an army, fully painted army with my kind of mixed solar and um, cults list. And going forward, I'm going to have enough to do plenty enough to do uh, a full militia army and enough to do a full um, solar army. Because I've actually um, somebody selling a job lot of solar auxiliary um, and I'm going to buy it off them. So more stuff. So nice. the whole point of a 3,000-point army has kind of gone out the window now, and now I've got about 8,000 points in two armies because that's what happens, isn't it? But <clears throat> at least they're actually getting painted. That's the main thing. So, yeah. yes, I have been proper busy. Nice. Good man. Good man. Good. What about yourself, Chris? <coughs> Sorry. <a little> bit. <coughs> Bear with me one second. Sorry. Uh, what about yourself, Chris? <laughs> Sorry. Small coughing foot there. So... Yeah, I've done stuff too. Not as much as you guys, but I've, I've, for me, I'm quite happy with myself. Uh, so I finally got my UR025 conversion done. Oh, yes. oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. I'm Very pretty nice. happy with it. It looks pretty cool. Uh, I had to re-glue a couple of bits because after I'd painted them, I managed to snap them off. Uh, oh. yes. Is he, is he the Mark Three or the Mark Two? He's Mark II. The, right, the Mark okay. One is... Uh, currently residing in landfill somewhere, I suspect. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he's turned out pretty good. I just kind of went crazy with some bits, mm. just stuck them on any old wear. The weapon, God knows what it properly is, but that's what it is. It's on there now. Nice. Um, so he's got enough bits that if I want to use him, and say he has a servo harness thing, yes. uh, machinator array. There are enough bits on him that look like he has a machinator array. Gotcha. Um, awesome. <clears throat> things like that. So he's been pretty good. All my Thalanx are assembled. All my Castellax are assembled. Ooh. And my Krios is uh, partially assembled. I'm going to paint it in stages um, because you can put the tracks on last. Right. So what I'll do is I'm going to paint the main that's sort of the the important bits first yeah because that's all going to be blacks and things and then the outside part is going to be the uh blue purple color that i'm using yes and that's okay. going to be brushed on so nice. what i'll do with that is so i haven't got to worry about taping off loads of stuff i'll just paint it and then attach those bits afterwards oh yeah so he's, he's he's two-thirds of the way there Cool. Yeah, my my Mechanicum army is pretty much pretty much assembled for where it is for where it needs to be. So Throne of Skulls is what six weeks for us. So yeah. Oh, um, Throne of Skulls. Yeah, I forgot to mention I did the um the uh, Delegatus as well, didn't I? Oh yeah, I did. You did. Little B. Yeah. Uh, 
But that was an emergency model because Dave was like, yeah, you're taking Deathshroud and they're in Tartaros. You need to get a Tartaros Delegatus. I was like, oh, all right then. Fair enough. Okay. But yeah, six six weeks away, so I haven't got any, you know, I've gone to events before where, you know, the night before I leave, I'm painting stuff. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be the case unless, you know, something severely goes wrong between now and then. Got you. Touch what it went. I am going to make a small, I am on the slight scrounge oh, okay. uh, for some parts, yes. which is the new 40K and Heresy sort of infantry flight stands. <clears throat> Okay. The Atari have them, and some of the new 40k models have them, so they're slightly curved. Oh, yeah, if you try Wargame Trading or something, because lots of people have been... They came with the new suppressors Yeah. Um, for Shadow Spear, and a lot of people have been putting them onto, well, standing, yeah. which is modelling for advantage, but, you know. Yeah, no, it's, it's fair. I just... My Ursrax, I got them secondhand, and some of the pose like the, the way they stand on the bases they look awkward so i thought i can probably get away with them if i put them so they're like they're, they're jumping yeah oh, yeah nice <laughs> they are jumping that, tree yeah that, that will put you at a disadvantage which is exactly which is fine which yeah. is yeah i thought but yeah because they've been green stuffed on so i've got to take all the green stuff out and even if I then level them off, they're going to look like they're leaning back too far. Yeah, I'm with you. So they just, I just need some other way of, of posing them on the on the battlefield that looks looks the part. And I think getting them in in midair is uh, is, is going to be the best way to do that. That looks so, cool. So like, yeah, yeah. I'll look at that website. And, but if anyone yeah. listening and has that, some of those going uh, going begging, I will happily pay a reasonable price. Yeah, you go. Know, half a dozen of them very cool might even be worth checking in some of the primara space marine groups as well oh, oh that's, that's not so rolling i don't want to be going in there <clears throat> well no because no, that's they, they they come with the inceptors uh, the in, inceptors and they come with the um suppressors um right. and um a lot of people don't like them um for various reasons i mean i'm not the biggest fan of them but Okay. Yeah, but uh, a lot of people with the Shadow Sphere box have been modelling them um, on normal legs. Right, because they what, stick out too high, and so therefore they can don't get as much cover. Well, they think they look a little bit weird because they're jump infantry um, with uh, with with big auto cannons. And they're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, they look quite cool personally, but that's just my twisted sense of fun, I suppose. So do I. So do I. Okay. Anyway, anyway, so I'll, I'll go. And what I'll see what about, I, yeah, yeah. What about games? Has anyone played anything this month? I'm, yes. I, 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 I haven't. I know. Wouldn't I have. Gone. Yeah, I've played two games, but I haven't. Yes, that would have been spectacularly good and somewhat surprising. I, uh, the only, the only person on the podcast who actually plays this game, it would appear. Um, so I had a. <laughs> I had the long gaming day at Darren Raiders uh, a couple of weeks back, so it was on a Sunday, um, and I managed to, to uh, blag a game against uh, Paul Briggs, who was is fairly new to Heresy, played 7th edition, um, and uh, well, I think he used to play at the Sunderland Club. Um, he did, yeah, yeah, he's a nice yeah, guy. He is. Really nice so, guy. Uh, so I took, because um, obviously I, I didn't have my 
militia painted fully so i didn't want to take that and um i didn't want to take my iron warriors because there isn't really a lot of fun in the iron warriors uh, if i'm honest so i took my ever reliable uh, world eaters because they're a bit more fun they're a bit crazy and they got more role play value i think um and uh, that was against his space wolves so space wolves and, and me are generally don't go on particularly well they are always much you know i tend to lose quite heavily to them uh, but we had an absolutely cracking game um very close uh, but it was just that kind of general brutality and uh, as paul's quite new to the game as well it was good kind of like a demo game for him just to sort of you know just confirm some of the rules he already knew anyway to be fair and um, so it wasn't as if it was a you know came as a complete surprise some of this stuff um but yeah so it was a good good fun game i really enjoyed it um it was nice to get the death guard out again and get those crazy not death guard the world eaters out again and get them crazy so-and-so's kicking ass um but yeah good to good to see, have a game um thoroughly enjoyed it so and paul was a really good player as well and really we had a really good time so i hope he enjoyed it as much as i did so yeah definitely yeah, was, it, let me guess has he gone for space wolves yes yes space wolves. <laughs> he has got space wolves yes yeah so, yeah and very nice they look too actually a lovely banner on one of his guys which is on the uh, edge of empire i think you freehanded a really nice banner so um i think that's on the edge of empire facebook page awesome awesome wow. brilliant so yeah uh, did you say you had another game as well or no that, that was that it one? just the one unfortunately one. i was going to have a game uh this coming this for friday gone but uh unfortunately work got in the way cursed them so um i've got a game coming tuesday instead yes that's all yeah perfect okay awesome uh all right so uh what about uh what, what what's up next uh it is um hobby commitments for next month so yes what are we committing to doing in the, over the next four weeks okay i mean well, we'll say commitments <laughs> <laughs> it's not really an either or commitment it's generally I, uh, means you're gonna do something i need to well i need to finish this mechanicum stuff because yeah event uh, just on that do, is there a, a deadline for list submission no I you take know. the lists you might you take the list there pretty sure you just take the you hand the list in okay that seems on the day I, I did, do you know what i was going to check that myself because i was thinking where do the tickets come from we've definitely bought the tickets and really lads i just wasn't quite sure what, where i think they're like an electronic ticket thing now and i just just the other day i started panicking but that's fine carry on nothing to see here Move along, please. Yeah, because obviously, yeah, I don't know what the didn't know what the deal was. I've never done a GW event, so cool. Uh, yeah, I believe it. If I remember correctly from the notes, you just you just turn up and hand it in on the day. Okay, that sounds that seems prone to exploitation of the highest order. Yeah, I think that they don't. Yeah, I don't know how much effort they put into actually looking at the lists, but yeah, I guess they must do a quick. Uh, Right, cracking. A quick, a quick spin through them just to make sure they're legal. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know what happens next. So you could be playing a completely illegal list and not know about it, to be honest with you. But um, I think there's a go. degree of they expect players to please themselves. Right. I, I'll, okay. I'll do my best not to laugh at that. Uh... Well, we're all grown ups. We're not exactly 40k <laughs> players who who look for every exploit and. Uh, and take the, the the worst lists possible. Valdor's 125 points, and I'm taking 15 of him. Okay. So, Michael, yes, just to clarify, I 
I've got the ticket for Mark, for Chris and myself, and then you you're gonna you went with Dave, didn't you? Yeah, Dave's got the ticket, um, and we bought the accommodation. That's correct. We paid for the accommodation. Right. Sorry about that, people. We just just had a minor panic. Then I was thinking, <gasps> I haven't got Michael a ticket, but of course Dave's got the ticket already, and we're paying for the accommodation. So we're yeah, because I, I I'm teaming up with our good friend Dave Simpson. Um, yes. who, uh, I, I don't know if he's figured out if he can take the Atropos yet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. His plan is to take the Atropos, but it depends on whether on how they interpret the rules. Well, it's um, a bit of an interpretation that one, isn't it? I've got to say, it's like it's one of those things up to two thousand points or something, isn't it? Or you know, you can only have one every two thousand points, or is it are, you can only have they, one after two thousand points? Are they counting the whole army or just his half of the army? Well, I think. Well, I think it's worked out to be just your army, is your half of the army? Yeah, it is. But I think, yeah. I think all it says is it's a zero-one choice up, but you can only have one every two thousand points. I think yeah. that's the, the kind of um, the the shenanigan there. Uh, quick look, see. We'll see. Is okay, so, the... yeah. so that'd be yeah, next month. Go scary stuff. Uh, do you know what? I'm I'm kind of I've got three lists in on on plan right, and. The, Part of me, I don't know what to do, if I'm honest with you, and I was wondering whether we should... We'll have another show before we do this, won't we? Is there another show before we go? Yes, there to... is. Okay, well, maybe we should go through our lists then, then, um, because I'm just not... Just, I don't... I don't I, yeah, I don't know whether... So one list feels pretty brutal, the other list feels slightly brutal, and the other one is a bit meh. But I don't know which one to go for, guys, if I'm honest. I'm having a crisis of confidence. As your teammate, let me tell you there's only one choice in that situation. Is it is it full on? <clears throat> I, I wouldn't pull any punches. That's that's what I've heard. You're gonna have to do some of the work because I'm not sure how good this is going to be. <laughs> um, Twelve hundred and fifty. Go on, Michael. Yeah, no, it's a. Uh, yeah, have a look at the list and we'll talk about them next month, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that next month. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll sort it out. So, what about your hobby commitments then this month, uh, So Graham? this month, I'm hoping to get my storm hammer super heavy done okay. nice so i want to put that together um i think i don't know whether i'm kind of in the mood for i've been doing quite a lot of painting uh, recently so um i want to kind of keep that momentum going uh i've got 10 militia to put together and another lehman russ uh so i might put those together and paint those but currently for the first time in a long time i haven't got anything to actually paint um that's not been assembled so i'm gonna to have to start assembling now and then do some more painting i think but nice so that's cool um i think i need to also look at some of so one of the tanks that i'm arming and are about taking to throne of skulls is the whirlwind scorpius this is one of the first models that i painted for the iron warriors so it's a little bit scruffy even by my standards so um i'm i'm not quite sure to strip it down um and start again with it um, or just whether I can do some minor touching up uh, to bring it into line with the rest of the army. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, cool. Uh, okay, for myself, um, I want to do my Grave Wardens um, for the Death Guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to do some Destroyers for the Death Guard. I've got them built, um, and they've got a Rhino to go with them as well. Okay, um, not jetpack destroyers then. No, no, no. The the way I figure it is, well, in the fluff wise, that although yeah, the the Death Guard are like all legions, they've got something of everything. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, they don't do 
assault squads that that they're not that big on assault squads you yeah. know because they they prefer the the the, the marching infantry so yeah. i've sort of gone with a no no jet infant no jetpack infantry uh kind of thing cool um i suppose chucking them in a in a rhino is no bad thing actually because you can still shoot the missile launcher thing out of the back out of the top hatch can't you if you don't yeah so i i've put them in a i've put them in a rhino um they've got two missile launchers because it's obviously two separate two i've bought two separate squads um and we'll we'll see whether they're Mm. any good or not i don't know in uh on foot but i'd like them to be yeah i I can't see it being too bad to me too yeah yeah, and I've got a derelict manufacturer which has been sat under my desk since Christmas. Is that? Uh, I can't remember what that key is. Is it a manatee-approved version naming one, or is it? Is it before? Is it an older kit? <clears throat> no, no, it's a, it's a new kit. Obviously, manatee named. It's a <laughs> derelict factory. Yes, fair enough. <laughs> I think I'm going to start uh, finding manatee facts, and every time we talk about manatees, I'm just going to, I'm going to educate the listeners about them i think okay fair enough. enough fair enough okay so that is uh what we've been up to this month so shall we move on to uh state of the union then guys let's yeah. do it yeah Now we move on to State of the Union. So this is where we go through the things that have happened in the last four weeks in the heresy and attached areas uh, relating to Games Workshop that we think are, are relevant to the, the conversation. So let's get the ball rolling. And we're going to start with the release of The Solar War. So Warhammer Community published an article previewing the limited edition, which does look absolutely amazing. Um, the oh, cover yeah. it, the, it just looks brilliant, doesn't it? It's, phenomenal, it's, phenomenal. He's, he's using the the hyperbole language, but he's mm. not he's not far wrong as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Um, it does look it did look epic. The only problem with it is that a it sold out really quickly. Yeah. And b a lot of those copies that were were sold very quickly suddenly appeared on auction sites that have four letter words. And the first one is E uh, for ridiculously inflated prices, um, which is a shame because I think that would have, you know, that yeah. a lot of people, which is understandable because I think, yeah, there was, especially with there something was almost, as special as yeah. this, there were there were riots, <laughs> but then people were massively unhappy, and you know it's it's yeah the end of, you know it's a it's a big deal. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I'd have loved to have got my hand on this, a copy of this. I did toy with the idea of of, of trying to get one on the day. Just thought, a just to have that on a bookshelf, mm. which is just amazing. I wasn't too worried about everything else that you know the the, the sign bit, but just the look of that book, you know, in our um in the narrative that we have for this year's events, you know, that's how I picture the books that that we reference that we talk about in that yeah that's how i imagine and, and, okay and that, right yeah if you see what i mean yeah I'm trying not to i'm trying to be yeah I'm with you without giving the story yeah, away without giving the story away uh that's kind of how i imagine those to be and i just i literally i thought this is amazing but 
Yeah, so Games Workshop have had to make some changes for how they're going to be releasing these now. So it's they're only going to be on Games Workshop website because there was a big thing about how they were on multiple websites at the same time and not all released in the same country at the same time, I believe, Michael. Is that the case? Uh, yeah, but obviously different. Uh, each country had its own allocation. Sure. Okay. So, yeah, each country had its own allocation. It was sold um, at, 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 the t- at 10 a.m., for whatever point i think um america you know 10 a.m for those countries so for new zealand it was like 10 a.m at uh at our 10 a.m or 11 a.m or uh, sorry 11 p.m or something uh the night before because everyone who were like you know all the big games workshop fans will go onto the new zealand site at uh, that time of the morning i never thought uh uh, and check and check and uh check it out um and i think in america it goes on sale at 10 a.m los angeles time <clears throat> Still so that's, um, so, yeah that's quite cool but yeah they've, so they've, they've changed the uh the, the rules for how you you buy this because of you know the backlash and because i think they realized that actually what they you know they kind of got it wrong on this occasion so going forwards it'll be one uh one uh copy per account mm. uh so there's still an uh, an area for exploitation i guess you yeah, know, you you could be running, you know, if you've got more than one device, you know, you might be able to get sort of two or three at the same time if you're clever about it. Um, but I think, yeah. you know, you won't see people. You know, no one's going to be able to buy ten copies and shove no. nine of them on eBay. No, uh, I think, I mean, yeah, you could. And they were at least they were open and honest about it and, and yeah. realised that that was the. I think that's good actually. I think it's good that they've done something about it as well to sort of going forward to prevent it from happening again. But I think you know having one per account. You're right. It's not going to deter deter the hardcore scalper um, because they just run multiple accounts. But yeah. it's harder to do and it's more hassle. Whereas anybody you know who happened to be first on the site could buy ten copies, um, you know, pick up one for how much it was going for twenty quid, then sell the rest for you know a huge amount of money. Uh, was and, it fifty quid? A few quid. Is that how much it was? Fifty quid for a book? Blimey! Yeah. So they could double their money on you know each one basically. Well, some of them were... with a tidy price. <laughs> some of them been selling for three hundred quid so yeah at least they've stopped that now but or at least they've made it harder to do now let's put it that way so um hopefully with that in mind the people who want the book will be able to get the book and not have to go through second-hand market yeah 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 well obviously the problem is if you are a collector you're going to end up paying those prices if you really want it are they going to yeah. release any more of these? Or is that basically yeah? That was every something? every Siege Terror novel apparently is going to have a limited edition like this. No, oh, right. So the, what I'm saying is the limited edition has been limit has been the the um, number of books they're going to limit to that edition has been sold. They're not making any more of this particular no, book. They're not making any more. Oh right. Wow. But there may there, there will be some more going on sale at another point when you know the, the, there were various allocation issues that caused okay. them to sell out before. You know, the, before uh, they were sold out. So uh, yeah. apparently there will be some more going on sale when the normal edition goes on sale um, okay. in so May. There's still a chance you may can get a nice version of this if yeah. you if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. Small chance that you might be able to get 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 the limited edition version of this. Small okay. chance. So um, not only so that was what Games Workshop were doing. So I'm glad they've done some bit. They also yeah, this month Games Workshop ran a prize draw. Uh, for subscribers to their three newsletters for Games Workshop, Forge World, and Black Library. 
The prizes are a £200 mystery box containing rare and limited edition swag, one assumes from one of three, whatever one you signed up for. So I've obviously signed up for the Forge World one on the off chance that I'll get £200 of mystery swag. Here's the thing, right? I've never known anybody to ever win anything like this, ever. Well, they um, must do. Oh, I'm I sure have. they must do. Oh, do I, have. I went through a period uh, a few years ago uh, when I was bored uh, <laughs> because I couldn't I couldn't paint at night because uh, because the, 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 I was uh, the, my in-laws had moved in with us at the t- for a pr- brief period uh, and we were in this tiny two bedroom flat. So I literally spent um, hours on my on my laptop in the room because I, I hate my in-laws Um <laughs> I absolutely hate them, and it's all okay. right because my wife doesn't even speak to them anymore. So okay, yeah, fair enough. Okay, uh, <laughs> you know she realizes that they're terrible people as well. Um, <laughs> there is a story behind it. Uh, there is, I, 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 that's, yeah, that's fine. There, there are certainly, but I'm not gonna, Families are complicated. Trust yeah, me. Families are complicated. Anyway, um, yeah. So I I spent ages just uh, looking at competitions and entering various competitions, and I literally paid for a whole Christmas out of competitions. Um, winnings. Uh, I got my first iPad as a competition win. Well, blow me down. There uh, you are, Graham. You have been proven incorrect. I totally I, wrong. I got tickets for the football. You know the uh, what was it called at the time? The Juicens Vars, or you know they just had to find the, off the, the FA Paint Trophy. The, yeah. Or, the, or uh, was it the Paint Trophy? Yeah, it was a it trophy. Used to be the Johnson's Paint Trophy. It's the check- yeah, Johnson's Paint Trophy. That was it. Yeah. JP um, yeah day. and um the 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 uh it's now a checker trade trope uh, vase or whatever yes. checker trade uh, trophy yeah 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 i i, I won ticket to the final for that which my brother took my nephew to um that like the portsmouth one graham and sunderland sadly bottled it we don't um, care about sunderland you don't no, he don't doesn't know. you don't michael <laughs> no, i know a man that does i'm a journey <laughs> <sighs> but, but yeah no um yeah I, I i won loads of competitions uh uh it was great i even won a um i even won um tickets to the pet shop boys which was marvelous okay okay hang on a second you entered a competition to win tickets to see the pet shop boys yes very good okay i like yeah. the pet shop boys what's wrong with the pet shop man. no no i just i just i you know sometimes <laughs> someone says something and it just it catches you <laughs> Oh, you think you know? You know? You think? Oh, yeah. That's it, that's never a sentence I thought I would hear you no, say. You're right. You are right. I, I never pick, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. No. Um, I, you know, they're an influential band. I mean, I have no problem with them. I just never thought that you would say, "Yep, I entered a competition to win the Pet Shop Boys to win not win the Pet Shop Boys to win tickets <laughs> to see the Pet Shop Boys." I no, can sure. counteract it by making it something worse. I also got tickets to see uh, Katy Perry. Yeah, but I can understand. I would buy tickets to see Katy Perry. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily listen to her, but I would certainly get paid to see Katy Perry. And, and, oh. Santa- and Santana as well. That, he was oh, no, that's a different game altogether. Well, anyway. that's bizarre. Anyway, anyway that's yeah, yeah. Uh, <coughs> our normal tangent uh, think, veering two of them. quota is, is, has been exceeded for the one episode. But yes, that is, I must admit, it is uh, one of those things where somebody says something and you think, oh, wow, I didn't really listen. Didn't put you down for that. Anyway, so what's next so limited edition swag i've no idea what 200 pound of limited edition swag from forge driver look like but if you listener happen to be the recipient of this bag of swag or know somebody who won a bag of swag we would love to know what was in the bag of swag 
Yeah. Okay. It's a lot of towel t-shirts that they still got lying around. <laughs> I reckon though the Horus Heresy coasters would be in there. They've got to be. Well, yeah, you'd have thought so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Black Library have uh, unveiled the Lords of Terror, the authors who are going to be producing the Siege of Terror book. So uh, we got a lovely photo, uh, which uh, you know looked like they were about to drop some sort of prog rock rock uh, album uh, in the article. I paid um, to listen to that. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we've got the books. The last seven books of the series will be written by um, Dan Abnett, Aaron Dembski bowden uh, John French, Guy nice. Haley. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, Gaff Thorpe and Chris Raitt. Uh So that means uh, John is going to be writing uh, one more novel. <clears throat> And at least one other uh, author will be writing an, a, a second book. So, mm. I, I, so sh- I should think that'd be Abnet. You'd, you'd think he'd get. I reckon Abnet will get the last book myself. Yeah. I don't he'd think do he'll that. write another one in there. Aaron Dembski Bowden is. There's no way he's going to be writing another book. Um, he's a very slow writer. Um, nothing wrong with that. It, you know, it's his style. It's um, and it Consider. gets results. It gets results. Yeah. Um, I reckon it's going to be Guy Halley. Okay. Because he writes like he's a demon writing machine. I mean, have you seen the amount of books he publishes each year? It's no. quite it's quite a number. It's unholy. <laughs> Maybe he is a demon unholy. writing machine. It really yeah. is a demon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is a demon. Um, okay, so uh right, so yeah. Um, Maybe he has a million monkeys in cages. Perhaps, Possibly, yes. Perhaps. Now, right. we do know there are going to be some shorts and novellas written around the siege because uh, our good friend uh, Gray McNeil confirmed that he is writing a short story about the crew of the Sicilian. A Sicilian, Sicilian, I can't pronounce the name of that ship. Uh, it's got some Raving Guard, Iron Hands, and uh, Salamander. Salamander. Oh, that, that, that ship yeah. that was in uh, Angel Exterminatus. Yes, it was. Yeah. so they're going to be be coming back um because obviously graham mcneil has got a full-time job writing uh games for uh league of legends uh well not writing games but writing you know the background for league of legends so um obviously he can't write a full book but yeah he's definitely writing a short didn't know that yeah works with laurie goulding okay yeah uh okay so what else has happened so uh, Black Library have killed off the coming soon page. It sort of just disappeared in 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 the dead of night. Um, but it's all been uh, changed, hasn't it? It's now going to be on Community, I think. They've yeah, yeah, they, the they last couple it, of days. They, they put it back on Community uh, <clears throat> yesterday. Yeah, so so, which has kind of been, I, I'm not surprised by that because I know that the Community likes to be the one that releases all the all the news if it can. So that'd be that'd be good, but yeah, I guess that makes sense, doesn't it, from their point of view? Yeah, try and keep it in one channel. Yeah, so that'd be that's a good little change, but I think everyone was a bit concerned when it suddenly disappeared. Yeah, yes. yeah. <clears throat> there was a lot of worry that uh, you know about that because back in the bad old days, you know, we used to have to to figure out on Amazon. Yeah. Um, usually, it always ended up on Amazon Germany first. What were the next books coming out? Okay. Well, bullet dodged there yeah definitely um we also got a preview of the book that's now out, the malevolence uh, book on warhammer community uh the contents page being put up and a bit of information about the campaign system 
um, included the army lists, along with confirmation that it was going to be for pre-order on the 29th. So up and away, and people have been having copies of it and all sorts. So that's a done deal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Schools Alliance uh, has gotten a rebrand as the Warhammer Alliance. Uh, it's getting new resources and website. Now, obviously, it's not really heresy, uh, but new players, they need to start out somewhere. And I know some of our listeners are teachers. So, right. you know, I'm sure they'll be interested in it. And they later announced that they're going to be working with the Scouts uh, and they're sponsoring a model maker activity badge. Oh, that's pretty cool. How's so, the Scouts bit? Oh, yeah. yeah. So the Scouts oh, yeah, are now. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, the scouts it's a cool are now little, working. Nice little badge, isn't it? It is, it is, it is. Uh, I mean, I was, I was, you know, annoyed that because when I was a kid, I did the Duke of Edinburgh award, uh, got me gold. Never met the Duke of Edinburgh though. I met, uh, pr- was it Princess Margaret, his his daughter? Um, when I got my gold award. Um, uh, Anne. Anne, that's the one. Yeah, Margaret's Margaret was his sister-in-law. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, that's right. um, I'll, I'll, I'll be the royal correspondent. <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've got a. I've, my mum's got the. My mum's got the photo somewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, you can do the Duke of Edinburgh part of your Duke of Edinburgh award at Games Workshop. All right. Oh, and it's like, cool. Yeah, that is that's that's mental. I wish I I wish that had been when I was a kid. Really yeah. do. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that that's that's awesome. So I'm sure we've got parents out there uh, who yeah. listen to the show. Well, I know we've got parents who listen to the yeah. show. Um, you know, get your kids a scout and they can do some Warhammer. They might even get into the hobby if they're not been interested yeah. in previously. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's, that's a good thing, isn't it? It's a good, good bit of um, marketing there. Well, it's not only but, marketing. It, it's, for it's lack put- of a better phrase, get them young. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah it's, put- thing, it's, it? it's putting it into the – it's putting the, the, the game out into the community and that's that can only be a good thing because uh the more okay. of the game that gets put out into the community the better <clears throat> so let's just have okay. a quick look at the um the warhammer alliance so at the heart of this offer they send out a free activity pack that they send to eligible clubs compromising miniatures paints brushes and modeling tools to get your young people started as, as well as guidebook filled with painting and game activities um so that's pretty cool uh, good, yeah that's, that's a, really a, good for teachers a, really a really good little I mean, uh, the, there's a picture of the. Hmm. If you look in the Scouts article, um, the they've got a picture of the kit that they send out to schools there. Now I know people yeah. who do. Um, I know people who who had this kit uh, through schools. Um, I've got uh, I've got a few teachers who are friends, and I've sort of encouraged them to do this. And um, yeah, they get yeah. they do get quite quite a decent set there. I mean, it's just the easy build stuff, but it starts somewhere and if you can i mean it, it might sound completely daft but if you can get kids interested in something like warhammer you can suddenly start teaching them stuff that they might have said in school you know it's always the thing when you're in maths less lessons you'll say what's the point in learning all these statistics stuff what's the point in learning about probabilities you know when am i ever going to use this and actually you can start to translate those skills into yeah. warhammer when you're faced with will- 20 night lords with <laughs> murder whatever it is and you're trying to work out the the potential talent of you surviving murder. talent yeah, for murder yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when it comes in handy kids yeah exactly that's yeah. when you need it <laughs> that's when you need to know your maths yeah math, math hammer your probabilities out um i think it's a good good thing and it's interesting actually we'll probably come on to it a bit later on when we talk about um how we got into the hobby ourselves i think that would segue yes, quite nicely definitely definitely so uh over to you then graham uh, so we had um, a nice little article explaining a bit about the new uh, Cygnus Prime display at Warhammer World. 
Uh, it's got uh, got Michael quite excited about going to see it soon, which, of course, we'll do with Throne of Skulls. Uh, the most notable thing about the article is, is it confirmed that the Sagrinus is going to be up for pre-order on the 29th as well as Book 8. So that was basically just uh, some more gubbins around that. So a new display, you say. Let's have a little look-see at this. Oh, that does look pretty cool. Really cool. Yeah, it, yeah does. it does look nice, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, really, really nice. Is that a Thunderhawk uh, flying in the background? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah, that's a big old display, isn't it? I just said over to over to you, Graham, and it was Chris's turn. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> I, 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 I just do what I'm told. You know, I'm, I follow your orders, Michael, to the letter. Yep. I like that. It's good. Uh, that absolutely. Nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are they fighting <laughs> demons down there? Yeah, it's all yeah, corn it's, demons. Yeah, this prime. Corn oh, and cool. Slanesh demons. Nice. <clears throat> Fear to Tread. It's a good book. If you want to listen to something next or or read a book next, yeah, Fear to Tread is a really good It's a really good book to read. Okay. Yeah, J- James Swallow book. It's really, really good. Um, definitely well worth it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Very good. Okay. Uh, so, fear to tread, you say, gents? Yeah, fear to tread. As okay. in, where angels fear to tread. Oh, Sanguinius so yes. being an angel. Nice. All right. Exactly. Uh, so Horus Heresy Legions is coming to Steam on PC, and Ever Guild have granted us a preview copy, have they? Yeah, they 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 sent me a, a Steam key. Uh, for it so uh, okay. I, need, I need to get i need to sort out how to get you guys oh, playing it as well at, but... look at us promoing stuff now yeah um, <clears throat> I, i've had a little what, play in it it's basically what is it and how do i play it it's, like it's, a card the, game. it's the card game it's on the uh, mobile can uh, i get, can i get it on my ipad that's the question yes you can get it on your ipad it's really really good um mm. it's a fairly you know it's got play to win elements in it but you don't yeah. have to pay uh you don't you don't have to put any money in it's it's a it's a fun little card game um it was out last year um it's quite good it's just obviously now on pc did, so did we not at some point uh, i'm sure i've downloaded this before you know i think yeah we i think we were gonna ipad yeah we were yeah gonna, uh, yeah i did i tell you what we should we should definitely all of us have a good proper player now i'll play in the pc version although i think it's now available uh, for everyone, yeah, I've, 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 uh, I've just hit download on my iPad, so we'll I'll yeah. give it a spin on that over the next we'll, few weeks. We'll, we'll talk about it more. It's actually a, it's actually quite a lot of fun. So okay. yeah, no, it's something to do with my ten minute train journey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've, I've, I've played that um, the uh, Warhammer Con- 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 um, Champions game, which I like. Oh yeah, you, yeah, got, yeah, you bought that thing, didn't you? Yeah, there's a. A, a um, mobile version of that, which is a bit pay to play to win. E, and you can get it on Steam as well now. All right, cool. So there you go. Very we'll, good. We'll, we'll give we that actually, a spin. We actually have to play the physical card game at some point, Graham. Yes, I really like that game. Actually. Yeah, so, so anyway, we'll set <coughs> up. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so back to me, I guess now. Um, yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, Warhammer TV, they've released uh, two Siege of Terror interviews. Uh, one with John French, the other with Guy Halley, and they talk about the background to writing the siege novels um, and how they're going to work. You know what, what what kind of themes they're going for. Um, very interesting bit of background. We'll put links to them in the show notes. So go ahead and watch them if you are interested in, you know, well, Horus Heresy, the Siege of Terror. Okay. So yeah. Very cool. Now it's uh, over to Chris. <laughs> now it's over to Chris. Right, I'm glad, glad we got that. So, studio preview at Adepticon came uh, and had very little to, uh, relevant to Heresy, which isn't entirely unsurprising. However, uh, we did get 
especially the new Slanesh stuff. So okay. given the fact that the Ruin Storm is now in our hands, uh, yeah. it's certainly more relevant than it was two weeks mm. ago. Uh, so we've got the the first look at the new Keeper of Secrets, yes, which you can get, uh, and the promo video for it, which was uh, the, the the fifty shelves of grey video. Was I quite- really thought that was very funny. Did yeah, I, I I thought it was funny as well. Yeah. Did you see it, Chris? I did, and I yeah, it, I, I, it, uh, it it captured it captured the moment. I mean, it captured my hobby. Basically, <laughs> it's basically I was gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yes, mine yes. as well. Sometimes, you know, well, the, the, you know, the first time Annie saw the collection, and it was basically just like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is it. This is how we. This is how it lives. It lives in grey, and then <laughs> some of it gets picked up and painted, and occasionally, you know, more than one thing. Yeah, there's more than one colour on it. Yeah. Well, I thought that was a pretty clever piece of marketing. Do, you want to see? do yeah. we actually know what that is? Has that been revealed yet? Well, what that it's, magic some, it's something, is? To, something to do with the paint range. We know that. Um, okay. it, there's rumours that it could be the return of some of the Forge World colours, uh, <laughs> like Sons of Horus Green, which we're pretty certain is coming back uh, based on the Horus Heresy Weekender. Um, or uh, <coughs> a lot of people are assuming it's a Citadel Airbrush. Hmm. But they said it would make things be painted quicker, didn't they? Yeah. So the airbrush sounds. Airbrush be a, a air, fresh out. Airbrush and expansion of the airbrush range of paints. Maybe now. they're teaming up with um, the same guys that did that one. Uh, what are they called? The Cult of Paint one that everyone um, was talking about a few weeks back. Maybe they've they've. Hard on Yeah. Well, I am. Well, uh, I'm not assuming that Games Workshop are gonna go out. And you know, develop their own airbrush. They're gonna they're gonna work with an existing company to yeah. build yeah. to build that. But I, if we do get a Games Workshop airbrush, I'm pretty sure it'll just say Citadel on it. They might yeah. mention in White Dwarf for a community article. By the way, we worked with this established company like Badger or um, <laughs> or Hudson Sandbag or some other uh, you know company that that, that does, makes airbrushes. Iowata, for example. Um, they might mention, oh, we've worked with such and such company, but I, I think if we get a, ga- a, a Games Workshop airbrush, it'll be branded Citadel Airbrush or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be one of those things where they just rebadge something that's already yeah. in existing. Yeah, item yeah I mean, they just put the Citadel badge on it and say it's a Citadel airbrush. Yeah, because I mean, the brushes that they make, the Citadel brushes, are made by, um, I can't remember, but they are quite a high end brush company. Um, right. The, the oh, Art um, Windsor Newton, or whatever it is. The artificer brushes are made by Windsor and Newton. Yeah, okay. the, the the really expensive artificer, but I can't remember who the who makes the generic generic oh, one. I didn't, you know, I did not know that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't realise it until until I was told by um I can't remember who it was. It was one of the guys at uh, one of the guys at uh, Warhammer Fest. Okay. Um, cool. At the um yeah, it was one of the painters at Warhammer Fest. It might have been Giuseppe. Okay. Like being happy uh, Warhammer Fest, and it was like, uh, and I just asked a question. So why do you use the Citadel brushes? Because a lot of pro, you know, a lot of the, the professional painters say that they're good. And I was, <coughs> well, I'm using the Artificer brushes, and they are made by that Windsor and Eaton. Okay. So fair mm, enough. Who knows? Talking um, of brushes, I did buy the Citadel water pot. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It what? is quite good, actually. Yeah, I was yeah. in Games Workshop and I bought some black spray. Oh, you I can't go in there. there without. You have to can't go into Games Workshop and not come out with more than one thing, is that it? Uh, it was just there, and I thought, <laughs> oh, you know what? 
yeah, is your painting any better because of it you have a specialized <clears throat> well, i've only used it briefly just to try it out the other day because huh? mostly everything at the moment is just going through the airbrush as we've been talking about sure. uh so once i get down to proper doing detail work on all my models we should test it out properly but <laughs> it's got little ribs and things to clean the brush a bit easier and make life easier for you so we shall see right. it, 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 i i i bought it because i what needed the wider base to stop the cat knocking it so easily yeah it's, it's, it's pretty cool so far but yeah yeah, yeah pretty cool do you know why uh, you put my water in cup no because i have a similar problem to you which is that i have dogs and dogs tails are really good at knocking things over so uh, I actually use uh, one of those uh, little ramekin things that you get with with um, high end cakes. Oh, so middle class. Ah, so middle class. Uh, middle. Uh, I use a Disarono <laughs> uh, little gla- novelty glass that was handcrafted. Uh, no, no, it's by it's a man with, in, in in Sicily. It's cut crystal. Uh, <laughs> you know, I do work in a certain luxurious trade, so you know I have a certain standard to uphold. <laughs> yeah, I can name where the, where the glass was was from and everything. Gotcha. All right. Fair. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, okay so uh, over to Graham now. Actually, we're talking about Adepticon. Uh, I was rather hoping that our um, pa- patron would be slightly better subscribed to. And I thought next year, guys, we're going to get enough to go to Adepticon. I think we're enough to spell the words Adepticon at this rate. Okay. A man can just keep playing the lottery. A man can dream. Absolutely. Uh, lots of people went, didn't they? Lots of other podcasts, for example, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Greg Greg was there. Um, What's the other? Vangirin Heresy? Weren't they there? Yes, I believe they were there. Is that, your, is that your chum, Freddie the Swede? Freddie yeah, Freddy was there. Freddie yeah. was there. Um, it's, it's, you know meeting with the boston crowd well, exactly yeah i mean but yeah exactly probably the mafia had had to have a hit done specially so they called him freddie the swede um <laughs> so anyway what's going back the, on, uh what's the r word that the americans use limey no there's a different word for swede wasn't there oh, rutabaga. Oh, rutabaga. that's it freddie the rutabaga freddie the rutabaga. <laughs> rutabaga okay black library live um this has been announced and is occurring on the 1st of June, which is annoying for Michael. Annoying. Yes, annoying. He's, he's put in here as it clashes with the UK Gaming Expo. All right, Michael, um, here's your 40-minute rant. Go. Yeah. So um, tickets are, went on sale. I'll, I'll, let, I'll read all the stuff that he's missing out on first. <clears throat> you can really get wound up. So tickets yeah. went on sale on the 6th of April, and they cost £15 each. Uh, people that Michael won't be seeing, uh, who are confirmed to be there, will be uh, William King, Chris rate gab thorpe the legend guy haley the white writing demon john french darius hinks phil kelly rachel harrison paul kane alex wally graham leon nate crowley and matt keith all of which will not have michael's company because he's at uk gaming expo so you even wrote a little little passive aggressive note to forge world on their um on their Facebook page, I noticed. Oh, Black, Black Library. Black Library. Black Library, sorry. Yeah. You were not happy, are you? No. No, no. I'm not, I'm not happy because it. the UK Game Expo is the premier gaming event in Europe that isn't... Um, that, that, that I'm not going to say the premier gaming event in Europe, but it, that isn't um, what you call it. The uh, one in Essen. Germany. Yeah. Yeah, Essen. And, um, yeah, it, it's like that's that's just really bad timing. Especially as Games Workshop are actually attending the UK Games Expo. 
got you. So um, I'm I'm annoyed because I would have I really wanted to go. Um, not much I can do about it, but <clears throat> complain and scream into the scream at the uh, 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 various people next time I go into Games Workshop. I'll just just start randomly screaming at people. You should just people saying, Why door. have you done this? Why yeah. have you done this? You could, like you, could, you could get Chris to help out with the custodies. I could make. <laughs> I don't know if I want to associate myself with complaints about the custodies. <laughs> might not do my cause. Might not, might not do my cause any good. Even even well, the army itself caused ruckus. Yeah. Even complaining about the army, the army itself causes even more problems. Oh, anyway, so uh, it's nice, to know, nice to know who your friends are, isn't it? That's, it. that's fine. But yes, yeah, so uh, it's, uh, it's 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 <laughs> I am I am. I, I am disappointed. <laughs> Will you pack it in? Sorry. Let the I, man finish. I am disappointed because I would have liked to have gone. You would have thought, consider, especially considering Games Workshop are running, you know, some tournaments at uh, the UK Games Expo. Oh, they right. might, they might have thought, oh, maybe some of our fans will be at the, you know, this this gaming show. Uh, you know, that's not too, it's not a million miles away that we're also running stuff at. Sure. Um, but didn't they do this with? Didn't they have the same problem when with Blood and Glory? There was some other thing going on. Yeah, Black Black Library uh, weekender was it the same weekend as Blood and Glory? Yeah. I, I I get it. There are only so many weekends in the year. You've got to you've got to use the um you've got to use the timetable that you've got. It's just as I annoying. say, annoying, annoying. Especially as stuff like it's like stuff like Blood and Glory, the the the, the UK Games Expo. The dates for that are known a year in advance. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair play. Anyway, so, all right, my 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 turn now. So, yes. right in the week leading to up to malevolence, uh, we saw an article about the Blood Angels uh, and some of the studio, uh, uh, the Blood Angels armies that the studio staff collect. Specifically, Michael Bax, the illustrator, and Chris Drew, the uh, designer of uh, Titanicus Titans. And um, yeah, so they were some quite nice armies. Obviously, Bax's army is one we're familiar with from Warhammer TV's Tale of Four Warlords. Um, very nice, uh, very nice painted army. Uh, very lovely. And uh, Chris Drew's got a few comments because he's this more of a 90s style red, orangey red. So okay. there are a few, few comments on that. Uh, I think it looks rather good myself. Um, Do you know what, isn't it? I'm just on that article. It seems like two different colors. When you click on the image, like the red becomes more red. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's if you're looking at it small, it looks more orange. Yeah. But if you're looking at it big, that because the the highlights are not quite as close. Oh, to yeah. It, if that makes any sense for for your yeah, eyes. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, but it's a it's a lovely looking army. Mm. I, it reminds me of that army I played at. Uh, was it? No, I didn't play it. Someone else had it. It was a 1990s style um, Blood Angels army. With, oh, that's with the, right. Yeah, yeah, the 90s style vehicles and the, and the and the and the very very 1990s orange highlighted army. It's such a nice <laughs> look. Um, yeah, did it have like weird colored bases, like old school base colors? Yeah, yeah, goblin, whole... goblin, goblin green bases. Yeah, I uh, see what you mean. Yeah, it's quite, quite orangey, isn't it? But um, it looks fantastic, like I mean, it does. I, I don't, I don't care. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the it's been explained. You know, the legions were huge. Uh, there would have been individ- there would have been color variations on in within individual co- companies for whatever reasons, traditions, mm. or whatever. It's all cool. And anyway, it it's an awesome looking army. 
Um, a fell blade looks particularly nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it does. Does. Uh, okay, okay. So uh, yeah. So Chris. Uh, so the second lot of five books in the Horus Heresy series were released as print on demand. That, as we said earlier, has now ended. Um, so for people that had missed out first time round in hardback, uh, they got a second chance to pick those up. Did Michael? Did you go for any of these? Uh, no, I get no. everything electronically. I I, yeah. I, pref- I prefer my books electronically because I just don't have room. I'd rather have the models. <clears throat> fair enough. No, like, he, like he likes his women electronic. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually ask an author uh, once um, which which format they actually get paid for most. Um, okay, yeah. They actually said they don't get paid any different for, for whatever. No, I don't oh, suppose okay. they do. I did read an interesting thing about the fact that you never actually own your um, uh, books if you buy them in digital format. So you, you kind of hire them long term. It, it was because of, um, you know, Microsoft's own version of amazon's or you know or or yeah amazon sort of books um they, they've stopped it right it, the service is no longer available but the people who bought books from them can no longer read their books well that, that's not, that, that was a kind of cloud service so yeah um yeah i but mean yeah. you're getting refunds for those because that's a particular exceptional yeah. circumstances they did say for that particular refunds. that particular service you didn't actually download the books at all Whereas with uh, Black Library, you're not using some sort of proprietary app. You literally download it in you, you EPUB down, or whatever. Yeah. You download the EPUB. You've got the physical file. Yeah. It's yours. I mean, technically, I suppose you could start sharing with all sorts of people. Yeah. Um, uh, but obviously, the, the, there is a. I don't think yeah. there is any DRM in them. But uh, not that we're saying you should share uh, with the wide world. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you get you get the files. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, fair enough. You, yeah. you probably do in the terms and conditions get some sort. Only get a license, but yeah. Anyway, once just out, once it's out in the wild, it's hard to. Yeah. True enough. Anyway, just thought I'd mention it. But yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Um. So yeah. Uh, we also got the obligatory April Fool's Day joke from Games Workshop. <coughs> There's a teaser video for a servo skull smart assistant, uh, voiced by Duncan Chortle. <laughs> <laughs> Was it you could type? questions in and they would be added to the list or whatever <clears throat> i think was the thing uh, right. okay i didn't look at this no it did yeah the, the the problem i think they always have when they do these things is they release them after 12 o'clock and the april april fools thing is 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 before 12 o'clock yeah i think they release it in time for the americans yeah which i think's you know yeah oh well Anyway, moving swiftly on to the next one. Okay, Boxcast, which is, for those of you who are unaware, is the official uh, Warhammer 40k podcast uh, with Wade Price. Um, This month had, uh, on one of its episodes, an interview with Dan Abnett. Now, um, he touched a lot on the the, the Horus Heresy, a bit of how the process works, how it, you know, what what they, as well as uh, his other 40k and even uh, Warhammer Fantasy uh, writing, um, but obviously quite a fascinating read, and there, there is quite a bit of Horus Heresy in there, so definitely recommend that uh, people give that a lot uh, a listen. Cool. Um, and I actually quite like Voxcast anyway, so. Yeah, but we didn't get the gig, so. No, no, I'm no, not no, listening no. to it after that. 
Yeah, they give it to an internal employee that smacks the favoritism. Favoritism, <coughs> right there. I did. Uh, there was that thing about saying doing the community page. Yes, I saw. I that. think it was, and yeah. I did. I did ask a question, but I, I think I was not directly from. But someone did say that it would mean I couldn't do this anymore. Yes. And uh, at that point, I was like, oh well, let's uh, let's, let's, let's dial that back. <laughs> let's not sell out to the man. <laughs> Our freedom of expression is more important. Exactly. I can't, you know, I wouldn't be allowed to tangent half as much. Well, no, and also that custodian stuff, there's no way on God's earth to be able to be reporting that with I'd have had to have told you it was all brilliant. Exactly. (laughs) Careful, we'll be on to Australian territory. Okay. Uh, Oh, goodness me. So, Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, do you want to do it all? Yeah, go on. I think I do, actually. <laughs> it's Chris. Yeah. Okay. No, feel free, my brother. No, no, let me give so... you a let me give you a gift. You can <laughs> do the next one. The gift of giving. Let me give you the gift of the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't, you know, out of sync. It's probably well known by now that this summer all games workshops will be rebranded to Warhammer. Of course, they saw that earlier in the year, um, or last year, where they started to rebrand some of the shops. They're now going to get rid of the games workshop familiar kind of logo and go for the warhammer brand and uh, they also unveiled this new logo which uh is a an eagle and uh and a hammer in a hammer format which does look remarkably similar to um foe foe breaker is it Plotarabo's hammer uh, yeah used to used to belong to um mr manus um there also there'll be a worldwide celebration of all things Warhammer coming up later this year as well. But we've got a total of three videos and being the new logo. Three videos, my word. Um, yep. So we can see those from the show notes. Uh, nice. Yeah. Hmm. Do, you, okay. uh, do you want to do the next Chris? one as well? No, no, you go. Go on. <clears throat> I'm assuming this isn't say we and not WWE because I can't imagine there'd be much wrestling in White Dwarf. But uh, yeah. we got some heresy content in White Dwarf this month. Not only was it guest edited by Forge World head honcho Tony Cottrell, mm. but it featured a weathering guide for vehicles and Legion painting guides from Mark Bedford. Plus, you got a free bu- bookmark from Munchkin Warhammer 40k, which good. I got when I bought the thing in my local shop, which is quite good. Uh, the interview with Tony Cottrell is quite enlightening, gives us a very interesting background to the foundation of Forge World and why they favour the art style they use in their books. I really liked that. Did you read the interview? Have you had a chance to read it? I did not, I will uh, admit. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's really, really good. good. Read. So when he says the art style they choose in their books. Well, you know, the the, 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 photo, the photographs they have. Because in obviously now they're changing that, aren't they, with malevolence? Well, yeah, there is. Because a, there's there, are, the, the, there are examples of, of drawings uh, appearing as opposed to the photo realistic images that we've seen more than in, in all the other yeah. ones he, that big um cygnus prime there are a, there are a couple of i mean they've always had some some artwork in there but there's a there's a bit more of it in malevolence that i've yeah. seen uh but yeah no the, <coughs> the you know the photo art style they use of the models yeah it's all always been brilliant and they sort of explain where that comes from and why they do it and it's actually quite fascinating to see that, that the reasons behind why they have that style, um, and they're not quite what you might think. Yeah, yeah okay. I mean, what was really I'll, interesting I'll try and that, give it a read, because yeah. I, so I missed that one. Yeah, it I'm not gonna, 
spoil it for anyone. Though. No, but I mean, it's interesting, it's interesting to sort of read through Tony Cottrell's job history um, from where he started in Games Workshop to where he ended up and all the jobs that he did in between, which sounds like pretty much everything at some point or another, he, he kind of did it, um, including lots of photography, um, which is why he kind of talks a bit about that photo art style. But um, yeah, I thought it was a really good, really interesting. Well, um, not article. only that, he does a lot of the he does. Yeah, he does, so. yeah. Um, but things like um, that I didn't know that he'd done, you know, like he actually modelled some kits for Forge World back in the day. Um, and also, he's gone up hugely, in my estimation, uh, because he's a big fan of tanks. So that's something me and Tone have got in common, right there. Do you not know that? He's <laughs> the guy who did the, the um, Scratch Builder Baneblade. Well, actually, that, I think I think that's in red. It is. Like, I couldn't believe yeah. that. Basically, you could build it out of cardboard back in the day. I mean, amazing stuff. So yeah, I thought that was. I really enjoyed that. It was a good read. I don't yeah, normally I think, get think, um, uh, White Dwarf. I'm honest with you, very rarely, and um, I thought it was really good value. Yeah, yeah, and of course you've got your Age of Sigma exactly which is why i've got it in the first place but yeah it's good to have something in there as other than that that made it worthwhile buying yeah the painting guys are, are really good as well gotcha. i mean they're, they're a bit different from what i've seen before but yeah definitely very good yeah and we'll be referencing them in future episodes uh-huh yeah so uh uh okay so um what else have we got there here we go uh a alpha legion um was uh, featured on the warhammer community site uh there are some really nice photos on there as well as information about how he built the army the kind of background he was thinking of when he when he developed that and yeah it's it's it's, it's quite nice because obviously anuj is a very lovely uh, say lovely uh he, he paints some very lovely you know he, he his models that he paints are very lovely uh, okay. i'm trying to find a way to say to, to say that without making me sound a bit creepy and weird unlike i think which is lovely uh, Mission yeah. failed. Yeah, yeah I was mission say, failed. Good, good, good luck with that. That's the yeah. <clears throat> right out the bag there, man. Uh, yeah, and no, News is going to defriend me as soon as he hears this episode. Not surprised. Like, stalker. I don't think it'll be your. I don't think anything you've done, my friend. <laughs> uh, Chris's uh, custodies rant. Okay. Um, your association. I, yes. So we had a couple of relevant painting guides. I know I nicked your slot again, my friend. I'm, I'm just, I'll come back. I'll come back. I'll just go have a drink. You, so you, I, can come back I was going to leave the last one for you. That's why oh. I thought, you know, you can end on a high. A um, couple of relevant painting guides in this month from the form of camo cloaks for Vanguard Eliminators, which will prove useful for recon marines, Cameline, Cameline, Camelioline, and uh, speed painting Alpha Legion, which although for 40k works quite well for heresy as well. Yeah. So there you go. There was also a speed painting for Emperor's Children Chaos Space Marines, um, which are not necessarily heresy relevant. But if you are doing Siege era Emperor's Children when they started to go with the crazy colours, maybe it'd be something that you'd be interested in. I don't know. Mm. I, like, I, I like the, the classic Emperor's Children purple and gold personally. Yes. And there is actually a painting guide for that as well. Ah, right, cool. Yeah, it's, nice. it's awesome. It's awesome. So, yeah, Chris now. So, uh, Games Workshop, like all other UK companies of certain size, released their gender pay cap data. Uh, last year, it was 10.7% in favour, and this year is 2.1% in favour of men. Oh, that's a big swing. Yeah, absolutely. Hang on a second. Uh, which is way better than the average UK, which is 9.6% in favour of men. So, every 10 pounds 
a man earns a woman earns nine pounds 79 but that's a big swing from that's that is almost 15 percent. it's massive yeah what's happened there i wonder yeah I'm, maybe I'm not... maybe a... <clears throat> i don't know if i had anybody who earned a lot of money leave who happened to be female i think you've got to remember we games workshop the bit the biggest the big the biggest number of staff they have are men and if you if you lose you know a few uh, most of the women that work there uh, i say most because obviously we do know there are a number of women who work in the stores um but most of the the, the majority of the women i know that work at games workshop are reasonably higher up uh, at head office so if you've okay. got a couple of them left or something yeah. then Maybe. it might have thrown off the whole yeah still you know you'd still think in this day and age like you should get paid it's, for what you do not for what gender you have well yeah. you've, you've got to remember these date this data just is, is isn't the isn't the most insightful it doesn't compare job for job um God. yeah you know, it, it, it just takes it just takes right this is the number of men at the company this is the number of women this is what the women earn on average this is, it's yeah i see what you mean it's like an approximation so <laughs> it's, yeah it's not it's, the, it, i'm not saying that obviously uh women don't have pay issues because i know they do i know my wife has experienced uh you know uh, the stuff herself but um the the number that the government have forced the companies to come out with is not the most right okay the easiest way to address that problem no if that makes any sense yeah totally um oh, well, a good bit of information but at least it's like say it's not as bad as the rest of the uk so they're kind of getting there slowly okay so that is the state of the union yeah yeah absolutely uh okay so um we'll move on to talk about uh engine kill uh, the the titan titanic oh, yeah. yeah yeah Okay, so for Titanicus, we had um, a uh, a preview of Doom of Moloch on Warhammer Community TV, which is where all this information that we've got coming from uh, is from. Uh, so, um, yeah, so we got a preview article for Doom of Moloch on Warhammer Community, um, and then it was followed up with a uh, Twitch show with Andy Hall. So Moloch, um, as if you're a big into your heresy fluff, you know it's an early-ish battle um in the heresy where house divine betrays the loyalists uh, now they had a copy on the book and it's coming next month so it's coming in april apparently or could be may um they just they just said next month when was the show again i can't remember the date uh, but they did say it was next month uh i'm opening it up now uh the show was uh 21 days ago so yeah that was well into march so yeah april so yeah, hopefully soon um so uh focus will be on knights and night houses uh, it talks about the war bastards invasion the history of moloch uh legio's covered you've got crucius which is the warmongers uh fortius which is dauntless vulcanium which are the dark lords uh sorry dark fire and lords of ruins so they're sort of one legio but two legions if that makes any sense so one forge world provides for two two legion two legios or, or uh, i can't quite remember how it was explained anyway hmm. um and then you've got interfector the murder lords so it's not too difficult to guess which ones are the good guys and which ones are the bad guys are the uh the murder lords the good guys obviously yeah uh we've got <clears throat> two new maniples 
uh, a Fortis Battle Maniple, which is a Warlord and Reavers, uh, a Ferox and a Ferox Light Maniple, which is Reaver and Warhounds. Um, so Knight Houses, you've got all Knight Forces uh, now possible. So uh, of those Knight Houses covered, you've got House Divine, House Dunar, House Indra, House Kaska, House Kaushik. Yeah. Oh. That, that sounded that could have been that, worse. That could have gone wrong very easily. That if you're listening on the... very easily, yeah. Um, House uh, Magmaron uh, gone, uh, and House Tazkar. I, 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 if I've got any of these spellings wrong, um, yeah, <laughs> probably. I'm dyslexic, so you know. Um, I, think, I, think, I think you aced most. Of, you know, I think you got them all right. Yeah, uh, you've got scenarios to recreate some of the key battles. And you've got some more battlefield rules. So like in Titan Death, you had rules for fighting in vacuums or fighting in toxic areas. This one, you've got steam, ruins, cities. So environments which are a lot less lethal than those seen in Titan Death. Um, so again, they mentioned they have the spreadsheet uh, of all Legios ever mentioned. And they're going to keep knocking them off. So the, the the top tier legions, which have got more fluff, um, more important than the heresy. So they're going to get done. Come on, Tyrannus. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, sorry, um, <clears throat> Ignatum. Uh, Tyrannus, as we mentioned next. And it's the same for Nighthouses. So come on, Tyrannus, for the Nighthouses. Um, so what have we got there? So Legio Infector, the Murder Lords, uh, they have an insanity table. So... That sounds interesting. Definitely, definitely good guys. Yep. Um, Legio Ordax, um, who are going to be introduced in um, in in um, uh, uh, another a future book because yep. they're one that is very very popular. They only use Scout Titans, but they use more than just a Warhound. Okay, so maybe we'll so, see some. Yeah, so some other Scout Titans now. Yeah. An All Might army uses <clears> another <throat> sort of level of structure. So basically, you've got. Uh, it groups banners uh, into lances, which have a HQ, and then lances have a commander and retinue. Um, and and the, the the groups, the the banners are all the same armed knight. So it's all um, all paladins or all um, etc. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So you've got um, uh, an FAQ is also going to be coming out next month. Uh, to provide some clarifications because there there are some new uh, changes to the way knights are going to work um, because knights will be in future charging in a straight line to help balance uh, the game a little bit more. Um, the knights' houses, uh, for when you're playing all knights, will have knightly qualities, uh, battle standards, and knight stratagems. Uh, so there'll be a card pack for those stratagems, but rules are in the book as well. Uh, some stratagems are unique to knight houses, um but playing an all night force is going to be very very different uh and it's going to take different tactics and uh, andy said we've got to expect casualties so that should be interesting uh you've also got a uh, a beast hunt as a match play kind of mission uh for knights uh with three different kinds of monsters so you can go hunting monsters which sounds quite i wonder cool. if, i wonder if they'll release models for them or whether it'll just be user demon or use a beast from sigma who knows <laughs> um they're going to do a combined loyalist house uh, decal sheet and a traitor one at some point for knights um and they're going to continue to do imperial forces for the future xenos might happen someday 
Um, the Civitas Imperialis Spires are on their way. I imagine we're going to get that with with, uh, with Doom of Moloch. Um, more Titan classes are also on their way. Um, and the Grandmaster set is coming back, but there is no set date for it yet. Although, whether you actually want the uh, Grandmaster set after, you know, we, we know that... The... I'm sure someone... Who was it? I think one of... I think Adam... Was this, my friend Adam was discussing with me that it, there were some places that were putting it back up for pre-order. Um, uh, with the expectation that it was going to be coming out in the not-too-distant future. Yeah. Which I thought was quite interesting because they're selling a product that they don't know when it's going to be. Mm, yes. it'd, be, it'd be released. But yeah, there's one or two places, I think, yeah, been chucking it back up for pre-order with people. And whether they're going to get enough of it to, sophist- to fulfill yeah, those exactly. orders. Yeah. Um, they've got some Mechanicum style terrain. It's possibly something that's going to happen for the future. And uh, yeah, so that was pretty much all we got from that seminar. It was quite, quite good. Um, I, I must admit, <clears> with, the, with the Titanicus seminars, they've not been as insightful as I would have liked, but you know. No, I suppose. At least we're getting content. Yeah, we're getting content. And also, you know, the, the game's going to be very different again. Yeah. And then yeah, they followed. This, this new night sort of combination. Yeah, and then they followed that up with a live stream game between Legio Furians and Legio Astorum. So that was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, so that is the... Um, that's the, that's the kill. Kill. Uh, so shall we move on now to Graham's postbag? Yeah, let's see what's in the sack. Let's, <laughs> let's do just that. <laughs> In this section, it's usually um, bits and bobs that when I should have probably been working for a living, I've been browsing the internet looking at things all heresy related. I don't think anybody that I work with listens to my podcast. Let's hope that maintains that. So um, your, your other job, you know, that's the way to look at it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. I think that it's my other job, just to facilitates my heresy addiction. So um, there are some things that I've found particularly good. I don't know if it's a closed group, but it might. I think it might be. But uh, there's the uh, in the Titan Owners Club. Uh, Facebook page there is a plasma cannon thing that somebody's painted and I don't usually get massively excited about singular weapons but I've got to say this is absolutely stunning um, I have kind of plasma gun envy you know how you do the coils of the plasma gun and you know how they look well somebody's done one and it just looks brilliant absolutely brilliant so that was very cool I enjoyed thought that was good yeah, um, funny enough I was talking with someone about the type known as club uh, just um yesterday because um uh they've got an event coming up and i put it up and i and i sort of noticed that there wasn't anything do you know the uh titan owner club the the blog yeah the one that's been around for absolute yonkies years yes and i just ask is this event uh you know where's this event on the site because i can't find any information on the on the website they go oh it turns out that the titan owners club on facebook has got nothing to do with the titan owners club on blogspot Ah, uh, right, I see what you mean. No, Titan Zone Club is actually a public group, so I'm assuming people can see the stuff on there. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm not a member, I just clicked on the link uh, and yeah, I, cool. I got to see the uh, Yeah, so, the so, thing you're talking yeah, about. so it looks very nice. It does so, look nice, doesn't it? So there are two rival Titan owners. Club. Wow, that could be an interesting conversation down the pub for somebody. <clears> um, <throat> next out the bag was a painted version of this um, amazing model, which is the Mechanicum Ordinatus Mold. 
So somebody must have got through one of these fairly sharpish. I'm not even sure oh, the kit's is that, out. Is that the one? Yeah, that's the one from Adepticon. Yes, it is. Yeah, he painted it during Adepticon. Um, wow. Picked it up and then painted it that uh, you know in a night or something. I mean, it's a great paint job as well. It's not as if it looks like a rush job, to be honest with you. Um, certainly more, you know, what I would uh, consider a rush job. After painting the termite, which I must admit, when I first saw the kit, I was a bit mad about it. But after actually getting one and painting it, uh, I think it's a really nice looking model now. Um, so this uh, mechanical mold thing would certainly fit in with my new uh, new love for all things burrowing. But I think it's a great looking model. And it's a nice paint job as well that he's done on it. I'm I'm disappointed it's not bright yellow in the sides like like the Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds thing should have been, shouldn't it? You're not yeah. There was an opportunity missed there. I think even somebody pointed out that that should have. I'm sure someone will, will will do one at some point, but yeah, I think actually it's in the comments that somebody said exactly the same thing as that, Chris. <coughs> but anyway, I think it's a great looking model. I, yeah, I, I saw a similar discussion, and then the yeah. and then someone was sort of like, "What are you guys going on about?" Uh, suppose, yeah, that I, particular person's country, they never saw Thunderbirds. Okay. Oh, what kind of world do we live in where a country has not seen Thunderbirds? Oh, well, they're missing out on a treat there. Yeah, right. Any any young if, model model maker would have looked at that and thought, wow, incredible. If you're listening to this show and you have no idea what Thunderbirds is, just just chuck it into uh, into YouTube and yes. just be amazed. And and don't watch the new CGI one. No, no, watch the original Jerry Anderson marionette version mm. because well, it is brilliant. I've got them all on Blu-ray. And, I, mean, um, I bet they're amazing in Blu-ray. I'm sure you can see the wires a lot more, but I'm sure they're looking really. <laughs> I'm, I'm... It, it, it is, but it's but ITV's version. They sort of um, put it into widescreen, so they cut bits off. Uh, um, but, plus, it would have been filmed on fairly low <clears throat> resolution cameras anyway. No, no, it was filmed on proper film. It wasn't oh, filmed okay. on videotape, so so it, it does translate okay. quite well. Um, interesting mm. enough, though, a few years ago, going back a few years now. Um, there was a, a project because back in the um, 60s, they did f- uh, some sort of like audio uh, episodes on vinyl record. Right. And this guy did a project on Kickstarter to turn those uh, those audio albums into th- into three new episodes of uh, Thunderbirds. Mm. OK, right. And it Go actually on. succeeded. And I have them on Blu-ray. Oh, very cool. So I will have to lend them to you at some point, Graham and Chris. OK. Or- uh, or we'll I'll bring them to Comedy Legends. They're only like half an hour long, so like less less than a standard. Oh, put them up on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, this, now this is the kind of tangent I like. Thunderbirds. <laughs> I've, had, so, so I've just googled the mole, and the mole even had a jet, like a, a rocket propelled back as well, just like the Ordinatus looks like it does. So. Yep. There you go. It, it would su- it would surprise me if the um the the, the, the Thunderbirds mole was not. A uh, reference. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's a, a Me direct. Too. Uh, Me too. Okay, uh, so next out of the post bag, um, something else that we I think we touched on was this um, my mini report uh, Kickstarter. So this is a visual battle report <laughs> app, which um, actually would be pretty cool to do. So I think it kind of puts things, you know, take photos and you can kind of comment them, but it puts it into that kind of white dwarf esque, almost like a comic book. Um, breakdown of things, which I think is actually pretty cool, particularly for the sort of work that we tend to do um, when we're sort of taking pictures of battles and things. It would be quite I, handy. I, I backed it on Kickstarter. Oh, you have? Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, oh, good. I think for events, I think I, I, I there's real potential for this. Yeah, I, I absolutely so I agree. If you could pick up like half a dozen like knackered 
app, uh, tablets and just leave them around for people to use them to take the, make their battle reports on. Yeah. yeah. And then submit them at the yeah. end of the thing. Even phones, old, old mobiles. Yeah, but I, I just thought this would be quite a, I mean, there's still potential point. to make something good out of this. Okay, something to think about. You heard it well, first. Well, I, I picked it up um, on the Kickstarter, so I should be getting it in May-ish time. Yeah. Got you. So, I mean, maybe, you know, hopefully it becomes a common uh, commonplace thing. But, yeah, I think, I think you can have to do some really good stuff with this. Yeah. So for us, particularly, that would be a good thing to do. Um, when we talked about battle reports and how they're done, there was a, you know, a lot of people obviously listen to battle reports and to go to things like 30K channel, um, which has, you know, excellent first rate production and battle reports. Um, but there was a sort of thing, actually, you know, sometimes it's quite nice to just sit down and read one like you used to in White Dwarf. Um, so it wasn't a video per se. It was more of a, you know, this is what happened in turn one kind of thing. I actually quite like reading those and they, they kind of sh- went away from them for a bit, but they brought them back. So I don't know why. But so this would enable, like, like say, when we're doing covering events like we do with, you know, the ones that we go to, that would be really useful to, be able to do that stuff on the fly without having to go back and do loads of editing on, on pictures that you've put in already. So, yeah, definitely one to watch out for. Um, what else? The, uh, the, the report straight to Facebook or something like that. If you can upload it as, a, as an image. I'd imagine you can just upload it straight as an image to wherever you want to share yeah. it to. Like you say, for us at events, that would be massive massively important in you know, a massively time saving yeah most most definitely um as soon as i get it i will uh i will play around with it okay cool uh which one's this one? Oh, it's the same one twice um what else have i has, has caught my fancy uh, miles's artwork by the way correct? oh yes a bit of um yes yeah, another so there's there was two things from uh, miles that particularly caught my eye but the one that i actually want to concentrate on is this uh, amazing uh, Fulgrim model that he, he threw together. I, I shouldn't just comment about one um, commission painter, but uh, this is, uh, I've got to say, this is absolutely awesome. Uh, so I think it's a, it's Fulgrim's body, if I'm not mistaken, and he's used a different head. I think it's from the Dark Angel or something to give him a kind of winged helm approach. And he's done him in a sort of metallic, uh, very sort of metallic i don't know very light purple i suppose um with gold yeah. everywhere i mean it just looks the absolute business cracking model uh well worth a look if you get a chance i think it's a, a spectacular piece of work so um yeah if i had the money um but then if i've had one of his models painted for me by him then the rest of my army would just look shameful so uh, <laughs> i probably would have to get the whole army done and for that we're talking about um serious that's how they get you serious money so yes there you go so that is those are the things that caught my attention so um do you want to talk about the next bit chris yeah so um as we came up to 25 shows i thought i would celebrate that with my with my 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 team my friend my brother and i got the three of us uh, because I work in the jewelry trade, I got us some Edge of Empire cufflinks made, and I gave Graham and Michael a pair each, and I have a pair, uh, and I gave them theirs at Company of Legends because I wasn't going to see them uh, closer to the time. Because yes, they were, they are, they are lovely. Thank you. So, so oh yeah, they're marvellous. It's not a problem whatsoever. So what we, th- I thought I would do at the same time, 
is get a pair made uh, for us to either auction off or raffle off. So what we've decided we would do is we're going to do a charity raffle, basically. <clears throat> and you can, and the winner of the raffle will receive uh, the Edge of Empire cufflinks, and we'll put a photo of them on the Facebook page and a link to the Just Giving page, which is where all the money will be going to. So none of the money will be coming to us. It'll all be going directly to the charity. And the charity that we're going to do it for is the Willow Foundation. Yay. which Michael has a personal attachment to. Um, I think it's a, a, so it's a charity that supports people 16 to 40 who are very unwell and gives them special days. Yeah, but, my my uh, one of my best friends growing up, Lee, um, he had um, non uh, well, it, it was lymph lymphoma um, and um, it, it killed him in the end, sadly um really really tragic but um what the willow foundation did for him was they they it's it's set up by um uh, what's his name bob wilson Wilson, Uh, yeah the the former arsenal goalkeeper and football pundit uh, uh, in memory of their daughter um and um what uh and what they did was they they took lee and his 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 school band um to um a studio in london uh for a weekend of just sitting down and recording laying down some tracks into a into an ep because lee was very very much a a musician and um yeah so he got this record made they even made vinyl pressings um and it it was great and um uh you know on the davis funeral they they arranged for it to be played on radio suffolk so they do they do do some great work for people Uh, I mean, ever since then, uh, Lee's, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the guys who are still down in Suffolk, they actually organise a, a music festival um, in Melford, um, uh, Lee Fest, um, which uh, um, raises money for uh, uh, for him. And they've had some pretty decent um, retro bands uh, in, in the past. Um, you know, they've had uh, Wheatus and um, uh, they've, oh, I'm going to have to have a look who they've got this year yeah. now because because uh, because uh, the, the 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 they've raised quite a lot of money um for uh for for uh, uh for them yeah. um i'm just trying to see where is this leaf fest leaf fest what have they got yeah. so we thought well, we would uh, while mark was quickly rummaging to see sort of some of the bands that they've done for for leaf fest so we thought we would do something to Oh no, Lee Stock. It was Lee. Lee it it, oh, okay. it was it was Lee Fest, and then they had to change it because there's another festival in that called Lee Stock. So oh, nice. uh, this year they've got uh, Pixie Lot, a Bewitched, Star Sailor, and um, a few other bands that I don't recognise. The Pigeons. <laughs> no idea. Anyway, so, Christian. So on. from that, from yeah, that's, that's all started from sort of the Willow Foundations of into start so we thought we'd support that charity so what we're going to do is uh it's it's five pounds a ticket uh into the raffle um and you'll you say the winner will get the cufflinks they're not cufflinks that any of us have worn although i wear mine pretty much every day now um they're a completely new set and also we will send out a A1 copy of our Ali Access map that we use for Coming to Legends this year. Yes. So that you can use that in your hobby community. Uh, if you want to run a campaign, a map campaign, 
you know you haven't got to worry about that that's all done for you that at that point yeah so <clears throat> or mount it on your wall uh, in or frame. Put it on, your, put it on some, yeah exactly it looks pretty good oh you know so, what i have a i have something else i can throw in there as well i've got a um copy of uh visions of heresy okay the new one. there we are yeah. so these so these three things these three things uh we'll put into this raffle um so that's it five pounds a ticket we'll put the link to the just giving page uh on the uh in the show notes i'll we'll put a post up on facebook on the day that this uh maybe the day after this episode goes out yep just so people got time to listen to it and don't get confused about why we're doing this um <clears throat> But really, it's just because we've done 25 shows and we just want to, you know, try and do something a bit different and give give a little something back, uh, you know, and, and basically try and do something nice. With yeah, it's nice. Something using using our, our community, using you guys uh, and us as well to do something nice for for some other people that need it. Um, so hopefully you'll all sort of get on board with that. As I said, all the links will be up there. And then what we'll do, we'll leave the raffle up for, I think we'll do it in June, just so there's enough time. If we think that it comes to a point where, uh, you know, perhaps that's enough people have, have, have put in or, you know, we think it starts to slow down or whatever, maybe we'll do it a bit sooner. But we're, we're thinking sort of uh, show after next is when we'll, we'll do the raffle. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you want to, it'd be really good if everyone can support we haven't got a target. We're just seeing, you know, whatever we can get. So even if one person buys a ticket for five pounds, and and you know they do it, that's fine. We're we're perfectly happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Good. So uh, yeah. So what we'll do now is we'll move on to our little feature, which is about the team. So. Yeah. <clears throat> So 25 shows you guys have listened to us uh for more hours than some of you you know uh, you've suffered for longer than we could ever wish <laughs> uh, i know i know uh, more than once certainly listen to me more talk about the hobby more than my wife probably has <laughs> i know i know more than once uh uh grams uh, other brother dave he listens to the show and he has more than one occasion said to me how many hours yes he has and, and you know, he's, he's very kind and supportive to listen, but uh, we, we understand that, you know, if our family is saying that to us, then other people must be doing the same thing. But we thought what we would do is talk about ourselves, because although we talk about things in the hobby and things like this, how we got to the point where we're sort of sitting here for five or six hours at a time talking about the hobby, um, hopefully you, well, we say hopefully, but we thought we'd try and shed a little bit of light onto how we got to this particular point and what the hobby means to us. Um, so what we, uh, what we've, I've, I've done is sort of just put three or four questions together for us to sort of discuss amongst ourselves, re, you know, regale each other with tales, things like that. There isn't any structure. We are going to be jumping around probably, but there's just a few little things, and and I'm sure as it flows, uh, we will. Um, you know, we'll see where we end up ultimately. Yeah. Hi. So I guess Hi. Question. Well, the first thing is, is it, what drew us? What drew each of us 
into the hobby. And this isn't just heresy. This is, I suppose, miniature wargaming. We'll try and keep it as roughly on on topic as we can. But it's not just about the hobby. It's about you know the whole thing. Yeah. So what drew each of us into the hobby? Sort of what what was where where did you where did we start? Where did you guys start? Uh, okay, who would like to go first? Go on, Graham. You go first. Okay. Um, I mean, so I suppose yeah, because our two stories are inexorably linked. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, so why don't you two go first then, together, okay. sort of? <clears throat> so I suppose um, my introduction to this hobby would have come via a couple of really early influences. So the first thing that was probably the most profound influence on me as a young person was 2000 AD, the comic, which is interesting uh, if you look at uh, the early sort of set, well, late 70s, early 80s influence of 2000 AD on other things around it, particularly if you look at some of the artwork in Rogue Trader uh, and compare that with some of the stuff in 2000 AD. Uh, there's a lot of parallels and a lot of similarities. But that all kind of came out of um, what was probably at the time um, Cold War era Britain, which was an interesting place to be. And yeah. 2000 Ideas as a, as a comic came out and it was just mind blowing. You know, I must have started reading when I was about 10 and um, it was a fantastic take on sort of dystopian futures. There were there were very few stories in there that were particularly happy and cheerful, unlike, say, the Marvel comics of the time. And uh, that grim dark kind of thing, I think, was where my liking of that kind of view of future, you know, rather than the happy yeah. future, you know, Americanized future, I suppose, that you, that you saw on the telly. Here was something saying that actually, do you know what, the future is probably going to be really grim and uh, really dark. I know you didn't grow up in like industrial, but this is, you know, England in the in the. 70s yeah you know, very you know, industrial atmosphere and attitude isn't it so it's got yeah that, it was um there was a lot know. of sort of yeah there was if you had the cold war which was a constant kind of reminder yeah. of the fact that actually and this is hard to explain to a lot of people um you know who grew up without that and regrettably we're kind of going back towards that it would appear but that <laughs> that sort of feeling that fundamentally whatever your life was could change within 10 minutes um, you know, which was you know roughly about the amount of time you had from the early warning systems going off to a nuclear strike, and it was a real thing. It really was. And yeah, I mean, we I, kind of. I grew up on the like the back end of that, Got so um, yeah, I, I get it a little bit, but not. But the thing is, interesting enough, I never would have, I never would have had that knowledge of that if it wasn't for, for, for because of 2000 AD. And 2000 AD had, you know, Judge Dredd, the Judge Dredd stories are basically set in a post-apocalypse world, world after a massive nuclear annihilation. And if you look at the kind yeah. of stories of um, how, you know, terror was and the evolution of terror in the sort of 40K, 30K law, that's exactly what it was like. You know, huge, you know, wasteland caused by, you know, man's constant war. And um, there was a particular uh, story in 2000 AD uh, where a nuclear missile was dropped on Mega City One. And bear in mind, you know, I'm a 10-year-old guy from, you know, a fairly uh, sort of affluent area of the UK. And uh, reading this cartoon, you know, story by story frame, sort of explaining the blast radius of a nuclear weapon, uh, in fairly graphic detail, it must be said, had such an incredible effect on me from that point on 
you know, it, it kind of shaped my entire destiny. And what that did was I think it started to not only you know, start thinking about some of these things, almost like a social aware thing, but also it really sparked my imagination. And that was the key. So from yeah. there on, it was a journey to things like Dungeons and Dragons. I started playing Dungeons and Dragons when I, my early teens. And it was it was a kind of a fairly quick hop, skip and a jump um, from um, Dungeons and Dragons board gaming with lead figures, which we had, to then starting thinking about actual war game, war gaming. Um, and my first exposure to that, I suppose, would have been back in the 80s. We used to have like a games day thing in London. Um, I can't remember for the life of me where the what the building was called, but I had it every year and um, before they moved them up north, I think. And uh, in this particular year, we all went up. Our D&D gaming group went up <clears throat> on the train to London. It's about an hour, hour and a half's journey. And uh, they were in this one, Games Workshop, where they were obviously in, in big numbers. And it was when they used to, you know, used to go, to go to the Games Workshop shop in... I think it was near Hammersmith somewhere, Ravenscroft or somewhere. And they games workshop used to sell not just games workshop stuff, but all role playing stuff. They started, you know, they initially started yeah. with D and D was a thing that they yeah they that had was the thing. Price, didn't they? Yeah. they distribute all the D and D modules and stuff. Yeah. So it was a you know different company then. But anyway, this year they had um, obviously they had Warhammer Fantasy Battle and they had the Citadel range of miniatures. Um, but they also then came out with. Um, what was rogue trader but basically warhammer 40k and um this was you know i got the, i bought the book there i got the book signed by um people like uh ian Priestley, you know who wrote it and stuff like that and i still remember his signature it's quite a cool looking signature um where i've put this copy of rogue trader incidentally with the signatures i cannot tell you i wish i still had it but it's got <laughs> yeah. lost somewhere but it had all the signatures of all the people that wrote it um and it was fantastic. You know, it had all of this sort of similar thing to the 2000 AD. I loved the law behind um, this. Like there were lots of things. Also, I'd started reading um, things like James Herbert's June um, and it, probably about the same time as when I started playing this. And that also had a lot of similarities, you know, things like, you know, overthrowing technology and replacing it with sort of human cogitators, you know, all of that stuff that we get in. <clears throat> a lot of that comes from June, for example. So you can see that the influences on the game were very similar to the influences that I'd been exposed to growing up in the 80s. Mm. Um, so that was that was really my my first foray into into wargaming. Um, but I didn't it didn't take off for me in a big way because uh, a I was a very poor painter and b I was very poor because I was actually on the YTS <laughs> I think at this point. So you know even back then you know <clears throat> affording an army was a was a big investment. Yeah. I mean, even though you look at the prices now and think, wow, that's peanuts. But, you know, um, inflation's a funny thing. Yes, yeah, so it doesn't, you know, I get that a lot with, in my day-to-day work in jewellery, for instance, people go, oh, I paid 20 quid for this ring back in 19, whenever. And yeah. you just have to say, yeah, well, that's that was then and 20 quid then was a lot different to how it is. Exactly. It is now. So, so that was the... Um, that was the journey. So I still played D and D all through my kind of uh, uh, teens I, and I'm life. Sure, I'm sure I could interject something about Freddos there or something. Freddos when they yeah. were ten pence. Yeah. Okay. Ten pence. Uh, I remember when they were five pence. Yeah. Okay. I never ate Freddos really. Um. So the. So that journey, if you like, um, that being surrounded by those things. So the music I was listening to at the time, you know, lots of kind of sort of heavy metal bands. Yeah. Uh, again, that kind of 80s uh, metal scene, um, tying that in with the um, D&D fantasy 
kind of realm that I, that I was kind of lots of books I was reading and um, get playing and DMing. I was DMing AD&D every week um, for my friends. And that was another really good way of using my imagination. But I didn't I had a long break from uh, just doing D&D, but I didn't really start to get back into wargaming uh, until a bit later. And that was when I was in Brighton and in a bizarre quirk of fate, uh, a guy I worked with ran a D&D group uh, or a role-playing group. And I used to go around and play um, a game called, it wasn't called Warzone. It was called Mutant Chronicles and oh, uh, yeah. a role-playing game. But weirdly enough, um, this was off my friend Lee, you know, Lee and Warren. Um, yeah. Chris obviously knows them. Um, when we used to do LARP together. Uh, the other person who was in that group uh, was also Andy Hoare. He lived in Brighton, which is slightly bizarre because um, it's a long time ago now. But he was in our role-playing group. And we started playing um, the uh, gaming version of this role-playing game, which was called Warzone, which was quite cool. It was an interesting kind of little thing. It was set in our solar system and you had different factions depending on different countries. So basically you had like, you know, the UK had populated Venus, I think, and the Americans had populated Mars and stuff. It was quite a cool little system. And from then um, we moved across and started playing 40K. And that was really my journey. So this is probably, I'm trying to think now, uh, 90s, mid 90s-ish time mid to late 90s yeah. so i didn't let's say i didn't really start actually collecting an army and having a full army together until i was probably about in my actually fairly late on probably by the time i could actually afford it was about when i was about 26 so um yeah so that was my journey and that sure. was that was how i got to where i was getting to yeah so i suppose my i say our, our tales have to be linked because obviously there is a you know me, you, and and Dave, we are fundamentally three of the same person. We are. Um, and so my you influence. You've never is... seen them in the same room together. <clears throat> That's not true. You have seen all three of us <laughs> in the same room together. There's probably pictures of us in the same. Yeah, room. yeah. That I can I can prove it's really it happens. Um. So I think when I was, I mean, I remember when I was very small. Um. So there's a there's eight there's 16 years between you and me. Mm. Uh, there's 11 years between me and Dave. Um, so I think you know Dave was still at home when I was growing up, and I can always remember him and uh, he had the old sort of snap together space rings where he just had to push the bolter in. Uh, oh yeah. I remember sort of them around the house when I was a kid. Yeah. Things like that. Um, I did at one point. Uh, a friend of mine gave me some little, uh, I think I still got them actually, some high elves from Warhammer. Right. Um, so I think, you know, there was always that, that sort of interest in the back of my mind, but it wasn't really until, oh, I don't know. I was probably mid teens. I don't know, probably a bit earlier than that, sort of 11 ish, 12, 13. Yeah. And I remember there was sort of, um, you know, in high school, you know how it is in high school, everyone sort of intermingles and there's all this sort of thing going on. And there was a guy that had a chaos army, chaos space marine army. This was around the time of uh, 3.5, I think, would have been the codex. Oh, oh the, the classic. classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, yes, because he, because I have got the second edition codex. 
And right. I still have his, that, that copy that I got. So he basically sold me this sort of effectively carrier bag full of of, of Marines, of yes. Chaos Marines. Um, I think I've still got some of the bits here. You probably do, yeah. But that, I think <clears throat> for me to, I mean, I don't know. Sort of, I mean, I think it was always like a predestined thing for me to sort of, to, because you and Dave had done it. Yeah. Or you and, you know, uh, you know, I suppose at, at that point you and I probably weren't, you know, we weren't like we are now. There was that, you know, we we're very different people at that point in, t- in our lives. Mm. So I think it's probably more, because Dave was there. I think, I think Dave was the, the, the he's, main. He's, he connects the he connects the dots. Yeah, basically. Um, right. And I think so. I always remember Dave having sort of that interest in this thing, which he'd got from you. So you know, it's, it's all your fault ultimately. Fundamentally, it is. <clears throat> yeah. I'll, I think, I'll, yeah. But I think, and I don't know why I necessarily bought that army because I wasn't playing it. There wasn't any really anyone that I could have played it with at that point. But it just seemed like this was the thing. Yeah, to, a cool thing to have, kind of thing. Right? Yeah, it was like, well, this is a pretty cool model, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I remember the, you know, the the, the first paint job I did on them, they were heavy with black paint. <laughs> yeah, <so> still, <coughs> yeah, you know, three you could think you you could put them in uh, in Domestos now, uh, and I think by the time the Earth uh, finally gives up and the sun explodes, <laughs> that model will survive because the layers of paint that are on there will uh, live forever. It's yeah, absolutely. Life. But I think, but I'd, I don't think there was ever a time when I thought that this wasn't going to be the avenue that I didn't, I was going to take. If that makes sense. Yeah. Whether I was subconscious, whether I was consciously aware of it. I think um, we're, we're very lucky in that regard in the fact that the three of us fundamentally have very similar tastes and 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 in very similar likes so yeah yeah anything that's kind of in that realm I mean we we get into and I think the second part of the story is probably around when you and I started to you know play D&D together and then that group with Lee and Warren yeah I think Andy had already left uh, Brighton and gone to work at Games Workshop yeah so when yeah, so and that was probably that's what two, two thousand two, I oh, guess. I'm trying to think when it we started because be I, yeah. I, so we were we were larpers, you and I. Mm. So I did my first larp event when I was sixteen. Yes. Uh, which was seventeen years ago. Oh, blimey. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> wow, that must make you feel old there for a second. Thanks. Uh, sorry. So, the first. So I remember us going to before that we went and I had these models and we'd kind of played a little bit, but we went to Games Workshop in Brighton. We did because uh, Adam, our friend, Ad, yeah. our friend was the manager there, and we went into basically like a lock. a, a lock in, <laughs> uh, a, a one night sort of the Monday night lock in yeah. uh, game, and I think that was Absolutely. that was really my first sort of exposure to the to the greater. Uh, yeah. existence of this hobby. Yeah. Because well, um, I think at that time, so I started playing an Eldar army. That was my first yeah, army. I remember you. Yeah, I remember yeah. you. And, yeah. and, uh, and Eldar army. And I, I was playing them, and Lee uh, had a guard army, and he loved his guard army two bits. And he was a fantastic painter, by the way. 
um, Lee Heath, brilliant painter, and, and a really talented guy creatively. Um, he he um, made a load of he made the power armor picture with a picture that I have oh, yeah. power armor. Uh, he made that with his um, his wife, I think she is now. Um, you know they they were very very talented. They made some fantastic costumes for LARP, but he also could, was a brilliant painter, a brilliant scenery painter as well. And um, yeah, he was the kind of one who got us into playing these games, and they were pretty competitive, to be fair. Um, I think with that, maybe without that, um, you know, we had that connection with with Adam running the yes. shop, and stuff. So we had that sort of, I had that exposure to it, but it wasn't until you know, two or three years later, that really, I, I don't think it became more of a thing. Yeah. No, you're uh, right. Because that was, I was probably about 14 when that happened. So I think it was probably about two or three later, two or three years later, that I really started, you know, quite heavy into the, mm. the hobby and then my Chaos Marines and things like that. And then sort of moving on from, from that point into my guard and, and you know, the, uh, that, I, that I played and loved. Yep. Um, but demons you know, after that, after that, things like that. So it's all, you know, come from there. But I think it was, yeah, there's sort of two or three occasions where, in my mind, it gets me to where I, you know, it it's that particular moment, that particular influence. Yeah. That really sort of, you know, and you and Dave were were like a like a, the undercurrent, if that Under makes the, sense. Yeah. But there were certain like waves that pushed that particular boat uh, <laughs> down the river. Inevitable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those things that just just helped it helped it along. But I think, yes, yeah, so I think there was always going to be a time when, you know, we were doing some sort of, of, of yeah miniature war game. So what about, what about what about Michael? He's been awfully awfully quiet. quiet hidden, uh, hidden myself. Myself. Um, right. Um, well. I obviously grew up in a completely different part of the world from you and I had nothing to do with you guys growing up. So you did not influence me. No. Um, I think what what drew me into it um, in the early days. Um, I th- uh, OK, well, it, it, I've always had an interest in science fiction. It goes back to um, my dad. Basically, um, my dad isn't a very a big science fiction person. But he liked Star Trek, and I, I, you know, I would watch Star Trek very early. Um, you know, uh, I, I watched Star Trek from very early on. It's one of my earliest mm-hmm. memories of watching Star Trek, the original series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I can uh, watching Empire Strikes Back on TV. I'm sure we watched it one Christmas on television. Oh yeah, that was that was that was a that was that was always. That. I mean, my first love is is when it comes to the star. Uh, franchise is definitely star um star trek but i love i love me some star wars but i got i got the you know the standard science fiction you know your star wars and um and that and there was a lot of a lot of television watching for me as a kid because um i was not a very outsidey person um so you know I, I grew up with things like the twilight zone and uh uh you know the the, the rubbish stuff on saturday morning tele- bbc2 at the time you know so we had the time tunnel and um oh god yeah yeah stingray and uh this is the jerry anderson episode yeah thunderbirds as we talked about <laughs> space, space 1999 uh, Doctor Joe Who, 90 
Yeah, Joe Knighty. So I had your your, your 90s, as well as the the comic influences. Now, my local newsagent only sold DC, um, but on a very, very, very special occasion, he would sometimes get in a a, a, someone would order in a prog, um, uh, you know, a 2008 prog, and I would get the occasional issue of that. And obviously that was a massive world of difference from the kind of science fiction that I, I was used to and it was and it was great and it was through that 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 sort of um you know going to the to the library to seek out more that I ended up with uh, things like June um like uh Starship Troopers um uh, and stuff like that so oh, yeah. um I sort of got those influences and in terms of getting into the hobby what it was was um i was um in woolworths and um um my uh and i was and i was allowed a treat a small treat uh from the toy section and i picked up combat cards um, okay what were these combat cards is a uh card game uh, it's a bit like top trumps but right it's a gw thing and it was a <clears throat> fantasy one and it was great it was really fun i mean they re-released it not last christmas but the christmas before in a 40k version okay. uh, which i've got up there i can't i can't i don't know what have i happened to my original combat cards but in the back of this there was this big fold-out leaflet postery thing and it had all these different models on them that games workshop made and and my eyes were drawn to the chaos dwarves and it's I, always chaos that gets you isn't it it's always chaos chaos. yeah chaos uh, uh chaos doors and plague bearers it was and i and the next time we were in um ipswich i literally dragged my um my parents to games workshop and they bought me my first box of infantry um it's just a few little bits of chaos doors and uh, and over the next year or so i built up i used all my pocket money and i built up this nice little uh tiny by these days uh standards uh, uh well it, even at the end of a uh, warhammer fantasy battle very tiny um chaos dwarf army then they got squatted yes and i moved to lizard men for a bit um and i didn't really do that much 40k i did a few bits and bobs with orcs i've still got some of my um some of my grots and orcs upstairs i keep meaning to strip off the the many 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 layers of paint and paint them up for for, for to play now um but yeah no they were um they were it, it was great but as my um you know as the the a levels and gcse's got more you know well gcse's then a levels uh got more intense and there's more and more time spent on them i got less and less time with the hobby um uh, the last army I had leaving the hobby was a uh, I, I decided to try and start some some chaos warriors, um, but I only got a couple of couple of models painted. Uh, was going for a nergly theme, uh, which is no surprise, I guess. Um, nope. And um, yeah, so I ended up going to to university and kind of left it long behind. I, I think I stopped I stopped really playing when I was about fifteen, and it was great because we used to because I lived in Sudbury um which is uh, uh well not famous but it, it has suffolk dice in there so if you go to dice.co.uk to order yourself some custom dice they come from that town and our, our local club which was ran through the school uh which is great uh you know we had uh, we had some had some great guys at the school a teacher um i can't remember his name i'm terrible with names <laughs> um he used to he used to sort of run the club for us we used to do like um mordheim and um 
and 40k in 40 minutes i think it was called at the time oh yeah i remember oh, I remember that. yeah yeah um uh, yeah yeah stuff like that and um he sort of uh, and we had this dice factory would give us all the miscast dice so our scenery was just built out of miscast dice <laughs> it, it, strange, strangely apt when you think about yeah. it. Very, very harlequinny yeah yeah i can imagine <laughs> yeah so um it, it was quite cool uh anyway so so yeah so i drifted out the hobby and um went to university you know got a finished that got a job got married and uh and uh, i used to wander by games workshop uh, you know it was on my way from <clears throat> from my flat in town and uh you know to get to get anywhere you know we had to, to walk past it and i used to peer in and say oh it looks so much better these days you know some of the models look so great and um uh, and, and it took my wife to to sort of uh, frog march me in there and say look i am sick and tired of him walking past the windows and drooling every time get, or, or sell him something and it was great and uh, i bought um it was about a week after um assault on black reach launched and i bought assault on black reach is that the one with the aquila lander no no that was the, it was the one after that i had the orcs versus the um the orcs versus the space marines oh yeah, yeah i remember yeah Lindsay tried to do the orcs but she she spent um she spent nine hours on one orc boy uh, fair enough i mean that's, i mean it's been nine minutes <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah all boys you don't you don't spend that long on an orc boy anyway I spend, uh, so, I spend that long on a hq choice so you know she 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 likes the idea of playing she just can't paint because she's she just doesn't she's a port she she does paint herself as a, as, a, as a you know in an artistic sense but she can't do miniature painting um which is fine not for everyone um and i did um space marines and i bought the um the how to space paint space marines book um and i was looking through because i wanted to write, what chapter am i going to do um and i came across the blood ravens um <laughs> not oh, uh, no. I, I, I'm remembering oh these were in the computer game i quite like that not realizing how many people do blood ra- did blood ravens at the time um and i thought i was being a bit edgy by doing something yeah different but no i was not i was not um but oh my god i was so terrible i was just as bad as painting them then when i if not worse than when i first started as like uh as like a 10 year old i think i might have been (laughs) about eight um so my so my first marines coming back i'll see if i can dig out a picture of them but um i just painted them with the um what was it called mecha mecha red or something it was a base paint well you know a, a foundation paint that's what they were called then it was the red foundation paint mephiston no that's what they call it now mechorite or something i've got the conversion chart somewhere um and uh i just washed it i just put on the red really thick hardly ever hardly filling it down and i i'm not that good at filling down even these days though um and then i shoved on and then i shoved on a purple wash and uh, bleach bone on the shoulder pads and it's like yeah that's done nice fair enough good it's it's interesting you say so so the next thing is our you know about that i was going to sort of talk about was our our relationship with the hobby so it's interesting because you've you you know you went away from that sort of thing and then then came back to it um you know i, I did a similar thing for a few years where i wasn't particularly bothered about miniature wargaming so why do you think as um you know our 
that relationship with the hobby, the, 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 the strength of the tie it has with us or, you know, various, you know, what do you think it, um, what do you think it, 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 it is that it, yeah, that drew, I mean, that drew us back into it or, it's, you know, it's a good um, answer, isn't it? I think it's the sense of camaraderie that we get with people. It's, it's, it's hard to, to get that in, uh, well, I suppose other people will get it in other hobbies, but we always want, to spend time with pe- other people uh, who, who, who are interested in what we're interested in. And it's hard to, I suppose when you've already found it, <clears throat> it's hard to sort of, it's never ever the same in any other hobby. I mean, I've done other hobbies. I've, yeah, uh, I suppose. I've, I've done other hobbies, you know, and it, it's always, yeah, this is, this is cool. This is fine. You know, I'm enjoying these spending time with these people, but it's not like Warhammer when I was a kid. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of um, some people. I think do these kinds of things, and you always sort of hear about this. People go back and they're you know, playing or playing with building radio-controlled airplanes or something, and people say, "Oh yeah," because they're doing because it reminds them when they were a kid and they enjoyed doing it. I've never really had that feeling, to be truthful. I think it's a good point that you make around, you know, what drew me back into play. So I think that I decided that uh, at some point in my life that I was always going to have this in my life. Yeah. If you see what I mean? That I was whatever happened, whatever journey I go on through the rest of my life, I would always do this because I like doing it. And I think that that so when I um we used to play at George's shed, which we may have heard us talk about on the podcast, and we because George has got this massive shed and he's a very keen war gamer and his his shed contained every game ever released. I think from about nineteen ninety relics in that shed that oh, if, if the games workshop. If Games Workshop could get their hands on them, I'm fairly sure <laughs> they would put a little podium in uh, in, in their museum. Because world, yeah. There, yeah, there are some of the yeah. God knows what, how many kits are in there. But um, and because we were all playing together, and we only played together, we we kind of had our little group, the sort of yeah. ten of us or whatever that were playing 40k with the same people that were playing Dungeons and Dragons as well. So we had our own little group, we all had our own little armies, and we didn't play in clubs because they weren't really around that time in Brighton. I mean, I think there was Brighton Warlords. There but, was Warlords at the time, but, but it was none bit, of us were yeah. keen on, on getting into that scene. I think that, that's exactly it. We weren't, it was like, well, we've got our friends and we know how our friends play and we don't, you know, we don't want to kind of branch out and start you know, meeting other people who do this because goodness knows what those crazy people are like. And uh, so I think what happened is I, I for me, I moved uh, away from the area um, to... Uh, and I think I don't know what happened. I was still playing, still had my armies, and I still had them. But I so think was, I stopped playing for a bit, didn't I? You were still doing 40k, but then you went to London, didn't you? Yeah. So it was you, you got the gig in London, and then so you were I think, playing locally there. So when I moved up here, I stopped playing for a bit. Yeah. Um, which was a shame, really, because you know we just, but we'd only ever played. We hadn't played in, at club level. We only played together. And when I moved away, I didn't really know what to do. Um. So it wasn't until a few. I'd, worked up here for a bit and then I uh, moved my job got a job in London so I was traveling down to London every week and um coming back at weekends and I thought <clears> while <throat> I'm down here in the during the week I haven't really got a lot to do and so I thought well I wonder if I can find somewhere that plays 40k because obviously we would play still I would still try and get to the shed yeah you know once it's a month or something to so play we were, 40k Go so on. at the shed we were playing uh we had a campaign going for a while yeah um and we would play you know three aside 
all yes. day games on a Sunday. Yes, right. Ridiculous points that would end. <laughs> Usually, you'd, you'd get, get to game four. I'd throw some dice at somebody. Yes. Because they'd someone be wind, would just winding you up. wind me up <laughs> like, a, like a handle and, and off, I, you know, uh, <laughs> and away I would go. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I, I mean, so yes, that was what was going on in, in what, that Yeah, so I think what happened to me was I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm down in London. I'm kind of on my own anyway. Uh, I've got a room in a shared house. Um, I might see, you know, I wonder if there's a, a gaming club or something that I can join. You know, there must be. You know, yeah. London, London, for goodness sake. Um, and I'll just take my army along and just play some 40k during the week. And that was my first experience of going to play at the club level. So I think I found, I put a thing on Facebook and I think some other people said, you'll be the oldest person there before the kids. And that kind of put me off a bit because I was like, oh yeah, you're probably right. You know, <laughs> I, I don't, you know like going into games workshop, you go into games workshop yeah. and it's generally, you know, full of young kids, which is, which is great if you're, but I don't want to play against young kids. I want to play, you know, this uh, same level with adults and have a laugh yeah. and a joke. So I think I found a website somewhere that's, you know, listed all the UK game gaming clubs. And uh, I found Clapham War Gamers, which is unfortunately I don't think it's running anymore. But it was a near where I was in Clapham, which was handy, and B it was a pretty good club. And um, I just rocked up. I took my army that I'd still been using. I think I had Dark Angels at the time, um, it, and I was quite pleased with it because it was quite well painted. I thought, um, and uh, I took that along, and. Uh, started playing on a regular basis every week with different people, you know, who I'd never met before, but we started playing this game and that was really cool because that kind of opened my eyes to the fact that actually you don't just have to play in your own little clique, in your own little group. Um, you can just go along and find these clubs and play. So I would, I played <coughs> there for about four years. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, and that was, you know, great fun playing there every week. And it was, a, it was, amazing because you go to a club and then the meta level at clubs is usually very different to what you're used to yeah you know so we used to think we were pretty competitive in our shed we've got rock hard razor sharp focused eyes i think the difference between sort of how i think we were competitive with ourselves yeah more than as as characters i mean you and i were never on the same side ever uh you know it's just how it worked um and i I, you know other people were competitive Mm. i don't think ever we were you know to use a to to use a modern phrase i don't think we were ever whack no uh in regard army and things we didn't know enough to be whack that was the thing but i don't think anyone ever went i'm going to min max i'm going to this i think we were competitive in ourselves yes but not in our lists i wasn't going to let someone else win Uh, (laughs) I was I wasn't worried about you know it was just that yeah. that that thing whereas yeah like in the community that you were probably playing in at Clapham it was the you know on the battlefield comp- on the tabletop competitive as opposed to personally competitive yeah, yeah absolutely right I mean I had played thinking about it I had, used to play at Games Workshop in Crawley because they used to have like a late night there for people over sixteen or eighteen yeah. or whatever. Um, and that was when I was down in Sussex. But then when I moved up here, I stopped playing. And then I decided, actually, I really miss this. You know, I miss playing this game on a regular basis because I can only get down to the shed once a month. Um, 
and that's why I joined Clapham Wargamers. And it was really good because it was actually above a pub. So you had to be 18 anyway, so it wasn't yes. full of kids. And you could go and get a drink while you were playing. <coughs> which was awesome. um, so that was really good. So then when um, I moved jobs back up to the north, I thought, well, I'm not going to miss out on that again. So I then looked around for the northern clubs and found Durham Raiders, um, which was just down the road and went along there. And again, it's one of those things because it's it's quite an intimidating thing or daunting thing going to a gaming club, right? Or going to any new kind of social place where you don't know anybody. Yeah. But I've never felt uncomfortable about going into a gaming club because I know, as Michael said earlier, that the people in that gaming club will have exactly the same interests as me. You know, we'll have something that unites us straight away, which is the love of gaming. And, um, you know, so that's really good, I think, that you, mm. you know, I don't, I, we've been to lots of clubs in the Northeast and I never once felt self conscious about going in there, you know, because I know that we've got something already. Before we even start any kind of conversation, I know that the people and me have got one thing yeah. in common and that is the game. You can always, yeah, you've always going to be able to have that at least a conversation with somebody. Yeah. So in yeah. terms of the, the question, I suppose, which is what's my relationship with the hobby, I think it's a very social thing because it also gives you an excuse to get out of the house and to um, interact with people that you wouldn't necessarily do normally. And in this day and age, probably less than you would do normally. Yeah. I don't go out down a pub or anything. So this is um, the few, one of the few times that I get to kind of just go and, you know, have a chat with my friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, somebody once said, I talk, you know, because they very rarely talk about the, doing this as a hobby, but somebody kind of asked me about it once and they were like, well, that sounds a bit naff. And it's like, well, it's exactly the same as what you do, you know, going down the pub fundamentally. You go and meet your friends and you have a chat. And this is really what this is, except it's just given a, a bit of a framework to do just, it in. Yeah, there's a, a you know, contextualization to it rather than just being a free form. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. what I think the relationship yeah. of the hobby is really is a social thing. I don't do it and to sort of recapture some um part of my youth that i feel was missing or i was happier at any point in time for me it's about this kind of social thing and um sort of enjoying playing the game yeah so, i think yeah so i mean it's like for me when it was you know when you were still down here and we were doing like the shed pretty much you know continuously mm. um you know it, it was just that's what we did that was our that was our our thing if that yeah. makes sense yeah um and i think so i there, there came a point where you know we'd i think every other week for about a year i played you know in ten thousand point army battles <laughs> yes you know and it, i i i reached a point where it, it burnt me out i think of the hobby yeah because there was a period where i just you know just went no I, I, we we all i think it burnt all of us out yeah because it just became too too much yeah um it was uh, just emotionally draining <clears throat> it was and like we all had lives and things and, yeah. and we were putting all this time into it but I, it was always on the back burner but i mean there came a point where you know i you know we we're still doing the role-playing group on a monday but no one you know no one was talking about playing miniature wargaming Mm. because we'd all just had too much of a good thing if that makes sense yeah <clears throat> and then you know there was it about two two years i think it must have been where basically you know the only time i was playing a game was was D D, and i was you'd gone up north i'd kind of taken over as as group gm at that point yeah um 
so that's where all my time hobby wise was going into uh which i still do now is is still you know is running the group basically on you know role play wise although we instead of doing it every week now i get a week off which i and I had to somehow negotiate myself uh, <laughs> was that I would do it every other week. Um, but I remember there being it. And I don't know why, because I think at that point it would have been quite easy for me being in my you know early 20s, uh, settling down, thinking about getting married, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you could have walked away, couldn't you, basically? Yeah, and I think there, yeah. That it, I, I think... I never, I've never gotten rid of an army. You know, I've never, apart from the chaos stuff from when I was a teenager. Yeah. That, that I gave to you because you were going to do, a, you did a chaos marine army for a bit, and I've, yeah, you know, I've still got bits of that. But I don't, I've never gotten rid of an army like properly. So I think in my, the back of my mind, it was always a case that this is something that I'll return to. Yeah. But I, I wonder, you know, how hard it would have been if I had. Because, you know, my my girlfriend and, and, and later wife d- didn't really get the idea, didn't no. really understand what the no. what all the what the what the fuss was about, why I was yeah. spending the money on this. It you know it. it uh, yeah, you know, it, was, exactly. it was a it was it was a bone of it was, yeah, of yeah. contention on more than one occasion. Yeah. Um. So I wonder how hard it would have been for me to have gone. No, you know, I'll you know, just clear it all out or whatever. Yeah. But it's weird that it was never, you know, I'm I, I probably a bit of a hoarder in, in reality, <laughs> but I've, I've never thought of, of, of getting rid of any of it because I think at some time, it um, yeah, but, yeah. I, I would always re- return to it. But, you know, I, I've often considered, um, you know, if I had gone the other way, what it would have what well, effect it, it would have had i think it's one of those things it's like <clears throat> i think that i've made a decision early on fairly early on anyway that the things that i enjoy doing i'm not going to not do yeah. because they're the things that make me me and, and and sometimes you're right particularly you know with relationships and things people don't really understand it you know why you're spending all this time away yeah doing this stuff this, this is what kind of what i need to be me and all the rest of the time you know we'll be together that's cool but sometimes you kind of just need a, a bit of time to do what the things that you like to do even if your partner doesn't really understand what that is you know in, in the same way that you know my my wife does things like you know the horses and all the rest of it which i don't have any interest in and you know she knows that but that's what she does that's her hobby and that's totally cool but i think in terms of where i would be or at least i don't think if it wasn't for heresy would i still be doing this is the other question because i certainly got very very disillusioned with competitive 40k which is kind of the spiral that i got into yeah um, playing 40k every week at two clubs if that's playing twice a week once at durham and once at sunderland and there were some very competitive players there and there was a very competitive tournament scene and there still is and uh, you know i kind of took that to its conclusion fundamentally by going to um i think the i can't remember what they're called one of the etcs or wtc or something like that anyway it was like a uk qualifying tournament okay and um before we came and you know i took a ridiculously stupid hard list and it got absolutely minced uh off the board by really really competitive players and i think after, you know by the sort of beginning of the second day i was like this is this isn't what i signed up for in terms of a game it's not fun anymore you know i'm just thinking about you know 
min-maxing and thinking about the best you know use of units but not because i'm enjoying it because i think i have to and i was missing out on, on a lot of things and it was only because the guys at the durham club were playing heresy and they seemed to have a really good time playing heresy um that i naturally kind of went you know what? i'm just not i'm not enjoying 40k anymore it's too competitive there's these all these you know blooming detachments whatever they were called coming out every other week you couldn't keep track of it you had to kind of keep buying stuff it just it was just a horrible time and they fixed a lot of that incidentally you know when they went to eighth but um if it wasn't for the fact that heresy came along and i started playing heresy where it was narrative focused i had to forget about all of the competitive urges that i'd had about min maxing all the rest of it and just think about actually this is just two people having a good game and i think there's a few people that have have that in the heresy c which is probably why it's as uncompetitive if you like as it is because i think a lot of people have been down that road with earlier editions of 40k and thought yeah that way lies something that i don't want to do and so to protect that people are very you know it's a kind of self-managing um peer peer review of things and lists and the way people play the game um that comes out so yeah i think that's definitely the case i wouldn't probably be doing if it wasn't for heresy sure about you michael um oh my my relationship with a hobby well it's well i i think it's you know i i don't work because i got a brain injury um so it's it's something that gives me focus in life yeah it's something that that keeps me sane as it were um and i still enjoy 40k um I didn't think formations were that bad when they first came out. They got ridiculous at the end, yes. Um, but for me, this is all about this is all about personal enjoyment, and that's that's it. I do it because I enjoy it. It gives me something to fulfill about, uh, to be fulfilled about. I mean, that great unclean one I finished. It was like I sat back, I look at that, and I was like, yeah, I like that. I'm I'm, I'm proud of that. That makes me feel good because I have. I have accomplished this. I have built. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's not that I'm saying, you know, I've got an empty life because I've got a wonderful, wonderful, uh, you know, pair of partners and uh, um, some good friends and and, and stuff like that. But this stuck with us now. Yeah. This gives me (laughs) something that is mine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think. And it's a way that I can express myself. I am. I'm not a a very good artist or writer or something like that, but I need a creative output. I think everybody needs a creative output. And I, I played video games a lot before I got back into to 40 K and board gaming and the community around that was, well, let's be perfectly honest. It's, it's a bit, it's a bit of a toxic, mm. you know, mm. yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Gamergate really killed it for me when it came to, when yeah. it came to, to, to video gaming and it, it's sort of like wargaming is an aspect where i where i feel like at least on a local level it's not as bad because people have to see each other um obviously on the internet people are absolute awful people sometimes to others um and can say some pretty terrible things but when it comes to the local scenes and especially in heresy yeah, you know when you're there aren't uh, that. Yeah, there's not too yeah, many yeah. players, is there? You're, you're not sport for choice. So Every, everyone seems to try their best to get along. Yeah, and be a 
decent human being and um i guess you know yeah i think the old adage be excellent to each other does kind of come into play um in the heresy scene yeah. certainly certainly and i think that is important actually as as technology um, <coughs> becomes more and more convenient and there's less um motivation to kind of leave the house and speak to somebody um particularly for people like us you know it, it becomes a you know it, it makes it gives you focus to 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 put that you know social aspect of it together and i think I that's think, i mean we met some fantastic people through yeah well, that's just just, just, just just i mean like i lived you know i'm the other end of the country from you guys um and you know we, we, we've got friends like you know, the, the guys that did this challenge with us you know joe john uh rob a guy that i talked to you know I, I would certainly regard him as a friend i'd you know regard joe as a friend but these aren't people that are um like day-to-day in our lives yeah. but if you're in a room with them it's it's never a problem if that makes sense yeah you never absolutely. feel like you've not seen them because at least you know you've got that like you said earlier you're always going to have that a, a conversation yeah absolutely and i think that's, that's really important i mean what's this hobby given me do you know what the happiest time ever for me was probably at last year's company legends when there was chris and dave and me together doing this because that's really important and um we've been lucky to be in able to be lucky, yeah. all three of us you know have this hobby that kind of unites us yeah so, really good um go on chris sorry um i think what the hobby is given i think for me the hobby i mean sort of going into heresy there was no i wasn't involved in the heresy scene at all down here mm. you know it was still that 40k but when heresy came out and it was you know i, I toyed with what i was going to do and if i was going to get involved in it and it's it's weird you know i don't play it day to day i don't play it week to week i play it you know half a dozen times a month but actually the hobby although i don't have that that involvement in it it's such a like a weirdly big part of my life now yeah because you know it, it's it's got me doing you know we do this we we've got the events you know, yes. we run we've got the events that we go to we do yeah. you know and it's it, it's weird to think that actually for something that's actually quite such a small part of my this hot my hobby is actually a relatively yeah. small part of my life yeah it's actually it takes up a huge amount it takes yeah. up for, for, for what it is it's just a massive part of my life you know yeah. to the point where uh annie will will go well why are you you know what what do you mean you're going away again <laughs> I was like, well I, i've got to go away because it's work it's like well, exactly. it's not work is it you're not getting paid for it i was like it the, the work doesn't quite work like this it's you know <laughs> i have a job and then i have work and, and yeah. you know it's, that's it's, kind it's, of how i view like this how i view comedy of legends is that's it's not necessarily that's my you know that's not my worst that's, i know what you mean that's, it's, that's it's, my it's, it's, it's kind of part of the thing it's now become part of the the necessary part of our hobby isn't it and it's you yeah know, and it is weirdly you know i look forward to doing the podcast i you know i genuinely do i look forward to running the events even though getting leading up to them they can be incredibly stressful i love going away um to events um with you guys because you know it's 
it's another dimension. It's like you know, we're going away and we're just going to all going to be doing is talking about you know hobby and stuff. And it's really nice to recharge your batteries in that regard. So yeah, so I suppose we could talk talk all night about this because it is quite a big thing. But um, your favourite army and why? So and why do you think we have played the armies that we have? So that's a really big question, but I'll. I'll I can answer it fairly quickly. I, th- I, I thought I, I thought I'd, I thought I'd throw some big ones out there. Yeah, that's a biggie that one. Uh, so the favourite army that I ever played was uh, my corn army in three and a half uh, version of forty k. Yeah, it was flipping monstrous, um, but it was a lot of fun. Okay, and it was a it was a fun army. I painted it myself. It was the first army that I'd fully painted. I think the only model that was painted by somebody was um, Adam painted my demon prince for me because it was a the metal demon prince was quite a big oh yeah relative, yeah speaking and, and it was a really really effective army as well the corn berserkers his troops was really good in three and a half i think it was three three might have been three it's not three and a half but um the corn berserkers was really good i had some predators i had some tanks i had a um defiler that was pretty good in fifth sixth edition i think um and it was an absolute monstrously good army if i'm honest with you so um so that was really cool and i actually got to i went to a qualifying tournament with that army uh way back in the day and i think i came third uh at warhammer world so you know not i didn't go to the i think i got smashed in the actual next round but you know for one moment you know i was at the sort of top echelons of war gaming i was very pleased with myself it was such a good army that was the one i probably enjoyed the most i mean i do love my iron warriors um but I really like my world eaters as well because they kind of remind me a bit of that army. Um, the uh, why do I think I play the armies that that we played? So the Iron Warriors was an interesting one because um, I always liked the look of the Iron Warriors, and I, what I, <coughs> I kind of went away from was that, that there's as sort of adversaries go, Iron Warriors are pretty good. Um, they've got a sense of honour, even though <coughs> they may have fall on the wrong side of the fence you know for what people think yeah um but they're not crazy right and that's this is the thing that separates them out from a lot of legions they're not they don't have the mad dog craziness of you know the world eaters i think that's your, got, it depends on your definition of crazy they're sort of they're more sociopath than, than yeah absolutely. wild exactly but you know if you have a if you're trying to write a story i suppose and you have a crazy unpredictable adversary it's quite hard to probably put a reasonable protagonist against them because they're just so mental so you know the fulgrims of this world the angrons of this world absolute lunatics right completely bat, bat crazy off the scale men mental whereas i think the iron warriors have a certain stoicism about them that makes them quite interesting characters the graham mcneil book i think is storm of Iron's a big influence on that for me i really liked yeah. Yeah, that was probably the one of the other things. And I like the paint scheme, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> really cool. Um, you know, um, and also by luck, not by premeditation, I hasten to add, uh, I picked them, but I didn't realise the course that I can actually take it. If there's an army that I can say uh, certain narratively, who would they have a full armoured company? Iron Warriors would. would. Would be the ones. Yes. So there you go. That's probably well, why I play them. What about you, Mike? What's your? I mean, it doesn't have to be heresy. It can be, you know, uh, 40k or, or fantasy. My or... favorite army. Uh, my favorite army of all time is. Um, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> that's why. That's I why I put it on there. 
still got a still got a soft spot for my blood ravens um i do like them uh i keep adding to them all the time uh i'm adding some primaris stuff for them at the minute um but i think my favorite army um is probably my orcs because they're absolutely nuts and i just have this uh, and I, I i built them around a stomper and they just always die so fantastically um mm. heresy wise um obviously my ultramarines are a great love um but i'm really really enjoying the death card at the minute so you say ultramarines is your great love so what's the thing that draws you to them what's the because graham said that, you know that Storm uh, it would and have to be it would have to be uh dan abnett's um no no fear yeah yeah absolutely no no fear no 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 it's 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 just an amazing book. It, it, it makes the, the it turns the ultramarines from being a boring, you know, the generic um, army of Warhammer with absolutely zero flavor um, beyond with space marines who happen to be the ultra space marines um, to a fully fledged, believable, fleshed out <clears throat> army. And they just they're in. They're brilliant in in, in that story, uh, and then they, they they you know they really continue to flesh them out to make them something more than simply the ultimate. Yeah. So they've yeah. they've made them a a proper <coughs> a proper faction personality. I suppose. Yeah, they're... yeah, they've got some personality now, and yeah. it's great because it feels like it's something that was lacking from them. And it, it's almost yeah. like we're starting a, we're starting afresh with a faction because they've, uh, although obviously there was a lot of influence from what went beforehand. Um, we've got an actual, there's actually something that makes sense about them now. You know, they aren't simply the, the goody two shoes parading up and down on the crag army anymore. They're a, they're a proper, there's a, there's an fighting edge to them. Force. Yeah. yeah. There's an edge to them. And I mean, yeah. the, the, the the stuff that's been done with um with, with David Annadale's work with the destroyers and uh and uh, and such and sort of looking at the the slightly uh, you know the the slightly less well publicized uh, aspects of the uh, the ultramarines and the stuff they do that they don't particularly like doing I suppose they get they get a hard deal in 40k because of the you know, their carrier reputation with them yeah due to you know yeah. certain things that have happened over the years sort of codex wise and things like that so i think yeah they've got the, the mary sue haven't they thing yeah. going on you know from but you're right i think it's it's a it's a brave um an unnecessary change for them to have given that personality you know which is what attracted me to the legion that i play yeah. it's got a personality that i like if you like <clears throat> so what about you mate my my i mean <clears throat> the army that i I mean, I have two. One mm-hmm. is my Imperial Guard army. Okay. Because still in the loft. That, it's still in the loft, and it's the first army that I fully sent. I fully built my. You know, I I got myself. If that makes sense. Yes. So, I mean, you and like Dave and uh, Rebecca bought things for me for like birthday and stuff like that. But that was like the first army that I, you know, that that was my army. If that makes sense. Totally. So that that will always be a you know that's probably why I've never got rid of it because uh you know there's some little models and things that I've done but like the the custodes are my uh, from the moment I first read 
I've got a hint of who they were, sort of way back when. You know, they're the army that I've always looked forward to playing at some point. Got you. Um, you know, I I built, I said I said before, twenty five Grey Knight Terminators in, in the loft as well. That you know, the whole idea for them was that they were going to be my proxy custodes army. Right. Um, you okay. know, because that was as close as you were ever going to get. Yeah. At, at that particular time, I mean, I love my fists. Um, I, I, you know, it was never a conscious effort, a conscious decision that I would play fist to your Iron Warriors. No, it wasn't. It was weird that because it? I was gonna play because I still had some Chaos Marines. And I was sort of doing a little Marine detachment to ally with my demons, which were World Eaters. The idea was that I would do a World Eaters army that would, you know, be the the starting point of of that. 40k army if that makes yeah sense. yeah <clears throat> so i can't i don't remember exactly why but it was never a oh graham's doing iron warriors no. fist it was i think something just particularly attracted me to them i think it may have been because they were a very different paint scheme yeah they look cool i probably would say that straight away because yeah. um, yellows are yellows are an absolute pig to paint <clears throat> but i think they were I think also they they were they're the antithesis of my demon army. Yes. So my my demon army was much like your chaos army. My demon army was brutal and rarely lost. It was really brutal. And, uh, but it was a it was a very upfront in your face. It's what I do with my custodes, <laughs> exactly. Basically, but in demon form. Um, as my fists, you know, they were the antithesis of that. They would sit back and shoot. Yeah. You know, so I think, but I, I think, yeah, my custodes will always be the, the, the one that I always wanted to play. Got ya. But yeah, my, my Imperial Girl Army, love them or love them or hate them, you know, they'll always, always be sort of special. Got ya. In that regards. Cool. So to sort of wrap it up, then I suppose. Yeah. Um, going forward, the question you've put here, Chris. Uh, what do we look forward to and our hopes for the future of the hobby or hopes for the future of the hobby? Yeah. So that's just that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so does, do you want to go first on this one, Michael? Oh, uh, going, going forward. What do I look forward to? <sighs> ah, that's a difficult one. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to having the, the um, heresy armies completed, if that makes any sense. So, we uh we get a full you know we we get the full panoply of armies yeah once the angels are out and yeah once the angels are out um i'm kind of looking forward to more i don't know it's hard to put into i mean heresy wise i just want more more books more uh development of the game more um more you know more I, I yeah. want to I want to see the game develop. I think it's going in an interesting direction. I like some of the new units in um in book eight, and I want to see more of that. I want to see those develop more, um, and I want to see more options for the legions. I want to see things that that make that, 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 that I want the heresy to continue to grow and get stronger, and for um more options to be added so that uh, uh, we get even more diverse army lists um yeah that makes sense yeah uh, 
I, I want to see more Titanicus. Definitely want to see more Titanicus. Um, and then in general hobby, I just want Games Workshop to continue to do what they're doing now, which is really knocking it out of the park at the, park at the minute. I mean, yeah, very very rarely you get a, a, a week's release and you think, mm, you know what, I I I, I could I, I'd never be interested in that. Um, almost every single week's release is uh, something I can honestly say, yeah. Uh, if i had if, if if money and space was not a question maybe i'd go for that so it's funny we were talking about this on monday with me now having a quick discussion about like the the quality of model that that gw more in prime more than forger just as, as the conversation we were having was that you look at the quality of the model that they're producing now um and it's just you know it it's going to sound gw apologist and, and promo but it blows pretty much everything else out of the water. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and even when you go back, sort of, you know, we were talking about the Deepkin. I mean, they look, you know, th- those models are only what, a year, two years old, if that. Mm-hmm. But even since that, the the quality seems to have gone up another level. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It just makes you think, you know, you know, where are we going to be in a year's time? Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, for me, it's. So I'm looking forward to seeing um, where we're going to be hobby-wise uh, once Black Library finish the books. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's going to be an interesting point in time where we get to the point where there's no more Black Library books, you know, in in the heresy scene, but Forge World are still going to have a long way to catch up at that point yeah it's, it depends on what journey they take isn't it to get there yeah. they short circuit it and <coughs> chuck in i don't, I don't think you could do siege of terror as one book if that is you know is as one black book no because there's there's too many important events in it that you want to try and cover properly yeah i but. think that's true i mean i suppose there's only so much you can put in a black book though if you think about it Lots yeah, of yeah, yeah i suppose but, uh, but as know. tony cottrell said um uh, in a um in in a in a in the weekend a preview show uh back back a couple of months ago um they don't necessarily have to tell the rest of the heresy through the black books they have the options of doing it through Titanicus books and if well when they get to the siege I would hope that Battlefleet Gothic or Battlefleet yeah. Heres- Heresy yeah, is out you've got what... you've got one you can eliminate one big black book there because you can do the Solar War as a um as a as a as a battlefleet gothic book yeah i think yeah. i mean battlefleet gothic or the next iteration thereof is going to be i'm looking for i'm excited about the idea of that yeah that was um that was what i was going to suggest as the thing that i was look, hoping for um would be that it's if we're gonna get it it's going to be a long way off in the future yeah a, yeah. yeah i mean ultra, I, i'm looking forward to like what we do like as a yeah. as Edge of Empire as a as a brand um, and company of legends wise. So I think yeah. that's the, every year we've kind of we've we, you know we're taking it a step on. We are. That is true. I mean, um, I, I suppose my worry is that there's only so many things you can do uh, to make <laughs> you know we keep pushing that envelope. <clears throat> I guess that's that's the main thing. Yeah, but I don't think any of us like, but you know, the three of us aren't necessarily we aren't people that want to go okay yeah that'll do 
No, you're right. I don't think any of us in any conversation we've ever had about the show or events has been, well, well that'll do. That's fine. You're right. You're right. You know, I, I could, and everyone, you know, and we've said it before, every, everyone else is doing events and everyone else drives each other forwards. Yes, definitely. You know, into, into doing, you know, it's not, that we, you know, it's, it's not a case of keeping up. Everyone's trying to push each other, which yeah. is great for, sort yeah. of, you know, for, for event organizers like us. Totally. But I think that's, that's going to be the sort of, sort of the next, sort of next year, next couple of years with, you know, the, the hobby changing again. Mm. Now, Titanic is setting in, settling, <laughs> settling into the, into it and, and, you know, seeing what things can be done. Yeah. And finding ways of making that work. I mean, it's, um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, what am I looking forward to? Do you know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Angron being a demon prince because he's blooming oh, useless yeah. currently. Um, that I'm looking forward to seeing what the I think Primarchs, the demon prince Primarchs look like. I think it'd be really cool. Um, the other thing I think is that, say, Battlefleet Gothic, I would like to see that come back because that was a lot of fun. Um, and now I could actually afford to buy the models. So it would be even more fun. Um <coughs> So that's, you know, I think those are the things that I'm looking forward to. I think um, I'd like to see them do something around Talon just because it's going to have tanks in it. Um, and I don't know whether they will do that on their journey, but um, that would definitely be a cool thing for me to, to have yeah. to see. So those are, think, those are the things that I'm looking forward to. And like you say, our continuing kind of work on the podcast is, and, and the events is really good. So there we go. I think that rather insightful little snippet oh, there it's, really... Uh, yeah. Yeah, good, good conversation. Um, if anyone else has any questions that you know they want us to try and answer, we'll you know put them in the Facebook and we'll we'll try and answer them maybe next episode or something. And mm. you know, if we can, as long as they're not too you know personal. Yes, I think we have to kind of draw a certain amount yeah. of mystique. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think uh, it's interesting how this hobby has a habit of you know you you end up weirdly with you know people with similar interests that you that become your friends yeah i mean you know and that's that's a good thing really good thing you've got to think that you know the, the three of us all grew up at different points in in, in different uh, different locations to a greater or lesser extent and yet here we are having mm. you know, got that common yeah you know right. and be, you yeah know, definitely it's, it's you know when it's, it's a weird thing isn't it it's you know that it, it just draws in so many different people. Yeah. Even, you know, people, when we go to events, I'm often, you know, I, I might see someone and it's a judgment call when you look at them and you think, really? Is it, you know, they're a, they're a, a, a hobbyist. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely you know. right. I mean, that is, that is in this day and age, you know, particularly, you know, with social media, the echo chamber of social media, uh, the chances to get out and actually speak to people is, is somewhat limiting. You speak to people at work, but that's probably about it. But, you know, just to hear somebody else's a different point of view uh, from your friends is a good thing. You yeah. Know? Um, and I think that, that that's very healthy as well. So in summation, then, I suppose in wrap up, um, like you say, was there anything else that people want to kind of ask us about? Any questions along those lines? We'd be happy <coughs> to do it. I'll say about this. It's quite interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's, uh, pretty, that's that's how we got to be uh, on Edge of Empires yeah, podcast. Yeah, guys. Another 25 episodes to go at least. Four. <laughs> at least. Uh, so let's move on to our very exciting six-man 
Battle Royale list challenge. Oh, yeah, this did awesome. get to be competitive. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah it did, because in fact, you were messaging me <laughs> two days afterwards going, in that right of war? But to be fair, I must actually point out that I genuinely knew that, that there was nothing wrong with the right of war or how it was implemented. I was actually just curious as to the rule, because that sounded <coughs> really cool. I'd never come across it before. Oh, okay, fair enough. But... All will be revealed over the next mm. hour or so. I think it's about totally. an hour, wasn't it? So, it was about yeah, that. Yeah, about that, yeah. Next up is our list challenge. So uh, for this special 20, 25th... <laughs> 25th episode anniversary uh we have decided to uh get a much larger cross-section of the heresy world rather than us three sad individuals uh to try and put together some lists that would best encompass defenders of terror so this is lists that of um armies that were were on terror during the siege charged with defending the imperial palace so uh joined from uh, with us tonight, not only is obviously myself and Chris and Michael, but we have uh, Joe. Hello, Sailor Joe. Hello, Joe. We have uh, who's on Chris's team. Yeah, uh, we have uh, John. Hello, who is on my team? The legendary John. I hasten to add the person who can roll more ones than well, even me actually. And finally, yes. but certainly not least. Uh, masquerading, guesting from the web duties on the Imperial Truth podcast is none other than Rob the Legend Ing. Good evening. Uh, here we go. <laughs> so what we're going to do is, uh, as per normal, so the lists that challenge is, is based on three completely subjective and made-up criteria. So what we do is we look for who uh, has best uh, hit the, the brief in terms of the uh, criteria for the actual theme. We secondly, we have a very subjective view on uh, wh- which list would be the best in terms of facing this on the battlefield. So uh, not just obviously the list that's going to smash the most face, but also one that's actually fun to play against. And finally, the bit that I never win, which is how much this stuff's going to cost. So because you go for the big toys every single time. It's... So in in this though, we have been slightly limited because we have done three thousand points between each team which basically is two 1,500-point armies, so fairly small in the world of heresy, which also pretty much precludes me from lashing out on some vastly preposterous uh, super heavy. So without further ado, uh, we are going to start off with, obviously, always a a tricky one, my brother. Chris, go on. Show us what you've got. Tell us what your your theme and what you're trying to do here. So me and Joe have gone... Well, Joe's sort of got the ball rolling with his his half of the list, which is a Blood Angels list, which is pretty tasty. But we'll we'll get into what the, the nuts and bolts of it. So to to accommodate, well, not to accommodate, to accompany the uh, the list choices that uh, Joe's gone with, I chose White Scars. So two of the uh, definitive armies of of the Siege of Terror, and I think you know we've gone with a with a, with a lightning attack approach. Would that be Okay, so you've got. Do you agree with that, Joe? We've gone for. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. I mean, we'll 
leave defending it to Muppets like Valdor and all them. <laughs> I'll, I'll let that one slide because you're on my team, but I've killed men for less. <laughs> I've killed Valdor, I think. Yeah, Safe whatever. to say we're abandoning the walls and taking the fight to them. Yeah. As yep. was uh, as was when, they uh, want. When you need a spaceport cleared, this is the this is the army that uh, th- that's going to do it. This is this is what we're going to go with. So I'll let Joe go through with his uh, his half of the list to start with, and then we'll go with with the bits that I'm tacking onto that. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I'm starting with a Praetor with a jump pack, tooled up as you'd probably have expected. Uh, I'm like a genius, I've let it all close down. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've got a Praetor tooled up how you'd think. So he's got the Mastercrafted, Mastercrafted Paragon Blade, he's got the Digi Lasers, the Iron Halo, and uh, the Rite of War. I've gone for Drop Pack, uh, sorry, Drop Assault Vanguard. Uh, then I've gone for another two HQ choices, exactly the same. Uh, two Chaplains, both with Artificer Armor. Both with the power weapon they come with, which I'd take a mace, just because they don't want like a chaplain without a mace. Uh, Blade of Perdition and the jump pack. Then I've got two full 20-man assault squads with two two power weapons, uh, all with melter bombs and with a sergeant with artificer armor and a power fist. And then lastly, my elite slot, I've taken the obligatory two apothecaries with jump packs. So it's the 1,500 points, all dropping, all coming in, turn one, characters and the lot. Uh, yeah, and the only bit of extra solid on that is my thing about Drop Assault Vanguard. I just think it's strictly better than Day of Revelation. I just think it's better. I know it's not the Blood Angels one, but it's very it's very similar. I just think blind for everything, blinding, every, getting everything within 12 snap firing is just better than the 5-up cover save. Okay. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's my good. little bit. Seems reasonable. That seems yeah, reasonable. Yeah, it's good to with the... Um... Go on, Rob. What are you going to say? I was going to say it sounds suspiciously like your Night Lord's army painted red. Joe. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> so the Night Lord's one's even better. When it comes to cost, it's like <laughs> six quid for a can of army painted red spray, and you've already got it. <laughs> I'm yeah, just uh, much, yeah. just before you start throwing around too many uh, stones in those glass houses, Rob. Just remember, <laughs> what you reap is very much what you sow in this particular game. As yes. Chris oh, and going, I, Chris and I have. Don't worry. <laughs> Chris and okay. I have, have said many times. So go on, Chris. Right. What, so what one trick pony are you going to surprise? Oh, I'm, I'm bringing out the ultimate one trick pony. So I have got a Delicatus on a uh, scimitar jet bike with a thunder hammer, artificer armor, plasma pistol, refractor field. I have a legion champion on a scimitar jet bike, a paragon blade, artificer armor, uh, refractor field, and they've both got the heavy bolts in the in the jet bikes. Uh, I've got three units of six jet bikes, and they've got standard war gear, but they also have a multi-melter in one and a Volkite culverin in another, and those three units are all the same. I've got a uh, one of our favourite units, the Javelin, with a twin-link NAS cannon. And mm. my last unit is a Sky Slayer support squadron, all with multi-melters, and there's four in that particular unit. Ooh. So, and that's using the Chagorian Brotherhood right of war. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> between between the three hundred point, the three thousand points that me and Joe would put on that table, 
you know, we're going to be in, we're going to be in your faces okay. pretty quickly. That is flipping quick. That yeah. is fast. That is fast. I'll and give you with, that. with the, the, the melters in, that we've got between the two of us, armor's not going to be a problem. So if, if someone wanted to bust out armored breakthrough, uh, Graham, no, you know, nothing personal or anything. Um, but, you know, I mean, we can't really deal with it. The assault marines can multi-assault every tank. If yeah. Really want to. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, the veg- uh, all the jet through. bikes have got melt bombs as well, so it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you were, I suppose if we were playing this and both of you took armor breakthrough, I still think you would struggle because the, the problem with armor breakthrough is it is incredibly vulnerable to that kind of army. Yeah. So, um, you know, all you need to do is survive a turn and you're, you're done, basically, because, yeah. like Joe says, multi bombing or multi attacking with big assault squads, yeah, you're not going to get away with that. So, um, that would be pretty good. Where do you think any weaknesses there? I mean, Augury scanners are going to be uh, pretty devastating for you, though, aren't they? Even with... Oh, utterly ruined. But, yeah, they... but I suppose with Joe's, with the snap firing, is quite cool, because I'm assuming that's probably a reasonable counter. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I've played it a reasonable amount, and it's so much fun, stuff like Typhons and stuff like that. If you can get with them, oh, I'm just going to just gonna delete your assault squad. Well, actually, no, you're not, because you can't actually shoot me. So. Yeah, unlucky, no. unlucky son. But then on the same vein, if you do deep strike, I'm deep striking me 700, oh, an 800 point unit and a 700 point unit. So I miss, I miss up and I'm in a lot of trouble. But in Does, this, this would have been the doubles though. You haven't got the big scary stuff to worry about. You're not going to be dropping in in front of a glaive or a typhon. You're going to be dropping in against maybe a couple of Sakarans, a couple of Derideos. There's not going to be anything really scary for you. But the um, so it's oh, it, it what makes the, even the, stronger. Malkador, is it? That's the one that's now gone from super heavy to still not. Yeah, that's, yeah it's no worse than a Lehman Russ in that. We don't talk about them. Yeah, sorry, I forgot. Any sort of like, well, obviously, Phosphex mortars or a, a Whirlwind Scorpius or an Arcus or something like that. They, if they can keep away from us, they'd cause me, me yeah. a world of trouble. Yeah, I think, but like I say, in terms of first turn shenanigans, it's right up there. But yeah. like I say, Augury scanners. I mean, Iron Warriors with Iron Havocs, for example, with, say, uh, autocannons or Volkites would probably hurt quite a lot. But, you know, you'd still with big squads, I expect to get There's through. the Mechanicum one as well, isn't there? There's the Mechanicum version, and they've got they've got that the tank that can do it with the, fla- the AP-3 flamer weapon. Yeah, what's it called? The um, Machinid Explorator. Yeah, that really would hurt. But, you know, they're fairly rare. You don't see too many of them. But, yeah, that would that would be a counter. But other in fifteen hundred point lists, are yeah, you going exactly. to? You know, it's a lot of lot of points to take up. It is a lot of points, particularly in a, particularly in a um, mechanical army, which we know is quite expensive anyway. So yeah. that's a that's a cool list. I think that would be would be pretty effective. Yeah, um, awesome it, and all on the table. Uh, you've got a nice, yeah. pretty good combo between both of the armies. I think they and I think segue well. Also, if you were going to, I was thinking about this actually. You could probably run this as a normal list if that makes sense without it being doubles, because Joe the without. You'd lose two of the HQs from Joe's list, mm. but you could still it would still fit into an allied detachment. Would it? Yeah, because only two troop choices. Right. And um, some, it's only allowed one of each of the others. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah. So it's not so one apothecary and things, but it's not too bad. Yeah. You know, you could still make it work in a three thousand point list. Sounds good. Um, without too many shenanigans to to move mm. it around, and the same but vice versa if you wanted to put the white scars as the allied. 
Got you. No, that's. I think it's a really cool list. I, I really like it. I think it's um, like I say the, the two armies work together, which was part of the brief. So, so far, so good. So, with any other any other comments or queries about the the list of speed that is that one? It would cer- it would certainly do a number potentially on my half of mine and Michael's. <laughs> I, I, I think given ours, it it would probably well yeah. If we we haven't got the numbers to deal with it. I think that's the, that's where we. Ah, to see, go. I told you, Jerry. We you know we've got this. I've gone for but it. Then, so, but on. then, as as Rob has alluded to, it is very similar to the lists I've been playing a lot of lately. I'm <laughs> yeah. getting beaten in nearly every game. So you just need to get some white scars. That's what you need. That's that's where I've we got need. Them. To... I've got them. There we are. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So without further ado, then. So so John and I, should we go next? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's see what horrors. Yeah, let's see what horrors you can unleash upon us. All right then. Well, actually, it's is not it too armored, bad. Is it armored breakthrough? No. Yeah. Heck. Some of us have a multitude of talents when it comes to list building. You, you just... don't, though, do you? Whoa! Whoa! whoa. How, many, how many armies have you built that have been not? I'm just going to run at things and hit them. Let me count them on the oh finger that I have in front of me. I think I find my fists were never just that. Thank you very much. When have we uh, sent them, Chris? Yeah, that's right. You've seen them a lot more, but I'm sure we've already discussed that in the episode, so let's just go. And that was just the White Scars shooting list. Just saying. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of uh, Imperial Fists, because it would annoy the bejesus out of you, I've decided to use the the boys in yellow uh, for my list. So, yeah, you've ruined them. <laughs> well, I just thought about maybe you know giving the worst possible combination of Imperial Fist, but then I thought that would be just petty. So uh, what I have got is I have got. Let me just get the list up, and I shall tell you once I've done that. So I've gone for like I say we've taken the brief as defenders of terror. So we've gone for very much a defensive-minded set of lists. So uh, that's that's what a, what a shot, Graham. Once an Iron what Warrior, always shot. an Iron Warrior. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the clue is in the title, Defenders iron, of Terror. Iron, you're just an iron warrior in disguise. <laughs> iron warrior in disguise. <laughs> Wait a minute. Aren't you Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. you supposed to be good at defending? Yeah, oh, we yes. are, absolutely. Better than your mob. But anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> have you uh, assaulted any iron cages recently? Um, Sigismund is my uh, HQ of choice. He's actually gr- I'm grudgingly respectful of this chap. He's got some really good... Um, and useful ability so that's my hq in my 1500 and like i say we've gone for a defense money one so sigismund does give some cool benefits and bonuses which i shall go through so uh, he's got a pretty good stat line i think um for a 230 point character uh weapon skill seven so very much close combat focused uh fours for the normal strength toughness etc he's got four wounds which is cool uh, he is quite high initiative at four and has four attacks and leadership ten Comes with a two plus save, iron halo. He's got this rather cool black sword, which is very nice, I think, uh, which is like a paragon blade, but it's plus two strength rather than plus one. And his AP2, melee two handed, and that'd be going at initiative five. So a really good um, one of those characters that'd be very good against Terminators who are usually going at initiative one. Um, he gives, um, I can use Templar Brethren, which I have as troop choices compulsory troop choices yeah which is very good um and sort of gives you some pretty cool looking troops i think um they also get what else does he get here uh sigismund any unit is joins with a legion of starkings imperial fist rule 
gains plus one initiative when they charge, and they may re-roll both failed charge distances, <coughs> excuse me, and sweeping advances. So um, that is another really useful ability. That's his death's champion thing. Um, he also comes with the Dolores, Dolorous Fighter special rule. Um, this, uh, so even, I say, it gives him uh, in challenges, he must accept, must always issue an accept challenge where possible. Uh, and it takes precedent over any normal rules. Sigismund's attacks have the instant death special rule and successful invulnerable saves taken against his attack must be re-rolled in challenges. So that is really useful. Um, okay, he's a he's an excellent anti-character um, character, if you like. The Black Sword we've already talked about. He's got a Warlord trait, which is Slayer of Kings, which isn't actually great, but he is a pretty good character anyway. So you get plus one victory points for, for, for all models uh, and all models in Sigismund are, sorry, if you kill the Warlord in a challenge, so the enemy's Warlord in the challenge, uh, he gets plus one victory points and all models in Sigismund army had plus one to their um, combat resolution, which actually isn't too bad, but the chances any Warlord's going to, unless it's a Primarch, going to stand in front of Sigismund seems fairly slim uh, by choice anyway. So he comes with a, like I say, a lot of, lot of cool bonuses. I've then gone for no elites. I've gone straight in for three troops choices, which is the Templar Brethren. So uh, I think these are a cool-looking unit. They've got some good rules. Um, Templar Brethren uh, come with uh, Artisifer armor, so the two plus to start with. Uh, power sword, bolt, bolt pistol, frag, and crack grenades. Uh, I've given them combat shields to give them um, a close combat save because that's where they're going to be being used. But I've only got five in each squad because they are pretty pricey, um, if truth be told. I've also given the chapter champion, which is the sort of sergeant equivalent, uh, a solarite power gauntlet, which I think is also another really good, that's unique a unique weapon for the uh, Imperial Fists. Yeah, it's a Mastercrafted Power Fist, basically. Yeah, but it's AP1 as well, which yeah. uh, can't be underestimated as how few AP1 things there are. I've got melter bombs and stuff, but multiple attacks with AP1 becomes really useful. So, um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a really cracking upgrade. So I've got three of those. They're all basically identical in that regard. Um, there are only five in each squad, which does lend me to think that although they're survivable, they would get easily swamped. Um, I've then gone for the other um, sort of board-based uh, unit, which is the Phalanx Warder Squad. Um, so they've just got... Uh, they're also quite good. Well, they come, they've come. they kind of like upgraded... Um, Where have you gone for them? In which slot, just out of interest? They, they're in the fast attack slot, okay, because I haven't taken the stone... You haven't taken gauntlet. Pollocks. No, oh, I haven't. Yeah. Or the stone gauntlet um, right of war. So, yes, don't worry. Nothing to see here. No, just uh, take them. They're so pretty good. Three plus. They come with boarding shields, which are reason, which are useful, uh, particularly for things charging them. So uh, the only thing that lets them down, I think, is that they haven't got um, scoring. They're not a scoring unit, which is a bit of a shame because they'd be a fantastic scoring unit, um, particularly if you wanted them to stick on an objective. So they get this shield wall special ability, which I'm not sure if it's changed in the FAQ. I, I think I don't know if it has or it hasn't. Um, I know they did do some changes because they certainly yeah. reduced their points. Their by points some. cost, yeah went right down to make them a really viable thing um let me just have a look at that so the shield wall uh, special ability uh, <coughs> it's uh what do they get here so three models remaining it gets bonus of plus one weapons skill any turn that unit has been charged uh friendly models and characters joining this squad also benefit this special rule as long as at least three models with the shield wall special rule survive um 
So they're also uh, unshakable defenses, models with the Legion of Stars. Oh, that's just the Imperial Fist special, which I probably should have talked about earlier. Uh, they get hardened armor, disciplined fire, the unshakable defenses, which is when they're sitting behind a defense line. Um, and I think these guys get counterattack as well, don't they? Yeah, counterattack, which I've realized to my horror when fighting against Space Wolves, how useful that particular ability is, because it is a belter. So I've got three squads of those, Phalanx Warden Squadron, and then I've got two Land Raiders, um, just the Land Raider uh, Proteus, uh, just with Dozer Blades, so um, and just Las Cannons. And they're basically going to, I'm going to chuck a couple of Tem- Templar Brethren in there uh, with Sigismund or possibly a Phalanx Warden, I don't know, depends on the mission. And then finally, I've actually put some defences in, which is the Aegis Defence Line too basically hide behind and try and absorb any charges coming in from various assault squads. So that's me. Okay. What about John then? Go yeah. John. Yes. Well, I went for the Imperial military. Um, starting off with my HQ as a force commander. Mm-hmm. Uh, core base armor, close combat weapon, saber familiar, iron halo, and a last pistol. Uh, then I went on for my second HQ of choice. I went for a, a, a platoon command, Cade. Um, now, looked at their rules. Um, obviously, in that unit, you've got one platoon air commander, one Vox operator, one platoon standard bearer, and three military body cards. Also included an extra three additional military bodyguards. They all have uh, carapace armor. The platoon, uh, sorry, platoon commander has a close combat weapon and a las pistol. Okay. For the elites, um, Medicaid detachment, obviously, which obviously gives them a nice uh, female pain, which comes of a unit of three. Then I went on and uh, added is the Organ Brute Squad, and I have yeah. one, two, three, four, six of them. That's a monster squad, literally yes. a monster squad. With, yeah. uh, they've all got obviously additional close combat weapons as well. Yeah, they've, I had a look at these, John. I was admit, I was like, and I haven't really given them a, a, a thought beforehand because they just look like they're going to get shot to death. So actually, do you know what? Six of these bad boys coming at you is something to think about. For nothing else, they're pretty tough and they've got a lot of wounds. Yeah, five, I mean, yeah, toughness five, three wounds each. I mean, Ouch. weapon skills four, the ballistic skills obviously rubbish. But, you know, yeah. three attacks, four attacks with the extra close combat weapon, uh, five on the charge. They've got hammer of wrath. They're stubborn. So that's mm-hmm. pretty good. The bunch of the leadership is pretty poor. Um, but yeah, you know what? They're, they're they're not a bad old unit, to be honest with you. They would be easily gunned down in a big game. But um, like I said, six of them is a lot of wounds to get through, and they're relatively cheap. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I did like about them, I mean, like three of them is like 120 points, according to this, and you can add an extra one for 35 points. Yeah. Additional close combat weapon is an extra 10 points. Do you know what I mean? Which gives them that extra... Attack. Yeah. An extra attack because obviously the walkie has got close combat weapon. You give them an extra close combat weapon. So I mean, you, you could potentially have a well, minimum four attacks at five if you do get your charge off. Yeah. Strength five, toughness five. They have got three wounds, but like you say, they would I think go down if you're going to shoot at them. Yeah. I, think um, it, I mean, it's without the the the, the extra armor on them, they're only a five up save. 
yeah, they're going to suffer from that for sure. Our big team from the troops uh, picked the Grenade squad. Yeah. Which went for 17 of them. Uh, from people. One of them's got a Vex filler stand. Yeah. Uh, two of them give um, grenade launchers. Grenade launchers, yeah, with the yeah. gas grenades. They're, with they're the grenades. And the gas grenades are pretty good because um, they have got the poison four up. Yeah. Is, is it a small blast or something? It is a small blast, yeah. So it's yeah, pretty good. So, again, you know what I mean? Just looking for a little bit of long range to get out there. Um, I mean, I think I went, yeah, I think it's 17, you get 17, but you've got the three others. So it's actually 20 man squads that you're talking about for that particular yeah. one. So that's a big old squad. And you've, you've put them in something, haven't you, John, which is awesome. I did, yeah. For a dedicated transport, I bought the Gorgon Heavy Transport. Damn on, oh, you right. beauty. That's what the point yeah, right, is. It, it is. I mean, it has got armored side mate and a Gorgon mortar uh, battery yeah. and two twin linked water cannons. <clears throat> So it's a great bit of kit. This one. This is the one where you. I think you, um, that would certainly need dealing with, wouldn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, um, I mean, this thing's a it's front side armor fourteen rear ten, but it has got nine hull points. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's um, it's a big old thing. I think you're going to have to. I mean, there's also class. Obviously, it's a super heavy vehicle. Yep. Uh, the Gorgon water battery. I mean, minimum of twelve to forty-eight strength five, AP five. Heavy four, uh, three inch blast, barrage, and pinning. Yeah. It's a one yeah. use only thing. Isn't it, it is, yeah. It's just looking at it has got one use. But again, I mean, obviously, to put your HQs in there with some troops, because according to this, it can carry up to 40 models. Yes. <laughs> which is. Yeah, it's a big old lump the, of a thing. Like, it's a lovely. The only model. thing it, it is. with it would be that if it got blown up mm-hmm. with all those guys in there, mm-hmm. that's a lot of. A lot I of potential models you're going to use to wound wise. It, it, it yeah. is. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's. I hear what you're saying. I mean, it's. I mean, I think it actually, if it's got a four plus, sorry, it's got a five plus invon on the front arc, yeah. and it's got a four plus if that's blast, and it has nine I mean, hull points, like John says. So, yeah, I mean, I allow think, us to allow us to introduce Joe's massive melter bomb squad. <laughs> But then, if you think about it, they would also fundamentally be in that blast. So you yeah. could, you would, you could, if you get a very unlucky roll, have a very, you could be talking about on the outside, even, you know, strength 10 AP2 in the seven inch blast. I think it's strength five something, strength five AP4 at the, at the ends on a very unlucky okay. roll. So you could, whether you would risk it, I suppose, for a Grenadier squad, which is fundamentally fairly rubbish in comparison, is, a, is another matter. It is a good way of getting people to an objective. I don't think it's a game winner in terms of its uh, sort of shooting ability. But no, downside of having it as you dedicated... can get out on that objective and still stand yes. behind it, though, yes. you're going to yeah, take some shifting. Totally. Yeah. I think also that the, the downside of having it as dedicated transport is nothing else could go in it, even though the super heavy rules say that you could put multiple squads in mm. because it's a dedicated mm. transport. So <clears> can, as far as I'm aware, you guys may have a better idea than me. If you get a dedicated transport, they have to be deployed into it, don't they? Well, no, they don't have to be deployed into it. I'm just thinking whether you can uh, put another squad in there, but you can't do it at a deployment. No, you can. Else. You can do it at a deployment. Can you? Yeah. Okay, so it's, you could put the... Just the spare space. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think. It could yeah. take 40 models, and it's taking 20. The only, time you can't, the only time you can't if it is, if it's, in, it's, if it's in a different detachment. 
then you'd have to wait till the start of the game. You'd have to wait yeah. till turn one. Okay, which, which I, it is a bit of a weird one, that one, because I know that, you know, you don't, it doesn't normally happen because there's very few super heavy transports, isn't there? This may be the, um, uh, what's the other one? The two big flyers, Thunderhawks and that. But um, it's like, for, exa- it's like, for example, transports for quite a lot of stuff, aren't there? But you could, but you could definitely take a Spartan or a Land Raider as a heavy support choice, and you wouldn't bat an eyelid about somebody putting a unit in it before the game started. No, no, you, I think that's right. But dedicated transport, i.e., a transport that's bought for a specific unit only. Hmm. I think there's some weird rules. There are some rules about it. I'll dig them out in a bit. But yeah, anyway, I, I think the squad that bought it is the only squad that can start in it. But I don't know how that interacts with super heavy that can take multiple. Yeah, it's I don't know how, how how that would work with so like attaching a character. For example, I'm going to go back to the Spartan. The Varagir Terminators can take a Spartan as a dedicated transport. Yeah, but, but the character they attack, the character yeah, they attack the becomes part, becomes of, the part of the unit. Yeah. 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 Whereas you are talking about actually putting multiple separate, units a separate in. unit in. Yeah. So you know, for example, what would be tempting, though I think with six of them you can't do it because they're are they very bulky or bulky? I'm just going to have a look Ooh. at the um. Well, the the Ogrins. Oh, they're, they're going to be bulky. They're, think, they're very bulky. I think, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the rules for this, and it's got Dorkin auxiliary uh, transport and capacity of 40 models. Yeah. You know what the Gorgon is capable of carrying around 50 models in practice. However, near the 40 can actually fit in. During the game, the Gorgon has many models you can keep it. Uh, other models at the side of the table, these come to place at the side of the table when disembark. Um, fire points, all that appears open top passages may not fire out of obviously the transport. This bit I find a bit confusing because it's got access points, although it appears open top passengers may only uh, embark and disembark from the ramp hatch. Up to two units may embark or disembark it. Then, so how would that work? Would you take it, like you say? Yeah. For designated transport for one unit, then maybe potentially put another unit in there. Yeah, totally. That, I mean... Yeah, because when it, when it was released, Forge World released it with the Krieg, and they did special units of 10 yeah, Krieg guardsmen, so you could have 40 guys in it if you wanted to spend 80 quid on models you didn't quick, put on the table. Quick point of interest, guys. Go on. Quick point of interest. Reading from the rule book, the only the only limitation of dedicated transport is that when it is deployed, it can only carry the unit it was selected with, plus any independent characters that have joined it. After the game begins, it can then transport any friendly unit. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, ah. yeah. So you could jump them in turn one. Yeah, basically, but you couldn't because we've got six of them and they're three. They can't take three points a model. So um, no, six so, uh, threes. Uh, that's all right. Eighteen, isn't it? That works. Yeah. yeah. So basically, John, turn one, Gorgon, we then get the, the uh, Ogrins in the back of the Gorgon and we drive to victory. Perfect. What a list. Gets better and better each time of reading it. <laughs> okay. Next Isn't up, Because right? yeah, Well, setting troop choices in our grenade squad, um, obviously just standard. Um, Vexilla, Sergeant Close Combat Weapon, Last Pistol. Um. And I'm moving to heavy support squad, which is um, three Lehman Rust battle tanks, all with heavy bolters. And I go in it as well. What me and Green decided was for fortification was an Aegis defence lane. So we would have quite a long defence lane going along our table uh, just to hide behind and 
came up with four cover, uh, four cover save. Right. Who who decided on the ages defence line just out of interest? We both came <laughs> to it and it's independently. Both, Thank you. Let yeah. me uh, let me get my uh, horse manoeuvrometer out and uh, oh, it's, it's, for some reason it's set itself on fire. No, Chris, no. I mean, can, um, I, can I just? Re- I heard that Graham had a special pad for writing lists, like custom printed, and on every single page it's already gotten written. Ages defence line yeah. and ammo dumps just already printed it. on the page. Uh, absolutely. Just um, just to refer back to uh, my learned colleague's comment there, the uh, whole point of the objective here is to have two armies that work together. Yeah. If yes. two armies have defence lines, they work together. together. With all due respect for the honourable member for the fourth league, uh, I will point out that he does have a precedent, and there there is there is precedent in the Parliament of Heresy for his use of the Aegis defence line. What does he have to say about you said, his continued behaviour? I thought you said everyone who was diving in gorgons and going forward anyway. Well, we would yeah. do some of that. Can I draw another, another order, issue with the fact that order. you've got Sigismund and Templar brethren and you're going to stick them behind an Aegis defence no, line? I'm going to put them in a rhino, in a uh, land raider. And oh, drive. sorry, and stick them behind an Aegis defence no, line. We don't have to do that. We can sit there for the I bet you will. But take you up would. whatever shooting... And then drive forward and take the objections. Once yeah, well, that's, dead, that's never going to happen. That's pretty much what I've been doing for the last few <laughs> minutes, So that's yeah. fine. Okay. See? So much criticism. Anyway. All justified. All uh, justified. Only in your rather bizarre it, world. It wasn't even all me. It wasn't even all me. You, you stoked up the fires of rebellion. It won't be forgotten. Okay. <laughs> I, I like the list. That. I like I like the um, militia. I like the use of the Ogrins. I'd like to see that actually on the table. That'd be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it's quite cool. I'm actually getting some from my solar. So, uh, I think it'd surprise uh, people to see something that big like the Gorgon in like a doubles to be like, oh, well, someone might bring a Lehman Russ and then you go bang, you put a Gorgon yeah. down. Like, How the hell Speaking of Lehman Russes, we, uh, John's heavy, what's next, mate? Your heavy su- support? Yeah, heavy support was three Lehman Russ battles <clears throat> with heavy yeah. borders. Yeah, no, it gets so, worse. So yeah, just um, yeah. pointless upgrading those, obviously, with the ordnance weapons, isn't it? Oh, I find it's just a waste of points. So just have the battle cannon and nothing else. All good. Fairly cheap. Quite a difficult unit to get through. 14 armor, but again, would get swamped to death by big tactical squad. Sorry, big assault squads with melt bombs. Yeah. But they'd have to get there, and if you could, we could hide them back enough, we might be able to take a few of them with us. <clears throat> If we could the Rus not still have the lumbering behemoth rule no. anymore. No, they, if they no. fire that battle cannon, everything else, unfortunately, is uh, is snap firing. So, yeah. And then, like you say, if you're snap firing it because of your uh, 12-inch um, blind thing, um, they wouldn't be able to fire those guns anyway. Do they, so hang on, do they have the heavy tank rule? Because we saw that kicking about the other week, didn't we? We were talking about that. No, somewhere. I don't think they do. Let me just... Because no, um, that replaced, I, I think, the lumbering behemoth. Yes, they I are thought, heavy. I thought Russ had a Lemon Russ used to used to back in yeah. back in the guard book. They used to have a special thing that let them they get did. around it somehow. They did. It was back in sixth actually when they had that lumbering behemoth, which meant they could move six, but they could they weren't subject to the normal rules of you know getting snap shooting and stuff. But they took that out. I think in seventh. Chris, you had you had a guard army back then. Yeah, they. I think. It changed for certain things, but it's this is I haven't used the guard for upwards of nearly eight years now, so mm-hmm. I can't really 
I'm not going to comment because I can't remember. Okay, but yeah, basically, it's going to be sat behind the defense line, not moving. Then yes, yeah, that'll be them. Exactly. <laughs> it's so just an iron warrior in disguise. Exactly. Iron warriors in disguise. Not everyone much the battle We are defenders of terror. Yeah. Best form of defense is a good attack. From <laughs> they were defended by. Uh, well, let me think. Those big walls, weren't they? Mm, yes. Yeah. Anyway, there is no heavy uh, rule for the. Does it's, it's just actually no? It says vehicle yes, it tank heavy. Yes, so, and there's a heavy tank rule. We looked it up possibly yeah. last show for something or another. We did because I think that was what whether we said that rule would be um, coming Soon. in before the Malkador. Yes, because that got completely nerfed, didn't it, in the FAQ? Don't you upset him? Don't start with no, that. No, it's fine. It's just karma. It's, I'm blaming you entirely, Chris, that you probably wrote you probably wrote a, a <laughs> personal letter to Anuj going, this man bullied me, I've, please ruin his life, he's just built three of these. I and, have and I have written many letters to Anuj, especially over the last few weeks, now <laughs> about other people's armies. Uh, yes, I would imagine that he said, yes, Chris, we'll do this for you, straight away, mate. And, so oh, many by the tears way, over so few points, I just, oh dear, cry more. Shut, shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> What does it say on the internet? QQ. <coughs> hmm? QQ, cry more. I don't know. Something that kids used to say back in 2005. Okay. Okay. Do you know what? It's very interesting, isn't it? So they always treat it as remaining stationary, but that doesn't um, preclude yeah. them from that ordnance rule. Because the ordnance will make you fire snapshot whether you're stationary or not with any other weapon. But yeah, mm-hmm. basically it means they can move six, and if they had side sponsors and all the rest of it, they could fire all of them without any... Um, uh, detriment to their ballistic skill, but the ordnance rule, I think, would still take precedent. Annoyingly. Anyway, that is us. Pretty snazzy. Um, any questions, comments? I think I've made, I've made my my feelings perfectly clear. <laughs> I think you have made your feelings perfectly uh, clear. Any, any, anybody else got anything to contribute towards? I'm just wondering how thin the yellow paint on Sigurd oh, would be, and whether they'll look, you know, they'll look practically metallic. Silver with, uh, yeah, silver <laughs> with warning stripes underneath. <laughs> There'll be these black chevrons. And I mean, I know you've taken. I, I know you've taken him, Graham. Are you aware of how the combat phase actually works? <laughs> Are you boys, you boys, <laughs> putting you into this mix was a mistake, Mr. <laughs> Ring. So, so what have we got then, Rob? What would you want to go okay. first? We, want we've left the, the whack player at the end, have we? Let me just uh, clear my throat, getting ready for this. <clears throat> You're right, yeah, go on. Have you taken your meds? I've got them. Right here. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say, like I said before we started, I'm giving this a caveat from Doctor Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. Um, I was so preoccupied about whether I could, I didn't stop to think about if I should. I just, so I'll apologise already. <laughs> that does none about this. Nothing about this surprises me. I'm going to be honest. Oh, well, don't worry. I will never be able to afford this, so I will never <laughs> actually play it. Uh, so I've taken Solar Orcs, oh. and I'm starting off nice and simple with a Legate Commander. HQ with a plasma pistol, a charnable saber, and an iron halo. Nice. So it's a lower level one. Um, just with some kit. That's it for HQ. Moving on to elites, there is a single rapier artillery platform with a laser destroyer array. A little bit of anti-tank there. Mm. Um, I have a thing when I write lists, it's 1500 points. I have to make it make 1500 points otherwise it just totally messes with my feng shui <laughs> so um, that's why i do i have 15 points spare so i thought oh, i'll put a laser destroyer array on it um there's also an auxiliary medicare detachment three medics just uh, running around 
As far as troops go, there are two identical units of Velitaris. The Prime, the Sergeant Fella, in each one has a plasma pistol. And there is also an Aegis defence line with an ammo dump, you'll be pleased to hear, Graham. Oh, good choice. So there's uh, (laughs) basically 20 guys with, with medic, 21 guys with three medics stood behind a wall. And now is where it all goes a bit south. Okay. Um, fast attack of is three identical Primaris lightning strike fighters <laughs> with ground tracking auguries, battle servitor controls, and two pairs of crack and penetrators. You are a wrong so I haven't finished yet. <laughs> I haven't finished. Um, the Lord of War, and this isn't Joe's fault, this is Joe's fault because he pointed out that you could do this when I played him at Company of Legends. The Lord, <laughs> the Lord of War is a suborbital strike wing with a further two Primaris Lightning Strike Fighters, with ground tracking auguries, battle servitor control, but only one pair of Kraken Penetrators each. Just going to... I said you could do that. I didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) No, you had three Xiphons. I took Xiphons. That's different. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I didn't know you could take multiple flyers in the same Lord of War. I thought that, on a sort of slight aside there, I didn't realise how actually... You know, that Lord of War choice using the sub strike wing is actually a pretty good thing, particularly if you've got a lot of contention for fast attack, haven't you? So mm-hmm. though you're giving victory points away, I suppose if one of them dies, it's still a pretty good choice. But anyway, yeah, I, I was impressed by that particular move in Comedy of Legends, Joe, and uh, Rob has taken it to its inevitable evil conclusion. Yeah, 1,500 points, five lightning strike fighters, 16 crack and penetrator missiles. Okay, so you've wow. basically brought the Imperial Navy with you. Well, yeah, because the, the first battle, <laughs> the first battle that has to take place is the battle for the skies. Oh, very well, very good. And what's left over, five instead of six, is not 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 exactly a half squadron. You know, they're going to be reassigned for ground attack duties. Sure. So was it two? Was it two storm sections you had for the troop choices? Two storm <laughs> yeah. sections. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's not a lot on the ground so far, Chris. What have you got? Uh, well, I oh, um, wrong Chris? person, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out. I'm taking white scars. <laughs> oh, okay. With there a um, Fury of the Ancients list. Uh, now that is the most <laughs> schizophrenic use of a right of war I've ever come across. Because I was inspired by something. Oh, that's on trend. I was inspired by fashion all this man. The 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 um a bit in the um book uh, book eight that someone put up online where it talked about how the uh, white scars only get the dreadnoughts out when you know, it hit the fan. Mm. So um, I thought, you know, See this is care. this is literally when it hit the fan. So mm. uh, they're going to get the, t- the dreadnoughts out. So uh, I've got a Delegatus uh, in Tartarus armor uh, with a power glaive and a combi bolter. Um, Forge Lord with uh, Tartarus armor, uh, giving him a conversion beamer just uh, for uh, giggles. Uh, he's got a chain fist and a combi bolter. Uh, Primus Medicae. Um, in Tartarus armor. Uh, in my elites, I've got a single um, uh, Tartarus armor Terminator squad, um, all with lightning claws. Uh, my troops, I've got a Contemptor Dreadnought Talon, uh, one with uh, with two of them in it, one with two twin-linked autocannons, and one with a multi-melter. Um, then I've got a Dreadnought, a standard Dreadnought Talon with three Dreadnoughts in it. Um, one has got um, a twin-linked bolter and two hunter, a plasma cannon and two um, 
though the twin link bolter is in the dreadnought close combat weapon i've just misread that there yeah um two 200 kilo missiles and a plasma cannon then there's one dreadnought with 200 kilo missiles and a chain fist with a melter gun in it um and a uh dreadnought with uh, 200 kilo missiles uh, a twin link last cannon and twin linked missile launchers so obviously the the my my guys would be uh taking the objectives and trying not to die okay okay where can where can we well i don't know what to say but that is a <clears throat> two halves of course what i list that mm-hmm. so i didn't know what michael was doing until <laughs> <laughs> the only I, 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 often I, the best I, way i was to, i was trying to figure out a way to fit in the mortar factor uh, and have the dreadnoughts that way but i haven't got book eight yet so i, just, I can't yeah, that's the thing isn't it we're kind of between two two worlds at this moment um yeah. it would look pretty cool on the table well the first round would be a bit scant to be fair i know but yeah. <laughs> turn one there'd be 24 solar orcs going oh help yeah yeah and those dreadnoughts would be somewhat vulnerable one fears to turn one yeah um because you'd be waiting for best part of a thousand points of stuff to come in in from reserve mm-hmm. and <laughs> you went for the uh <laughs> do you uh, just as a little little hint i suppose i would have probably not taken ammo dump and gone for a comms relay yeah just, true because just because that would give you i think it does it give you a re-roll to your reserve roll you don't see many of them, but they're actually pretty good. That's probably why uh, I didn't even look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening uh, to you for too long. I didn't realise that's what that it is. Yeah, it's not there are that other options are available. Options came with anything else. <laughs> but um, that would be spectacularly. Uh, it oh, would work yeah. really well or really badly. Comms relay is twenty points. So I'm going to cite previous precedents. I'm going to swap my ammo dump for comms relay. <laughs> Same oh, hang on. oh no, it's too late now. It's been committed. Yeah, the, the, committed. Oh. Because we, we have to accept your first answer. That's the thing. I will. The the honourable member for the diamond industry is just jealous. No. <laughs> He's so, perfectly happy. Thank you very much. <laughs> in terms of the theme, then, so what Michael's gone with the theme of uh, the dreadnoughts get rolled out when things get bad, and it's bad. And there would be one assumes that I say a very uh, a vigorous battle for the skies above uh, the Imperial Palace. So I guess it kind of works as a theme. It would be a very very bizarre army to face to be truthful um i suppose you'd have to weather whatever was shot at you wouldn't, wouldn't you uh, mm-hmm. michael for the first turn yeah then, pretty I mean, much one, also i don't know if you found this joe but when you get multiple flyers on the board it's actually quite difficult to keep them all moving around and five of them is probably quite a tricky thing you spend a lot of time flying them off <laughs> yeah 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 because just to get the right shots in and stuff like that's quite tricky but with only two cause... with only two hull points each flying them off to come back on again is fine yeah, that's true. Well, I suppose you lose a turn. That's the thing, isn't it? Well, yeah. So, kinda. But anyway, with, um, with fear of the ancients, do the dreadnoughts become scoring? Yes, I assume yes. so. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Is that as you're you're kind of short on scoring units there? Scoring aren't units, yeah, with the yeah, two militaris and the they become your troops. Yeah, that's cool. I, I did think that was the case. I wanted to double check. So, that's a t- tough nut to crack, actually, when you think about it, because you've got those with those dreads as the yeah. Um, like I say, taking the objectives. Fifteen hundred points as well. It's tricky. Yeah. Because you're not oh, yeah. gonna you're not gonna want a, a face full of dreadnought at, at that kind of level. So, without further ado, shall we move on to our scoring? Is there any other questions for Michael and Rob's uh, defense of the ancients' Top Gun <laughs> list? 
No? No. Okay. No. So this is where it gets a bit gnarly. So who thinks... So let's go with uh, the first list, which was the White Scars and the Blood Angels. In terms of the brief, which was Defenders of Terror, do we feel that that was a particularly... Oh, okay, so let's talk about... Well, actually, just do all three simultaneously and we'll have cases for and against. Uh, the second one was obviously mine and John's, which was a defense of the terror, defense of terror with lots of defense, uh, including two defense lines. And the third one was the list we've just heard. So who do we think best um, encapsulated the theme, if anybody? Um, ah, hard to say. If I had to pick one, I'd say it was Joe and Chris. Yeah, see, we've got this laughing. Uh, so I was going to go the other way. I was, I was going to go Graham and John. Ah, yeah. see, I think, I think fundamentally, all of us with it, with the Battle of Terror being such a established point in the law, like we've all ticked forces that were definitely there, yeah. doing My what question, they did there. Question for you then, Joe. Your jump package up, chappies. Are they jumping out of a plane or are they jumping off the wall down onto the plane? Oh, they'd be going. down onto the ground. A variety of those things. Because <laughs> if, if they're jumping off the wall, then I think you've nailed it. That would be oh, you're yeah, definitely that then. They would do that, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got the, you know, they they took the Eternity Gate and yeah, and all sorts you know. of stuff like that. So you know, okay. there's definitely just, definitely times in which the, the white scars were on their bikes and the bloody. This is this is the, this is the counter attack army. That's what this is. This isn't. Yeah, this, this is, the this is what happens once once yeah. Graham and so Graham's list so mean, has taken the beating. And, We're the I mean, ones that go right. Let's let's actually win this. Graham's list remember, takes the beating. My list clears the skies, and then Joe, Joe's list turns up and takes the glory. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's um, what blood angels do. Yes. Yep. They're um. I think that you know there is definite definite precedent for that. Um. Oh, John's doing something in the background there. <laughs> tidy up. He's gone. He's gone. He's had enough. He's having a tidy up. Yeah. <laughs> John, we can hear every tidy up there. Um. The, uh, you know, the, like I say, in the in the kind of brief for uh, Siege of Terror, you know, it does mention the White Scars going out and, you know, not sitting behind the, the lines, but actually going out and sort of sallying forth and engaging the uh, forces of chaos as they were. Um, yeah, the scars were everywhere, weren't they? Causing yeah. all manner of bother. So, yeah, I don't think, as per normal, because it's quite a tight, um, focused brief, it's going to be hard to pick anybody who we could say was definitely not met the brief of Defending Terror. I think personally, unless anybody thinks somebody really didn't, I suppose you could argue that all of them have got their place. Yeah. Okay. Rather a cop out, but I think in this instance, there's not a lot we can do about it. That's so right. next, there's, this there's is a fourth option for, for scoring if we need it. So that's, yeah, I think, I think it's because it's such a, it's a part of the story that everybody knows very yeah. well. It's also it's very true. broad. It's almost an impossible brief to miss. Yes. Agreed. So next up would be what would this be? Which of these three lists would be um, uh, good to play against and would be also extremely effective on the battlefield? So uh, the Scars and Blood Angels, they had a lot of. Can you just go for the uninitiated and those of us who sit behind defense lines, uh, generally speaking? Um, your stuff would be. Does that sort of do a deep strike turn one, does it? Yeah, all, uh, all the. The Drop Assault Vanguard Right of War yeah. lets you pick at least half of your assault squads, so you'd be mental not to just do all of them. Yeah. And they all get to deep strike in turn one. Nice. That's pretty so cool. So you, you attach your characters too, and then they're in. Yeah, yeah, away you go. So, yeah, so that's that's a tough turn one sort of alpha strike mm. in the old school, isn't it? 
um you know a bit like the drop pod of salt but you, just, you can use all of them is that yeah. right you can't just it's not like you have to half them wow. yeah it's it's at least half whereas ah. whereas whereas the blood angels right of war their specific one the day of yeah. revelations has to be all so if you did want to try okay. and oh, yeah. do something a bit a bit more cagey i'm not sure why you would to be honest oh yeah no you, you'd want them there as soon as possible yeah. wouldn't you? and like i say um i think so i like the idea of that 12 inch um blind test that is cool isn't it because that does negate as we mentioned um augury scanners because they have to be within 18 anyway so you know you could you could get away with it i think and you're so, probably running at them on the deep strike anyway you're deep striking in and then you're running at them yeah i mean you're going to be in their grill turn two aren't they basically you're a turn two charge and assault is basically what you're going yeah. for uh, the other last thing to note about that right of war is that at the end of your opponent's turn two you get hit and run as well no right. sorry after that yeah so from you. turn yeah. three onwards yeah. you get hit and, run. and because with the scars half of that list they've all got hit and run as well through chagorian brotherhood so yeah. Okay. Does anybody think that? So, okay. To, to counter that, uh, would Joe, uh, John and I's list, which is fairly shooty, I think John's got um, the big mm. tanks in there, which which could cause bother at, fi- at, free, at fifteen hundred. But there's probably not enough volume there to to be particularly effective. We've got two land raiders, so we'd be sticking people in land raiders to protect them and hope to kind of get onto objectives fairly quickly so we could move the army around a bit and we could like say utilize the gorgon if we needed charge the ogrins out just because they're just going to cause bother i mean you have to deal with them as well but i don't know whether it would be as effective as your lists if i'm completely truthful the thing with the the gorgon is is if it dies it dies hard and if that's if that's in your line yeah no you you wouldn't leave it there bear in mind that's got nine hole points and you're not going to blow it up in you're not going to blow it up in turn one, I don't think, with the at this this type of game, unless you get super lucky, because there's not enough yeah. shooting to do it. And it has no, got the end. We've got the four multi melt. The we've got what nine multi melters. Yeah, okay. Seven multi melters in the list. So yeah, yeah, that would probably be enough then. Um, you'd need one of those, wouldn't you, to be explode result, which you'll probably get because it's AP one multi melters. So yeah, that would be that would be. I mean, it's it's a it's a cool looking thing i'm not sure it's the most effective super heavy in the universe but um we could do something with it i suppose but this army could st- sit back and defend or drive forward and take objectives if yeah it's a lot more it's a lot but it's a lot more flexible your list um yeah. so you know it has got the option of doing both of those things and it'll probably be okay there. we've got quite a lot of scoring units but my only concern i think from my point of view is that the imperial fist side is is pretty thin on the ground you know, five man um, Templar Brethren squads as survivable as they are, they're not they're not that survivable. The thing with I think the trick you missed with them with the Templar Brethren is not putting an apothecary in there. Yeah, I think that's I've, when I ran them yeah. I always always had an apothecary in there because because they're expensive. Yeah, they are. And although I'm, they've although they've got the two plus, you know, the the shield is only a six of I think. Yeah, it's a, is it a six plus five plus, or is it the other way around? Combat shield, I can't. Six plus. I think a boarding shield is um, five plus. It's a six plus. Um, normal drops a five plus from close combat. Yeah. Isn't that a boarding shield? They're both the same. Uh, that's, oh. I've looked at both the same. Uh, but a boarding shield gives you um, defensive grenades. Okay, right. Yeah. So that's slightly like thing. But uh, both boarding and combat is a six plus involve, which drops down to five in close combat. Um, Oh yeah, because they say that board shield does give you that plus one, um, is it, is it attack? 
because they're going to be big and heavy. So yeah, they, that's true. Yeah. I mean, they, I get, yeah, they basically take um, defensive grenades are really useful because they take away things they, like, are, are, are like rage and that, don't they? Yeah. In the gates, you plus one attack. I think it is, isn't it, for charging at the. Um, yeah. yeah, you don't get any bonuses yeah. for charging. No, yeah, you should test first or something, something like that. So yeah, pretty yeah. good. <clears throat> um, just out of interest, uh, did you say Pollux? You can take Pollux, and he would give you. Um, is there so, any way to make those guys not Templar brethren? Is it Templar brethren? The ones so Phalanx Warders, you, if you take Pollux, I think he makes them a troop choice. Or Does he? I think. I so. think it's the. I think it's the. Stone, or is it the right of war? It might the be the stone, stone, yeah, gaunt, stone gaunt, but, gaunt that makes them. Um. But the thing that Pollux does, which is quite good, is you can take he can choose one unit entry and give that unit entry deep strike. That's true. That's which true. is quite you, cool. And also he has a power fist that he can use at normal initiative. Yeah. But the stone gauntlet, you can't deep strike anything, can you? I can't remember the, my head. Yeah, a, that's the downside to it. So yeah, I think maybe that would have been a better choice because now with the certainly with the points drop for that that particular squad, they are they become a lot better proposition, don't they? The thing is you t- generally take them with well, they come modelled with power axes, right? Um, which has always been their sort of their downfall because they've always been going late in combat. Yep. Um, but I think, and also the shield wall rule has changed. Cause it used to be you'd have five models, right? And That's now it's down to three. So actually, they're they're generally a much better. Cool. Unit. I I don't think they're better than Templar Brethren because Templar Brethren are brilliant. Don't you get ten of them? You get ten uh, phalanx uh, warders. Phalanx yeah. warders, yeah. So they might be a good choice for us anyway. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I think that. Uh, what about Michael and so the those those flyers scare me. They do. I, they are quite situational, um, and they they could they could. I mean, they're going to tear through any Spartans or anything like that, aren't they? With those crack and penetrate missiles, no bother. Um, the, the thing is, the interesting thing is that no one else has taken. Flyers or anti-flyer defenses? Mm-hmm. No, that's so, true. So yeah, if if I was playing I'd, in a fifteen hundred point army, who does? Yeah, there yeah. might yeah. be there might be a Derrideo or there might be an Arcus, but that would be about it. Yeah, I think the Arcus would be great actually at fifteen hundred points, wouldn't it? Because it is a good unit for that, just that very purpose. It does fill two two holes, doesn't it? If you yeah. excuse the expression. Um, so uh, do we think that Joe and Chris have won that one? Yeah, or do so. we think that the I think that your your uh, combination um, Michael and Rob is a little bit risky on turn one. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely quite quite risky. Because the dreadnoughts you want to kind of get them out and about, causing bother, but they need something to hide behind, you know, something else to shoot at. Okay, and I just don't think there's enough on there to. They need to wait for me to tech out anything that can tech them out. <laughs> yes, really, exactly. <clears throat> exactly. So anyway, interesting list. It would certainly be great to see, but I think uh, in this one. Yeah, I think I'm happy to give that one to Joe and Chris as Battlefield Crazy. You guys got it. Yes. Okay, so the final challenge. <clears throat> this is the cost challenge. Oh, we lost this. So, uh, yeah, I think you may have lost this one, but let's uh, so let's start with uh, Joe and Chris. How much was your? So my half of the list comes to £624. It is... It is uh, <laughs> a lot of jet bikes. Yes, of course. It, yeah, Hello. So, yeah. You still there, Joe? Oh, yeah. Can you hear oh, me? Yeah, go on. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, how much? So Chris has weighted him with an astronomical six hundred and twenty-five points for fifteen hundred point army. What have you got? Wow. <laughs> I mean, I've built whole armies for you know three thousand points. I've built, but I've done this challenges for that sort of price for. <laughs> yeah, have that's that's big money. Well, I think Joe has left in a. No, no, I'm back. Oh, no, he's, he's, oh, he's, he's back. He's there. Sussed it out. Sussed it out. Okay, cool. Uh, so, what we at? Uh, how much okay. did your, your half the list cost, Joe? Well, so on Forge World, I've got th- we're <clears> at. <throat> well, first off, Chris was my moral com- compass because <laughs> with, with the mention with the mention of the siege of terror i was suggesting we just absolutely take the piss and use mark seven plastics but oh, he's, yeah but he said no that's unacceptable so i've gone <laughs> but, but still sticking with the theme we, we, I'm, yes. i've gone for so 320 quid with the forge world gets me eight of the mark mark five assault squads yeah. and the two apothecaries and then diving into Games Workshop at £20.50, it gets me a box of Sanguinary Guard, which I feel like would make my three characters fail easily with a Sanguinary Guard box. Or you could save three, uh, £3.07 if you want Element Games. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a podcast. You sound like, yeah. yeah. So how much, how, much, uh, how much was that? Oh, sorry, Joe, I didn't keep it running total. I was, uh, uh, so it got £340.50 altogether. Okay. So that brings us to a total of nine hundred and sixty-four pounds and fifty pence. Bargain. <laughs> Champagne tastes. <laughs> your money. Yeah, two thirds of that is white scars jet bikes. To be fair, okay. but there's no other there's way of getting them. That's the there's thing. a lot of resin. There's a lot of resin. Yeah. Okay. So. Which mine... is why I'm going to burgle Pete Reese and retire to a villa in Spain. <laughs> 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 so. Uh, a lot of lot, the, Rob's lot, Rob's threats are entirely Rob's threats. They're nothing to do yeah, with that. Yeah, I just want to say that Pete, Pete, if no you get broken into, we can only apologise for comments. Yeah, start with uh, Rob's house. Um, so mine is a lot of uh, resin as well because you know, Templar brethren are not cheap. So mine came into a rather depressing four hundred and sixty-five pounds. Quite expensive. Yeah. However, John, have you totaled yours up? Because I reckon yours is. A absolute steal at two hundred sixty-seven pounds from Games Workshop, so you could probably get some of that for a bit less on Element Games. To tell you the truth, I didn't. Uh, I don't know, but um, I'm just looking on Games Workshop now, and you, obviously you can get some uh, collector starting boxes. Yeah, so, as well. so that's what. So what do you know mean? Yeah. So obviously, um, which. So, Three start collecting boxes, right? Yeah. That gives you three Lehman Russes and um, three ten-man squads. Oh, at, at the very least, yeah. And then I you mean, get another ten-man squad for eighteen pounds. You get command yeah. squad for fifteen pound fifty. Yep. You get defense line for twenty-eight pound fifty, and you are done. Oh, oh the Ogrins, I think, are fifty-four quid in total. Dear, dear. <laughs> so absolutely buttons hate me from plus the uh, um, having plastics was a lot easier. Is, yeah. I mean, the thing is, this is this is a uh, this is I did think about doing when I did my cults initially uh-huh. to do that, but Mr. Ing, who's on the call, did did kind of raise an eyebrow when I said I'm going to use Cadians because he did use the words and uh, lazy and heresy at me. So what I did was I bought a load of um, Anvil Industry heads just mm-hmm. to make them not look Cadians, mm-hmm. and that's 
that's enough for me. I mean, they're not exactly irrationally expensive anyway, but at least it makes them look like they're not just 40k models that they actually have. They look a little bit different, and I, I'm really glad I did that, if I'm honest with you, because I think it gives the army, it makes it look a bit different, which is what you want. So, anyway, total total cost for us is oh, £729 on the nose. That upsets me on many levels. <laughs> upsets me more, I can guarantee that. <laughs> <clears throat> so, Michael and Rob, you haven't got a lot of units. What you've got is pretty pricey. Yeah, uh, yeah mine comes out at a total of £266. Um, 254 from um, Games Workshop. Uh, but that does include two lots of Tartarus Terminators because I need uh, three Tartarus Terminators to make my characters with. Um, uh, what else is in my chart? Oh, there's three dread, there's three dreadnoughts in there. Um, a <laughs> uh, couple of venerables and um, a, a standard dreadnought, and then from Ford World, uh, a grand total of 112 pounds. Um, so I've got two white scar contemptor dreadnoughts, multi melter power fist, and uh, two auto cannons. Got ya. So, so that's what's that? Three thirty-eight in total. No, no, two two hundred and sixty-six in total. Oh, in total. Oh, that's not bad then. That's good. It's pretty good. And uh, what about you? I've got the most expensive list. Um, No, you haven't. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, So I worked I worked mine out slightly differently. Um, I worked mine out all from Forge World, and then for the three medics and the HQ commander. Yes. I I gave myself a budget of. 15 quid each for a medic and 25 quid for a commander from somewhere like Egghead Miniatures where you can just buy individual bits right. on their Very own. So, so that's what I allocated for them. Um, but I still came out at 640 quid. Wow. I mean, still, your side auxiliary... The 40, £44 pound for the two units of 10 Velitaris. The Lightnings yeah. are £85 pound each. The rapier is thirty-five pound for a single rapier. Yes. Um, so yeah. Ouchie, 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 ouchie. So John and Many I pennies. actually won for the first time ever. I hasten to add in the history of the show, uh, I came out at the cheapest list. Frankly, I'm shocked and appalled. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. And Chris, you came out with the most expensive. I do. Just, well, you know. Hashtag just saying. Hashtag so. you and I are in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. That means that in the big scheme of things, in round one, we had a three-way tie. In round two, we had a clear winner, which was uh, Joe and Chris. And in round three, we had a clear winner, which was John and I. So, okay. Do we put it to a public vote or do we, as gentlemen, agree now who has best met all of this stuff? (sighs) It's becoming standard for a public vote now, but... um, It is really. No, no, we can't... Go on. I will just throw out that if it does go to a public vote, I am going to try and get some Russian bots involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, before before we start, if there is a public vote, can we set a definite threshold for victory so that <laughs> yeah. people are arguing <laughs> over, <laughs> over small numbers of percentages? Yes, listen to and the what, And at what? And at, and at what? How many years before we have to have a revote? Yeah. Yes. No, we'll do that every month. We'll just you know. Yeah. I'll leave. Right. I'll I'll threaten to quit, and yes. then uh, I'll promise to quit. In fact. If if my team wins, and that won't happen. <laughs> and, and, what, what, Am I allowed to tell lies about either? Yeah. Outcome? Yeah. 
Well, my you could make my list for, for about three hundred and fifty pounds if you really wanted to. Shall we um, move away from the biting satire of the political uh, <laughs> days and back to the world of heresy, which is infinitely less L- brutal? Largely um, where, the, where it started. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, are we going to? So, who do we think then? Do we think that there was a clear winner in all three of those categories, or do we want to go to the public? Your choice, gentlemen. So, let's have a round robin poll. Chris, to the public, or decision. If not, if, if I'll I'll abstain from the vote, oh, because only on. because if there's if there's a tie between that way there can't be a tie if that makes sense. Okay, public vote then. Yes or no? Those for what the cough out that is. That is though, isn't it? Oh, it's not because okay. if we get three that say yes, three that say no, we're not in any situation where we can go any further. <laughs> so life imitating art. Yeah. So, or not art as the case may be. So I think, given the the um the whole uh, scheme of things, is there a clear winner that really met the um, defenders of terror as in terms of cost, composition of their army and theme? I have to say, um, it's, it's paining me. I, th- I think Joe, well, it doesn't pain me to say Joe's got it, but it's paining me <laughs> to say that Mills the Younger, I think, might have yeah, taken this. Yeah, I, 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 I. Oh, oh sorry. Um, somebody's clearly not happy with the outcome of that particular vote. No, I, I'm hearing heresy means heresy in the background there. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, I, I, I am afraid I have to agree with uh, Rob on that one. I, I do believe it is Joe. No. Oh, it sounds What's good to me. On? What's going on? Who's got the news on? <laughs> Who's watching the telly? I'm just trying to get reception. I'm running at me. I'm my internet's kicking my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I think our has decided to start downloading something. Who knows uh, what's this, going this on? This is what happens. Uh, this is what happens. Away. So Joe and Chris win the list challenge but lose the internet. Yes. That's what, I, well. That's that's long been uh, the story. I tend to find. So Rob and uh, so the votes in for Michael's team, Team Michael, say Rob, uh, sorry, say Joe and Chris. John Dermansey, what's your view, my friend? Well, I was going to say, put put it out to the public. Um, But because everybody's won one thing. Oh, no, we didn't win anything. Um, we, we came second in one but we didn't lose everything yeah, yeah. yeah. team team yeah. whack didn't uh, didn't win which is the I'm shocked frankly I think you'll find that I, I, mean, I must admit right? I, don't like, I don't like Michael's list right I mean the, have no dreadnoughts I think would be hard to, to kill um, I know what you see now you see turn one it's a lot of punishment but He's brought a lot of firepower. He's, he's caught a lot of bases. Um, ah. Yeah, but I come up against Chris and Joe. Um, yeah, that's that's that was it. Like, I mean, I'm knackered. The jump thing, uh, jump squad, taking snapshots. It's I don't know. That's that's what I was honestly thinking for public because I could not decide. Um, yeah, all those all those melter bombs are gonna are gonna do me in. <laughs> They will, you're right, because they are going to be very vulnerable. I, yeah, I would have to... assault on uh, for your deep strike in, so you've got to turn. No, turn, you've got to turn. Yeah, I've got yeah. to turn. Do you know what it, I think that that's a case. That was a case, and I think it would come down to who would be going first. Um, 
who could obviously steal initiative. I think it's. I think I think that even if you so if you play it out right, so mm-hmm. if Joe, you would never want to go first if you had Joe's list, Joe and Chris's list, because what it you makes, want is you want to you, you want to go second because then you're not getting you, shot at. Deep, deep strike that yeah. much stuff. Like I say, I would want to go second. It, um, <clears throat> I don't care what you got. Do you know what I mean? If you're turning and you only snapshot, that eliminates a lot of yeah, I think it's, things. Do you know what I mean? Blast weapons. Anything on a twin linked is very rarely going to roll. And with Chris's jet bar, does it, does it make them snapshot or does it make them blister skill one? Because there is a It makes them snapshot. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, that makes it a lot more tricky. The scars are going to be able to put out a lot of. I'm have to look into fire it whether it's interesting because does it? Yeah, I suppose because like things they can still force your typhons to snapshoot, couldn't they? Yeah, I guess. I think majority can super heavies snap. Is it only on the vehicle? Can they be? Can they be snapshooting unless it's a special rule like you get on the Venators? Anyway, that's a discussion for another time. I think that what we'll have to do is say I would be inclined to agree and say in terms of if that army was lined up in front of me, would I think yeah. it was? Would I think that it was a defenders of terror list uh, just by the way it looks and you know what it's got going on? Yes, it absolutely does. Um, so I think that yeah, I'm re- in the same mould as Rob. It pains me massively, but I have to say that I think this has to go to. Joe, well played, and my brother Chris. Yes, Joe, Joe, your forty k tournament uh, experience has paid off. It's <laughs> worth noting that I've lost a lot of forty k tournaments. It's all right. I've never done very well. You've been in them, and that's experience <laughs> yeah. nonetheless. As a veteran, so I think that that if that if there's a list that we would put forward the, as a defenders of terror list, it would be that one, and it would be great. I will say that the, the only reason that is, Joe, when I put my first list in, Joe told me all the things that I'd done wrong. So any, any any victory is entirely down to Joe at this point because he just went, no, this wouldn't work, this wouldn't work, this wouldn't work. What you want no, to do? No, you're going to make me blush. But it was, yeah, it's, it's exactly it was only down to Joe that I sort of went back to it and looked at it and, and tweaked. So I think it's well, entirely Joe's victory as far well, as I'm concerned. Well played, gentlemen. A very good team and a very good list that you've put together there, even though it did cost the earth. <clears throughs> Indeed, chaps. So, without further ado, we shall... Well, um, as we did know you could pay to win, though. That has, is a thing, though, isn't it? Yeah. It, I, that, that is very much a kind of... That is what that Games Workshop's built on, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and particularly, the, I mean, the problem is, I suppose, there's no... If there was a plastic uh, assault marine option, I think that would be awesome. But at the moment, there isn't, is there? You have to no, basically go and it's resident like, up. 20-man squads are not going to be cheap. Yeah. And Stuff that. Plastic lightning. Plastic right? Yeah. Yeah. Jet bikes as well. So an alternative for the scimitar jet bikes in plastic, because when they're twenty nine quid each or three for seventy eight, I think it is. Yes. You know that's that's where all the cost in that list is. You know, it's just. Yes. I mean, so there you go. But anyway, I think without further ado, we did uh, promise people that we would not be too long doing this one. So. Uh, I would just like to say how enjoyable that was, and thank you very much to everybody yes. who joined us. Um, thank you, Joe. Thank, thank you, much. John. Thank you, Rob. And yeah, uh, thank you. we'll so see you, you all at events and stuff soon, hopefully. Yes, yep. absolutely. So yeah, I hope so, definitely. We um, we'll have, Joe, we'll have to have a celebratory beer next time I see you all there. Oh, I do like a we'll beer. Let, I know you do. We'll, <laughs> we'll open a can together. I love beer, I do. <laughs> <laughs>
Right, that's oh, one for the bleep. That's one for the bleep. One hour, 30 minutes and about 35 <laughs> seconds, just for your reference there, Michael. <laughs> yep. I'll, uh, I'll uh, make sure to get that, 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 that I'll out. i listening for the comedy boing or sound effects yes. for your choice. <laughs> anyway, moving Perfect. swiftly on before this goes into sort of sex pistols territory. Um, we shall call it a night there. So thank you, gents. And... Uh, there you go. The Defenders of Terror list was a combination of Blood Angels and White Scars. Perfect. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much. Hello, it is 20 to 2 on Sunday. Graham and Chris, and myself in fact, had to go to bed on our normal recording night uh, Thursday. Um, so I'm doing the uh, events and book upcoming books all on my own. Um, so you'll have to get used to my voice for the next five, six, maybe ten minutes. Um, <laughs> um, so a bit dry, uh, probably. Uh, but I will try and uh, get through this. Stick together. We'll get through this. Uh, okay. So events. Now, as always, we keep a list of events on our website. So you can always keep an eye on that. Uh, if someone tells us about an event or we see an event, we'll get it up there. There's also the UK, uh, Horus Heresy events Facebook group. Join that if you're not a member already. Great resource. Now, as always, if you want us to shout out your event, if you want any advice, help, anything like that, anything we can do, Drop us a message on Facebook or email therush at edgeofempire.co.uk. Okay, so we'll take a look at the gaming events that are coming up in the next, well, yeah, um, well, less than a year, but up till November, we've got events scheduled in for. So 27th of April, we've got two events. The first one is Call to Arms for the Cathedrals of Adrastos in Eastbourne. So that's always a good event uh, run by the Eastbourne Elementals. Then the 27th of April is the is an Adaptus Titanicus event. That's at Leodis Games in Leeds. So uh, I believe that is the first Adaptus Titanicus event they're running. Um, Leodis Games in Leeds, pretty pretty decent store. Um, I you know I I I bought things from them before in the past. They're uh, uh, they're they're a good bunch of guys there. Um, on 28th of April is Coastal Clash. That's an Adeptus Titanicus event. That's at the Dice Saloon in Brighton. So that's at uh, Chris's uh, friendly local gaming store. Um, and the 5th of May is the Sundering of Fortis 2, the second phase. Uh, it's a follow-up event to an event that was last year, I think. Um, that's Warball Games uh, in Bromley. Again, Warball Games, decent, uh, friendly local gaming store. Um, I haven't visited it myself, but I have bought things from them on eBay. Um, and they've always been a pleasure to deal with. Uh, 11th of May is Hope's Folly at Boards and Swords Hobbies in Derby. Um, so that should be a good one. Um, I've not been to Boards and Swords. I do, I hear it's good. I, I, you know what? Next time I go down to, um, next time we go to Blood and Glory, I'll see if I can convince Graham if we can go a bit earlier and visit this store because I hear really, really good things about that. Now that is a tabletop banter event. So you know that one's going to be good. Um, then the 25th of May. Throne of Skulls doubles at Warhammer World in Nottingham. Um, me, Chris, Graham uh, are all going to that. As we said before, uh, probably a couple of times, I'm teaming up with Dave Simpson from London uh, and his uh, Knights or Death Guard. Um, and that should be fun. So uh, we look forward to seeing you there. Um, 1st of June, it's the fall of Andromachi in Curtain. 
Uh, so that is um, in uh, Curtain Games, um, which is a store down down that way. So um, I don't know many people down Devon. Um, obviously, they hold events there. That's also a t- t- Titanicus event is involved in there. Um, it's kind of cool, Kurt, to see that, you know, all the way down, you know, that other end of the country, you know, literally the, the very bottom, there's still stuff going on. Um, my brother lives in Cornwall. I'm trying to think if I can ever get an excuse to go down there because I, I do hear good things about those events. Um, <laughs> um, on the 15th of June, there's two events. We've got a 1,500 point Centurion event at Leodis Games in Leeds. And the 15th of June is also the Knock Cataclysm at Common Grounds Games in Sterling. That is a, um, Heresy Scott event. I did want to go there, but I'm a, li- but I'm kind of jammed up in that summer. I've got the UK Games Expo. I've got the Throne of Skulls doubles. And then in August, I'm going to Worldcon. So I'm, I'm all over the place really, uh, in the summer. So I've got a, I had to make a decision to not do it. Um, which is a shame because I really love the Heresy Scott event I last went to. Great events. Uh, if you are up in the north of England or in Scotland, definitely go to one of these because they're absolutely phenomenal. Um, right. Then we've got the 6th of July. It's Roll Dice Gaming 2019 and the Bristol City Open. So that's a sort of gaming convention with events going on in it. And there is a heresy event, obviously. Um, 12th of July. It's the Onion Ploy. I have no idea how to pronounce op- opinion, opinion. Oh, I have no idea, but everyone calls it the Onion Ploy. So that's a Geno 5-2 event at Incom Game in Cheltenham, which also includes Centurion and Adeptus Titanicus events. Uh, so definitely get yourself, uh, a ticket for that if you can. Um, I don't know if they're all sold out. I haven't seen anything to say they are. I know they went on sale recently, but yeah, um, take a look, guys. Um, if you, if the, if the tickets for what you want to do are all sold out, get yourself on the reserve list. People do drop out. And Geno 52, always run a fantastic event. Uh, on the 21st of July, it's the Fall of Chiron, uh, in Eastleigh. So, uh, that's held by Attrition Gaming. Now that is sold out, but again, you, if get yourself on the reserve list, people drop out. Okay. Um, 27th of July, it's a Dispute of Iron 2 in Polesworth. That is a King Fluff event. Um, so definitely, you know, you know, he does great stuff, uh, down there. Um, 24th of August, we've got two events. That's the bank holiday weekend. We have Beta Garmon, the Sea of Fire at the Bad Moon Cafe in London. So that is a mixed age of darkness and Adeptus Titanicus event. And then over in Cardiff is the Reckoning of Dalan Prime at Firestorm Games. Uh, that's an Imperial Truth event run by Greg. Uh, Craig runs, uh, incredible events. Do get over and if you do, if, you know, if you are around, uh, get to that. Um, Beta Garmon, uh, as far as I'm aware, Bad Moon Cafe, not the biggest. So it's a capital heresy event, by the way. Um, definitely, um, you know, if, if you can travel, it's a hard one because they both look like they're going to be really good events. I really want to say go to Greg's event because Greg runs amazing events, but Capital Heresy, you know, they're just starting stuff out. They do need support. Oh, it's a hard one, isn't it? I suppose it depends on what you, what you can do. Um, if you're, if you're outside of London, I'd say definitely go, you know, and you can get to Cardiff, go to Cardiff. That's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> I must admit, if I could go to any of them, I'd probably go to Cardiff, um, simply because, um, I like Greg's events, but 
um, it's just a shame that they're clashing because uh, I, I like the sound of what the Capital Heresy doing, and I'd really love to go on one of their events. I'm not going to either because, as I said, my summer is really pat- jam-packed. <laughs> um, I think I'll have just been back from Worldcon for a week uh, dur- during the bank holiday. Well, I, I, I'm going to have to check now, so bear with me a second. Uh, I'm going to check because uh, it's in Dublin. That's the World Science Fiction Convention. Yeah, I'll, I'm coming back like the month, the Tuesday before the bank holiday weekend. So yeah, uh, I don't think I can do either of them. I'll be absolutely shattered. Plus, I'm kind of thinking of staying in uh, Ireland so I can go to Eurocon, which is in Belfast. Uh, <laughs> okay. Bit of a tangent there. Uh, 31st of August, uh, Flashpoint Cortana. That's a Common Grounds Games in Sterling. That isn't a Heresy Scott event, but obviously, uh, that's a one day. Um, so I don't, so I definitely wouldn't be doing that because it's a long way to go for one day. Well, I, I don't know, might do. Um, but yeah, that's being run by Heresy Flashpoint. So new, new, new stuff. Um, always good in Common Grounds Games. Great venue. 13th of September, it's the London GT in London. Uh, 27th of September, Company of Legends in Durham. Couple of chances running that one. I'd avoid it. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. That's our event. Um, yeah. Um, we are sold out at the minute, but we are taking place at people's names for the reserve list. 26th of October is Cataclysm of Iron Free, uh, at Polesworth. That's a King Fluff event. And then 1st of November, it's Blood and Glory at Derby, uh, which we will be going to. Uh, well, I do believe we're going to it. Definitely. Yeah, I'm definitely going to it. Should be a good one. Um, because <laughs> uh, we love Blood and Glory. Great event. Excellent event. Um, it's probably as close as the UK gets to Adepticon right now. Um, and we just want it to grow and grow and grow. And we'll be going there because it is an amazing event. Uh, Ben does a fantastic job. Um, Games Workshop, brilliant support. Greg runs a heresy. Amazing. Um, so yeah, go there. Um, and 24th of November. Now there's a Titan Muster. Uh, in Polesworth. Now, this is being run by the face group, Bitbook Titan Owners Club, not by the original Titan Owners Club on Blogspot. It's confusing because there are two separate organizations called the Titans Owners Club that are completely separate, don't have anything to do with each other, and are really completely different. And they're having two different Titan Musters. Uh, there is a Titan Muster for the uh, original Titan Owners Club earlier in the year in June in Milton Keynes, uh, which I am looking to see if I can go to, probably with my night banner because my Titan's not going to be ready in time. Um, but yeah, it's confusing. This one is a more, I believe they're using heresy rules for this one in November, whereas the one in June uses 40k rules. It's just very complicated. Why couldn't they pick, why couldn't they pick a separate name? It, it confuses me. Uh, but then again, I'm easily confused. Um, okay. So other events that are going on. We've got the 11th of May, Warhammer Fest, Rico Arena in Coventry. I will be there on Sunday, which is also the day the Golden Demon is. Um, always worth coming along. You get to meet the Forge World designers, the painters, uh, games designers, model designers. It, it's great. Um, and you know, you get to chat with people, get, ideas about why certain creative decisions were made uh you know you know why is this model got posed in such and such a way oh well i thought it was cool um that kind of thing it's, it's always very fun um definitely worth going to and you know 
There's usually some pre-release stuff, which is good. I'm hoping for something nice. Uh, 31st of May is UK Games Expo in Birmingham. Now, UK Games Expo is the world's third biggest gaming convention um, after um, Essen and Gen Con. Um, obviously, it's not dedicated towards wargaming. There is wargaming events there. Games Workshop are running for the first time uh, 40k uh, tournaments, uh, Age of Sigmar tournaments. Shades. Well, they've run Shades by a couple of years now, but well worth going to. Uh, there'll be a Forge World stall. Um, there'll be a studio preview, probably nothing for Heresy. Well, usually nothing for Heresy from the main Game Talk Show studio, but you know, maybe there'll be Adeptus Titanicus, never know, or Demons, um, <laughs> or Scenery, always good views. Um, same weekend, there's also Black Library Live at Warhammer World. So, um, yeah, um, it, it's a bit annoying. I've said before, but it is what it is. Obviously, I can't go to that one. Okay, and that's the events. As mentioned earlier in the show, we don't have any book reviews this month because we did them all last month uh, and we didn't save any for this month, which was a bit silly of us and we didn't plan any dis- book kind of discussion in. So I'm just quickly going to run through what books are coming up that we know of. So the first one is 4th of May. That is Conrad Kerr's The Night Haunter, limited edition. Uh, so that should be good. Um, then the 11th of May, we have The Solar War, the uh, mass market edition. Well, not mass market, it's the hardback. Uh, I'm assuming a paperback will follow later on. That's the 11th of May. Um, that goes for pre-order. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to that one. I'm kind of hoping it'll be available for pre to buy, purchase at Warhammer Fest, which is that day. Then the 25th of May is Angron, Slave of New Syria, the, um, the hardback non-limited edition version so very much looking forward to that one because it's supposed to be amazing Ian Smart apparently did a great job with it now we don't know of any other books beyond that because as we said the coming soon section has come off the main games workshop site um and they've stopped listing them on gw but um they have put it back on the community site but we've got nothing heresy related shoved up there but what we do have is a little bit of information that we have grabbed from Amazon. Um, and we have here the next Siege of Terror novel. It's, um, it's, it, we, we, uh, you know, we've got it on here. Uh, uh, The Lost and the Damned by Guy Halleck. And that is due according to, uh, Amazon on the 15th of October. So, um, that would be, uh, that's a Tuesday. So probably prior to that. Um, so go figure. Uh, but that's, uh, yeah. So the title we've got is The Lost and the Damned. And the, uh, I'll read you the synopsis on Amazon. It's actually quite, quite interesting. So with the solar defenses overcome through the devastating strength of the traitor armada and the power of the warp, Horus launches his assault on the throne world in earnest. After withstanding a ferocious barrage of ordnance and Im- Im- An immense ground war commences outside the palace, with every inch gained paid for in the lives of billions. On the 13th day of Secundus, the bombardment of terror began, with the solar defences overcome through the devastating strength of the Armada. Oh, it's pretty much saying the same thing. (laughs) 
From world in honest, have uh, everything's pretty full. Okay, so we've got some more here. So the front lines are beyond horrific, and the very air is reduced to poison and blood. Bodies are thrown into the meat grinder, but the outer redoubts cannot possibly hold for long, even with the loyal mark Primarchs to reinforce them. For Horus and his own gen- uh, has his own generals to call upon. Between the plague weapons of Mortarion and the fury of Angron, the defenders face a losing battle. So, book two in the Siege of Terror, Lost in the Damned. Brilliant title, and I, I look forward to reading that. So that brings us to the end of this 25th show, our 25th main show, obviously with all the dread claws that Mike has put, put, has put out over the over the time. God knows what other actual number of hours of, of listening we've unleashed upon you, but this, this one is, is coming to its end. As we usually say, please, if you would be so kind to leave us some reviews on iTunes, uh, follow us on Facebook. We're on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, the YouTube channel, I believe, is now... Uh, fully armed and operational. Yep. Uh, and that's got all the videos from the Comedy of Legends events that we've run. Uh, the links to all those things are, as always, in the show notes. Uh, obviously, if you'd be so kind as to give our Facebook page a like too, uh, that's always handy because we can keep you informed. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us directly, you can send us messages on our Facebook wall or send a message via the direct message app bit. Um, or email therush at edgeofempire.co.uk. Uh, if you want to help the show out, we have our affiliate link with Audible, so you can sign up to get your Horus Heresy audiobooks through them uh, with a month's free trial, so you get one for free. And then after that, it's $7.99 a month for an audiobook, and all the Black Library books are on there. Uh, I've downloaded three this month. I, I, I splashed some cash and bought some extra credits, actually. So Nice. Yeah, so that was good. Uh, also, we now have the Patreon uh, Patreon uh, page. So if you know, it's just a tip jar, uh, and then we'll, we'll read your name out on the show, uh, and that will make Graham very happy. And, and we're all eternally grateful because you know we like to buy warm drinks at events. Yes. Oh, you know, I'd be a Snickers bar between the three of us. I can't. Two of us shouldn't be eating a Snickers bar. Okay, Snickers bar for me then. That's <coughs> fair enough. Portly. But, <laughs> but yes, uh, yeah, just give us, you know, like I yeah. said, doff of the cap for all your hard work and effort. Be lovely. And Absolutely. we can go to Adepticon <laughs> 2030. 2070. Uh, wow. But yeah, but, but, uh, you know, that'd be very, we'd much appreciated. <laughs> uh, also, you can help us out by going through our website and clicking on the Element Games uh, link and then purchasing your toys. Uh, paint spaces and things like that through there mm. and then so next month the plan is we are going to be talking about the demons of the ruin storm yes uh, we're doing our lists for that now that we've we've got book eight we'll have had a bit of time to cogitate and ruminate and and basically yeah. go what does this mean to all three of us yes yeah, so and, bit more of a discussion about book eight and, yeah uh, absolutely because we've us... only had it in our hands for a few days now so yeah make make ourselves some uh, demons of the ruin storm lists yeah and yeah. we'll get one of the we'll get somebody else uh to, to, to join in the fun on the list challenge again yeah it won't be a big month. focus on demons of the ruin storm but it'll be a uh, 
We'll we'll run through that list. It's yeah. going yeah. to be interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see how they work, to be honest with you. Um, and it just put a list together because I haven't put a demon list together for a long time. No, mm. absolutely. And Michael, we're talking about his uh, report from Warhammer Fest. Yes, yes, I'll be uh, coming back from Warhammer Fest and uh, getting that uh, into the episode as soon as we're we're done. Lovely. Cool. Perfect. So let's bring this to an end. Uh, so it's a, a good night and a, well, a good morning, depending on what time you're listening to this, uh, from myself. And uh, have a great month from me. And enjoy all your hobby progress. And um, we'll see you uh, next uh, next month. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll complete our commitments. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and just so, yeah, Michael will be at Warhammer Fest. So you will actually see him. Yes. So I if he's there, feel for, he's, he's available for hugs. Uh, you can PayPal me and Graham the money, yeah. uh, and you know we'll make sure he gives you cuddles. <laughs> what? What? Are you prostituting me out for cuddles? <laughs> We've no. got to get you a Depticon somehow. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Right. I'll Give I'll do the same thing at uh, Throne of Skulls. How does that make you sense? Yeah. How does that? I I, I will be I, yeah I will be at uh, uh, Warhammer Fest on Sunday um on i'm doing a weird one actually we're going down to oxford on saturday to see megan's nana mm-hmm. then driving back to coventry right. uh for warhammer fest on sunday and then driving back from Newca- uh, back to newcastle nice. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weekend and a half yes well, i'm not driving so i'm happy no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you close your eyes nod off and go to sleep wake me up at oxford yeah, speaking of sleep <coughs> all right yeah, I'm, I'm going to sleep <laughs> yeah, i'm going to bed all right night night Take care, everybody.